This podcast is brought to you by Acme Markets. Fresh foods, local flavors. 93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. I uh, went to Florida for a quick uh, weekend visit. My mother uh, had fallen, broken a couple of her ribs, so she needs my, my, she lives with my sister, needs some help, so I went down there to assist. Um, and at one point, uh, my mom says to me, hey, Press, you know, I'm hungry. Pray us. Can you make something to eat for me? I said, sure. She oh, God, goes, I saw this. She goes, will you make me a peanut butter and mayonnaise sandwich? And I go, what? peanut butter and mayonnaise? Are you serious? <laughs> Seriously, you're not joking about that. No. no yeah, please. You know, I'm like. It's going to taste like your nutsack. <laughs> I'm like, okay. So I go over and I start to make it. That's your nutsack. There's mom. <laughs> and I, uh, I started to like, I, it was disgusting <laughs> to me <sighs> putting this sandwich together. So I'm like, I have to document this. I whip out my phone. And because m- my mom couldn't wrap her mind around the the thought that I felt that this was gross. She's like, what are you talking about? She's you like, were never, no memory of ever being served this as a kid? Does she claim oh, you have? Oh, she definitely didn't serve it to me. I okay. never had that. And I don't remember seeing her eating it as a kid. And either I have repressed these memories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a therapist <laughs> yeah. or, can get at it. Or she was just doing it on the sly or whatever. So I make the sandwich. And and so I'm taking pictures, and she's like, I can't believe you find this strange. And I go, Mom, I'm posting this on social media. And she goes, why? And I said, well, because you're going to see the comments, and uh, people are going to find it's gross. She's like, I don't think that. I go, sit back and watch. Uh-huh. Did you read the comments to Oh, her? yeah, it, which was great because it entertained her for yeah, a while yeah, yeah. because she's, you know, she's in pain and everything. Oh. Um, and so... 481 comments. Oh, my God. Seriously? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And the majority of the people think it was gross? Overwhelmingly. Yeah. Okay. Now, some of them were like, yeah, I used to eat this, or I haven't had really? that in a long time, or my parents ate that, and the consensus to people who did have it was that it is a Southern thing, okay? so For abused okay. children. Maybe. Yeah. But while I was there, my uncles came by for a visit, you know, my mom's brother's. And uh, I, we were telling them about it, and they're like, oh, yeah, love those. I haven't, oh, had, I haven't wow. had it in a long oh my time. God. My mom said the, the real kicker, though, is you throw banana on there. Okay. And then you got a home run. Now, I've had peanut butter and, and, and nanner sandwiches. That's an Elvis yeah. special. And they're, and they're, and they're fried. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they're, they're very good. But mayonnaise. Preston, please tell me that you used Hellman's. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. It wasn't it wasn't Miracle Whip or any any kind of abomination like that, but yeah. Casey, is this something you've had? Never ever ever. I find this to be extremely repulsive. However, I want to try it. <laughs> Because really? I do like mayonnaise. I do like mayonnaise. Okay. And well, I have we, can, we can swing this. We yeah. can get this if we so, yeah. the way my uncle described it to me he says, "Yeah, it makes it creamier." Oh. And I was like, "Okay, Mm. Right. I see what you're saying, but I still... Can we just get creamier peanut butter? Yeah, (laughs) exactly. That's what you have to say. Shut up, old man. I can't wrap my mind around that. I just know... I'm not a good judge of this because I hate mayonnaise. So, to me, this was even... This was terrible. Now, something else... Sweet in the sweet family with peanut butter? Yes, I can see that. But mayonnaise is not... There's No. no sweetness in my... I do like mayonnaise. I, I like too. Hellman's mayonnaise. I use Hellman's light mayonnaise, and I I enjoy it. I can even work up uh, occasionally the craft uh, uh, yeah. Miracle Whip, but it's not mayonnaise. Yeah. This so I, as a, a a Southern thing, Preston. As I said before, my mom was a Southern cook and would make 
mashed potatoes with mayonnaise in them. So mayonnaise yeah, would yeah. work its way into a lot of stuff. I have never heard of mayonnaise and peanut butter sandwiches. No. no. I mean, for the first time ever, two or three summers ago, I had uh, peanut butter and honey. And I thought that was delicious. That actually that sounds would work. pretty good. Because it, you have honey and peanut butter bars. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and they, they're, it's sweet and sweet. I could, you know, those and I, things But I had never that. heard of that before. But to me, when I heard of it and, and I saw it, I'm, well, yeah, that, of course that makes sense. This right here makes no sense whatsoever. Well, yeah, I think this would be a perfect compliment to like a lemon meringue and anchovy pie. Right. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking at the picture that I posted myself of this sandwich that I made, and it's... It's making me a little ill. I Did just, you nibble? Did you no, try? No, no, no. You wouldn't no, go anywhere no. near it. I don't want to. Yeah, no, I, I not, can't no. do it. Uh-uh. Um, all right, so we got a lot of calls coming in. Let me go to let me go to Tucker. Hey, Tucker, how you doing? Hey, Preston. Good morning, Tucker. It, it was actually one of the first ones to comment on this. Oh. I believe on my on my post. If Peanut I remember, butter mayonnaise is my favorite sandwich. I eat it all the time. Really, I have lots of friends and ex girlfriends that tried it and still eat it now. Really? How many girlfriends became ex-girlfriends once you introduced <laughs> yeah. uh, So, So to that point, um, I, ca- calorically and everything, this is not good, right? No. no. Well, you're not doing it for that, though. You're no. not doing it you're doing it for, in case you're doing it for the chicks. Yeah. My but 92-year-old you... father claims to have invented it. Oh, really? Oh, yes. oh, really? There's always, there's always a family member that claims to have invented a food product. Uh, all right. Thanks, Tucker. I invented Appreciate stew. It. But I mean, like, yeah, peanut butter and and, and honey—that's not going to be calorically good either. It's going to no. be over the top. No, so. it's uh, you know, again, you're not doing it because you're on a diet. Yeah. Um, so I, I want to try this, and then there, you know what? I'm thinking there's something that I've always wanted to try, um, and uh, it, it's uh, milk and Pepsi. That was on Laverne oh, and we, we did actually. You may have forgotten. I think we had it on the show here. And uh, did we yeah. really? Because I to say me, we did that. That, we did, yeah. because we we liken them to um, it was like gross. egg creams and things of that nature. They're, okay, I, I've always yeah. loved that taste. Are you a fan, Preston? No. Milk and Pepsi? No. Okay. No, no, no. They no, drank no, that no. on Laverne and Shirley all the time. That was their go-to. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm down with that. Um, but I assume they made that up. <laughs> Because it was just seemed weird or gross, right, for the show? No, I think... I, was it a thing? Yeah, it's a thing. I knew about it. Milk and Pepsi wow. was always a thing. Okay. In fact, the... Um, so what goes into an egg cream? I don't know. I've never had an egg okay, cream. Okay, so it's always my understanding this is one of the parts of an egg cream. I, that was explained to me, but I don't know. Uh, but I always liked the taste. It always seemed like a like a, like a, uh, like a ice cream parlor drink. Do you remember Orange Julius? Oh, uh, yes. That was essentially, it was orange juice with an egg in it. Okay. And and some sugar. Oh, and really? We used to make them at home, yeah. And you, oh. and you blend it and that frothy stuff on the top. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the egg does that. That's, oh, they, that's what that comes from. There's, um, oh, I forget the name of the bar. But anyway, the, um, some uh, uh, some bartenders who make cocktails will put like a little bit of egg in it. To Is put it egg that, white or yolk? Or to put that to froth, froth at up. the top, yeah. Whole so egg. an egg cream, do you have a... Yeah, yeah Steve, despite the name, it contains neither eggs nor cream. Uh, it's milk, carbonated water, and or some flavored um, soda, All right. and then a syrup of some type. Son so, of a bitch. Yeah, yeah. so it could be chocolate, vanilla, that. whatever. So that's um, why I like... Yeah, I think that's why I always liked it. Wow, okay. Uh, let me see here. I'm going to go to uh, Bob. Hey, Bob, good morning. Hey, good morning, fellas. Get Luke. Yep. What's that? <laughs> I said Gadzook. There oh, we Gadzook. go. Gadzook to you, sir. Couldn't hear you. All right. What's up, Bob? Okay. I'm one of eight kids, and my mother, 50 years ago, we were in elementary school, and my mother would make our lunches for us. And she would have an assembly line going, and she would be making peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, and she would make ham and cheese sandwiches. Well, she mixed up putting them together one time, and I got a peanut butter, mayonnaise, and cheese. 
Wait, peanut butter, mayonnaise, and cheese. And how did yeah. that go down? It went down very good. I eat so this day. Wow. You eat them to this day. Oh, it was a happy accident. It's like comfort food. Okay. And if, and if an Ajax container had spilled over onto the sandwich, that'd be part of it as well. I, got I guess so. But the, the, the bad thing is somebody got a jelly mustard and ham sandwich. Oh. <laughs> well, that's like a like Monte Cristo almost. Thanks, man. Uh, jelly mustard and ham is like a minus the mustard, but like jelly and ham, isn't that like Monte Cristo? Monte Cristo is, uh, it's a, it's, um, what the hell is a Monte Cristo? Monte Cristo, or you, you take a, a, essentially French toast, uh, and then turkey and apple and, uh, There's jelly cheese. I've never, I've never put jelly on my, uh, Monte Cristo. There's jelly on it. I just know it. You'd have to look up what a Monte Cristo. Oh, here we go. Monte Cristo. <laughs> Nick, Nick pulled it up already. <laughs> I don't think there's jelly. Uh, it's uh, the sandwich is savory rather than sweet. Traditionally, is dipped entirely in egg mm. batter and pan fried. There you go. That's that's your uh, uh, French toast. Uh, though it may also be deep fried, which includes sliced turkey. Some areas of the U.S. serve it grilled, and others it's an open sandwich. Mm. And the only bread, uh, which the only the bread battered and the assembled sandwich heated slightly under. A grill or boiler. You can serve it with syrup or preserves or jelly. So yeah, I've always had it with syrup. Case. Okay, or yeah. mayonnaise. So there's your yeah. <laughs> with mayonnaise. Yeah, yeah. But you eat the mayonnaise separately in a cup. By right? the way, our buddy Matt Ritter over at yeah. uh, Subaru said, "I grew." He just texted me. He said, "I grew up on peanut butter and mayo every day for lunch through middle school." No. Look at how hairy his knuckles are. <laughs> yeah. That's, That's what hairy knuckle sandwich. That's That's clearly, the hair. nutrients involved in growing hand hair. <laughs> uh, I was going to say, Preston, I just got an email from Matt Ritter, our buddy over at Subaru. Oh, you did? Okay, <laughs> sorry. sorry. Uh, let me go to... Uh, Wait, I just got an email from Matt Ritter. <laughs> let me go to uh, Rachel. Hi, Rachel. Good morning. Good morning. Gadzooks. Gadzooks. Rachel, what's up? So, growing up, my father, every day for lunch, my mother made him peanut butter, mayonnaise, and cheese sandwiches. Just like the last caller. The, the cheese thing yeah. is, is an addition you would scarcely imagine, Preston. Yeah. And I'm sitting here listening to all these callers, and still to this day, that makes me gag. Yeah, yeah. And does he still eat it? He still eats it to this day, although his cholesterol is high now. So yeah. his doctor told him to cut it out. His doctor told him to throw a pork chop on it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thanks, Rachel. Uh, yeah, the peanut butter, uh, there are some things, yes. Uh, I, I love peanut butter. It's so great all by itself. Well, next week I'm doing a peanut butter and mayonnaise cleanse. Oh. Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> so that's I, it. I just don't, to me, we, we you know, we they, we go down this, this road occasionally and people, you know, talk about their, their things. The weird combinations. The, the weird combinations. I, I I just don't see this one getting together. I, yeah. I it, taste wise, I and I'm I'm pretty open minded to some of this stuff. It just doesn't seem to work. I was just listening, so I just started listening to another audio book. It's uh, Stephen King. It's Carrie, and yeah. at, the, at the beginning he does a uh, um, a forward, and and he talks about when he was a struggling uh, writer at the beginning. He made up the, his own dish, a casserole. And I forgot what he called it, but essentially it was peanut butter. It was Cheerios wrapped in peanut butter and deep fried. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, exactly. Does Carrie? Um, uh, uh, I would imagine peanut butter and Cheerios could be okay together. Yeah. I, I feel like peanut butter and anything is okay together. Like if you are Almost. a mayonnaise Even fan, mayonnaise. then then sure. <laughs> you know, I I just don't like mayonnaise. Well, here you go. John added something to, to peanut butter. It should never be done. Hi, John. You're on the air. Good morning. Oh, you're right. Delco. <laughs> Delco. Oh, no. well, there you go. Oh, no. That makes sense now. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What are they eating, Delco, John? The bus now, so. Oh, bus you, there you oh, go. No. 
Anyway, uh, yeah, peanut butter and pickles. Peanut butter yeah, and pickles. No. Sandwich? slice of cheese. With an occasional slice of cheese. Okay, I take back my you can put peanut butter with everything. I mean, cheese and pickles, I'm okay yes. with. Yes. Well, I don't need the we're speaking from a point of not having tried it. I just, uh, and, and uh, I have a good feeling about hating this. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, but uh, I don't I don't know. Uh, right. Thanks, I, know I know a dude um, who uses relish, you know, relish on like everything, you know, really like relish sandwiches. Does that work for you guys? No. 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 I don't That's like not great. Uh, yeah, Nick would be out completely. See, I love pickles, and I put pickles on weird things like, you know, like a meatball sandwich. You know, usually meatballs and... Uh, really? Yeah. Pickles? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What about a cheesesteak? Would you ever put pickles on a cheesesteak? Sure steak? would. Yeah, okay. Yep. Well, listen, you go with, like, uh, Chick-fil-A. I mean, they put pickles on, essentially, a fried chicken sandwich. Yeah, that's good. Those are good sandwiches. And it's good, though, right? It's really yeah. good. And, and I would Little never... Bit of mayonnaise. I never would have thought of that. Yeah, my mom slathers mayonnaise on that. I'm like, yeah. God, you just... <laughs> All right, you're in your 80s. Eat whatever you want. <laughs> Honestly, at a certain you point, yeah. you want to, when you get up to that age, you just want to, yeah, man, yep. put some ice cream and pork chops on it. Sure, why not? Uh, let me go to Dan. Hey, Dan, good morning. Hey, I'm sorry to bother you guys at work. It's all good, buddy. What's up? Hey, you got two real quick combinations of butter and banana sandwiches. Butter uh, and reg- banana, okay. Regular yeah. butter and banana. Not, eh, it's not too crazy, but it's okay. good. Um, but my grandma used to put raw eggs in my milkshakes and never tell me, but she put Pepsi in my chocolate ice cream milkshakes, and I never knew it until I was like 25. All that works for me. That uh, that all is in that realm of the ice cream soda, and um, all, all of that stuff seems to have, um, there's a history to that. So I'm, I wouldn't say that was bad. Um, no. did, Dan, did you notice a difference, you know, if, no. you, if you would have a milkshake with or without soda in it? Uh, now I would, yeah. As a kid, it was like, you know. It was just a regular thing. I thought okay. all milkshakes <laughs> tasted that way. Well, wow. okay. my mother used to have a thing, and again, she was a southern cook. She'd put uh, radiator fluid into my milkshakes. <laughs> <laughs> could you tell? I couldn't tell. Oh, I, I mean, I started to get weaker. Uh, I noticed that. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, that's how I met Haley Joel Osment. But I got the very... <laughs> I got the various uh, on the on this post that I made. I got the various peanut butter combinations, which I thought was a bit odd. I did see this one from time to time. So George isn't alone, but I'll let it, him explain it to you. Hey, George, good morning. Good morning, guys. What's going on? Rock and roll. Rock, Rock and roll, roll is music. All right. So what what did you what did you mix with peanut butter? Peanut butter and bacon, but you got to do it right out the pan while it's still hot. This way, it melts the peanut butter. Yeah. Uh, uh, uh. No. 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 I mean, uh, I can sort of, but I'm it's interesting because you try it. because so like like bacon it. and sausage. If I'm eating um, pancakes and there's syrup, I will definitely dab the sausage or bacon in the syrup, and that's okay. sweet and savory. But I don't think you got to toast the bread though. This way, the bread doesn't get soggy. I don't and think once I'd go that, with the peanut butter. <laughs> once that hot bacon hits that peanut butter and it melts into mm. like a peanut butter sauce, it's yeah. phenomenal. How often do you have this, George? This is a treat. Um, oh, I try to have this at least once a week. It's uh, nice and good and protein for my jujitsu. <laughs> there you go. The great jujitsu masters right. uh, use this as their <laughs> protein boost. Sensei recommends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. I recommend bacon and a peanut butter. Yeah. Uh, and little mini egg sodas. Let me go to Joe. Hey, Joe, good morning. Well, they weren't playing Parcheesi. <laughs> <laughs> they sure were not. All right, Joe. What's your combo? I, I dated an African girl once. 
she could cook her butt off like it's nobody's business. She made peanut butter stew. It had, uh, kind of mixed it with a little bit of rice, put it over rice, and uh, ate it with meatballs. When I first heard about it, I was just like, what are you doing to peanut butter? Uh, like it, it was crazy, but it was damn good. Wait, so she would have oh peanut peanut butters and meatballs, peanut butter and oh, meatballs. Yeah. Oh my god! Was he a great big fat person? That's what I said. I was just like, this is crazy, but oh my god, I tried it. It was good. All right, interesting. Spicy smell, but yeah, yeah. All right. Was she giving you a handy while you're eating? <laughs> well, I guess it's it like doesn't sound good at all. Some Thai food has, you know, peanut, peanut sauce. Yes, and yeah. I and I do love that. And so, and you, and I believe you use peanut butter to. Is that what that is? Okay, or part of it. You know, you mix it okay. with other things. God, that stuff is good. However, Thai food to, for me can run nuclear hot. Yeah, yeah. I'm so Thai Thai. Yeah, now very Thai Thai. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> she used to work as a Thai chef. Yeah. She was so Thai Thai. I'm so Thai Thai. Adelaide. And then when the Adelaide came out. <laughs> yeah. Now being Thai Thai. That's what she introduced her own brand of Thai Thai. <laughs> okay. My friend's dad used Nails to, Thai Thai cook. Used to eat peanut butter and horseradish, horseradish on crackers. Oh, man. What? No. And I said, oh, my God. Stop. She said, it's actually delicious. Oh, Wait, all right. stop it with it's actually <laughs> delicious. <laughs> that one I'll try. The peanut butter and mayo, I'm out. And horseradish? I'll try the peanut butter well, and horseradish, yeah. Can we, all right, does Cho's, I'm sure Cho's has a large mayonnaise yeah. selection. Well, uh, they, have, they have raw horseradish root down there. Uh, of course they do. Pancake has peanut butter in his desk because he has it fairly frequently. He has a jar of Skippy. Uh, we can get mayo from Manja downstairs. Okay, I don't know. All right, how let's, let's send a recon as quickly as we all can. Right. I I only do. Hellman's I have money. Name. I have money. <laughs> I'm not they, a mail guy. Do they not have Hellman's? Don't I don't know, man. Make sure they have Hellman's. If I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it with Hellman's only. There you, right. go. you got standards. I have standards. Mayonnaise and peanut butter, and right. we and how is it served? What kind of bread? What kind of Just bread? Just regular white bread or it, on yeah, a bagel if you can work or something up like one that. or two mayonnaise and peanut butter sandwiches. Do you have any bread choices? Uh, the whey press. The whey marble rye or pumpernickel. I'd like a. So something Italian? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, How about a ciabatta? Have a three only. grain. Yeah. Uh, hang on, let me go to uh, Dave next. Hey, Dave. Good morning. Gadzooks. Gadzooks, buddy. What's up? Uh, so mine is a peanut butter on an onion bagel. Peanut butter on. Did onion you invent onion? that, or was that handed down to you through generations? I was a kid doing crazy stuff, and I thought it might taste good, and it's freaking fantastic. Mm. And and you've you've eaten it all your life. Oh yeah, ever since I was a kid. Huh? Peanut butter on an onion? Now that's what not it, that because it's just like a it's like just a little bit of onion. Like what, it's not. It's like, like a, uh, with onions. It's Wait, like a Jolly Rancher. Dave, will you go with other flavored uh, bagels if if you have to? Um, I mean, like like an egg bagel is not too bad, but I prefer the peanut butter or the um, onion. Okay, I'm not an egg bagel fan. I do like my one of my go to afternoon snacks is peanut butter on toast. Yes, I, it's perfect for melts me. That, the, that, to, now you're talking because the toast melts the yeah. peanut butter. And it's I have a little with, too dry for and, me though. And I have it with a cup of coffee. No, 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 no. Right. It, it's it, great. it creates a nice um, melted texture. I agree. Now a, a, mel- a peanut a toasted peanut butter and jelly sandwich is. Superb as well. Mm. I haven't had peanut butter or jelly in a long time, but I did used to eat that quite Annabelle a bit. Life. Annabelle life. Annabelle life. What kind of bread do you use? Jelly. For your toast. 
Uh, wheat bread. I try to eat wheat bread nowadays. Not, not a marble rye? What? Not a, not a marble rye. I have a good pumpernickel. Yeah. yeah. Like um, no, my I, fried nanner sandwiches. I, try to, I, I made the switch over to wheat bread a while back. I never have like wheat bread in my life, but I'm trying to stay from things like, uh, stay away from like enriched flour and I, stuff like that. I'm my fried nanner sandwich on some pumpernickel. That's man. right. Man. Give me some of that Jewish bread, man. <laughs> So when he when he would fry the nanner sandwiches, would it uh, would he fry the whole sandwich? Would he deep fry the thing? Nick, he was so he was so compulsive about this, and this is a true legend. It's actually I think they actually talk about it in the uh, the this is Elvis. He his private jet would fly to when he was home in Memphis. He would fly his private jet to Vegas. They would pick up he, the the woman prepared. I guess at Caesars or wherever he played. The the woman there prepared it exactly the way you like it. It was fried peanut butter and nanner sandwiches. Mm-hmm. And so the whole sandwich and, was fried. Sandwich fried. And he loved burned bacon. Yep. Okay. Uh, the the chef at uh, at um, almost said Neverland. Uh, at it's a whole other thing. Yeah, I like my bacon fresh and young. At Grace- <laughs> Yo. At Grace. I like it tubeless. He liked uh, burned bacon, like okay. a whole bunch of burnt bacon and peanut butter and nanner, fried peanut butter and nanner sandwiches. I like and my bacon And the thing is, it up. never affected his weight. Not no. one bit. <laughs> Cholesterol was totally fine. Hey, burned all the fat and calories. Yeah, right out of my ass. Yeah. Big cigarette. All I got to do is burn that fat right out of my ass. Let, me, let me go to Keith. Hi, Keith. Good morning. Gadzooks. Gadzooks, what's up, my man? So uh, my wife and my stepdaughter looked at me funny, because you can tell this accent ain't from around the Philly area. Mm -hmm. I eat mayonnaise and banana sandwiches. Yeah, okay, so what my mom was saying, Keith, and she's from Kentucky, uh, is not just peanut butter and mayo, but if you add banana to it, you got a home run. Oh, God, yeah. It's a southern delicacy, and you make it to where it's dripping off the sandwich, oh, and the doctors are just like, eh. Oh, it and it will, it'll be okay. dripping just the way you like it, sir. Is this, now, is this like a treat for you, Keith, that you have from time to time, or is this a regular part of your diet? Oh, no, it's every once in a while, like once a month or when I'm at a NASCAR race or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the vendors walk around. That's a one-way trip to a casket right there, my friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Thanks, Keith. Appreciate it, man. You got to like those things. I mean, one of the perennials we talk about all the time, Preston, was the uh, the potato chip sandwich. It's a given. Yeah. 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 Stuff like and I used that. to have the potato chips and mayonnaise sandwiches. Man. Uh, we did uh, cheese, pickles, and sour cream and onion chips smushed on the bread okay. at 2 a.m. I like... Because uh, you're cooking. Che- I like cheese and pickles on uh, toasted bread with some uh, um, uh, mustard. Yummy. Yeah, yeah, yummy, 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 yummy. All right, well, anyway, we do have to take a break. Uh, they're working on getting the peanut butter mayonnaise, so maybe Casey can try one a little later on. Uh, but my mom loves these and just was blown away about the fact that it was seemed odd to people uh, that mayonnaise and peanut butter aren't, you know, meant to be together. And now she's an internet sensation. That's right. She's an influencer now. She is. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a break and uh, come back in just a sec. Love Preston, Steve, and WMMR? Check out WMMR.com for more of everything that rocks. The most hated jeweler in America makes it so easy to get engaged. Meet the beautiful, classy, and brilliant Krista. She's Stephen's most loved engagement ring and will dazzle. She takes the stress and guesswork out of finding the perfect ring. A bright white, high-quality, round, brilliant diamond in a classic solitaire setting. Meet Krista today, starting at under $700. Online at IHateStevenSinger.com or at the other corner of 8th and Walnut by appointment only. Free shipping and interest-free financing. It's so easy. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. There was something I was going to say, and I don't remember what it is. So, 
We'll just welcome our next guest. How about we do that? Uh, we do know that um, she listens to the President Steve show. She recently uh, tweeted a response to something that we had tweeted, and her son had responded to that tweet saying how much he loves the fact that she listens to our show. And right now she's talking to Linda Schwartz while waiting Linda Schwartz. to call her. So let's get her on. Ladies and gentlemen, Miss Beverly Goldberg. Yeah. Mother of Adam Goldberg. Beverly, good morning. Hi, how you doing? I'm actually off the phone with Linda because I'm talking to you guys. Oh, okay. <laughs> you, that, we, we appreciate that. How's Linda doing today? She's on her way. They're on their way down to the shore. We were just discussing that we were going to uh, order sake subs for lunch. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, Beverly, if you don't mind, I refer to you as Beverly. I feel, listen, because of the Goldbergs and our friendship with uh, with Adam, and just uh, my wife and I watch the show every night in syndication when new episodes air. You've, um, you know, whether whether it was uh, intentional or whatever, you know, the, the, the country has sort of adopted you as their mom and your family as our second family. And it's it's sort of wild. It must be wild for you, for so many yeah. people to know the intricacies of your life. Does it blow you away? It does. It's kind of crazy right now because, uh, you know, uh, as of last year, Adam is not so actively on the show. Right. Uh, giving stories. And we're kind of in a, a, a thing going on right now with uh, Chris Bishop and Alice Barrow, who are running the show, that they need to use our stories because, um, you know, it's really important that they, if you want to keep the show true, to, and we have a ton of stories. My son, uh, and I both have photographic memories. We remember everything, unfortunately. <laughs> well, <laughs> stuff I don't want to remember. Nah. <laughs> uh, and Adam has some great story ideas. And it would be a shame if he made a new show and they went to them instead. No, you you raise a good point because my and I I did have this conversation with my with my wife about there were a couple of things that they you know that were sort of yeah. loving tributes to to the pop culture of the time. But you can tell, you know, you have this whole backlog of video that exists and photographic evidence of a lot of the stuff that are in these episodes are absolutely based on things that really happened. And those are always the best episodes. Well, that, that's the whole thing, because there's nothing like reality to really give you a, a, a view into somebody's life. I mean, when you start making up... You know, last year I had kind of a little meltdown because they had an episode involving um, uh, Barry that I didn't like. I thought it, it, it was put Barry in a poor light. And I got in touch with Chris right away. I said, you can't do that. I said, he has a career. He's a physician. I mean, you can't you can't make him. They made him mean. Yeah. Him something mean spirited, especially with his friends. And Barry has never, ever with those JTP boys been mean spirits. <laughs> he would fight down and he over. And they still go to Eagles games together. Barry has season tickets, and he meets, he drives or schleps in all the way from upstate New York. Oh, my God. He never came to see me. When I, you know, <laughs> of course not. No. But, but is does, does the yeah, J, JTP still get together? <laughs> the, by the way, for those who don't know, it's the Jenkintown Posse. Oh. Yeah. Do they still yes, get together? Yes, absolutely. Well, okay. Jeff Schwartz. All the time. I just uh, saw uh, Jeff actually a few weeks ago. He's my ophthalmologist. Of course. I went to see him, 
And I said, no games this year. He said, I know it's a bummer. He said, I'm really, you know, upset about it all. No, man, I'm a season ticket holder. I I need to go to a game and and hang with the JTP sometime. Um, So... We've had Adam on several times, and, and in the past we have mentioned things that are, are from this area, and we've actually, we, I think um, with the robot from Pulsations, we were able to locate the robot so that uh, they were able to use it in the show. So I'm just going to throw out a couple of ideas that are, uh, I don't know if you have memories of them, but um, these are Philadelphia-based things. I don't know if you have any memories from either Sesame Place or Action Park. Do you recall anything from those two places? Yes. Um, I actually, uh, Sesame Place, I didn't, I don't know that I went with Adam, but I definitely went with Barry's kids and Barry and his wife. And, uh, in fact, uh, it was kind of funny because one of them got in trouble, said something mean. They were little. <laughs> said something mean to somebody, and they had to go sit in the car and sulk. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that, Barry, Barry, Barry's kids tread all over Barry. You know, he's okay. really used to his kids. But my daughter-in-law is a little tougher. She's like, you know, you have to do this. And, and she has instilled in them fabulous manners and so forth and so on. And it's funny because I was just watching the news this morning that uh, they had a, uh, a thing about twins, these miracle twins or something. Uh, and that was that was the uh, Barry's kids. They were a uh, pound and a half at birth, and they were little tiny things. And now they're in college, and they're fabulous, both of them. Well, it, 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 it's obviously you 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 did a damn good job. You you've done you've pulled off, I think, with a with a, an incredible family, and you did something that that I thought, and I was saying to these guys yesterday when we found out you we were having you on. When I first heard the concept of shrimp parm, I was like, I don't think I'm going to like that. And then I see it displayed on the show. And the more shrimp parm is mentioned and that it's often used as currency, uh, I'm like, okay, I think I need to check into shrimp parm. And you have a cookbook out now, correct? I do. And you know what? This is crazy. The cookbook came out um, at the time uh, of all this COVID. So everybody was stuck home, and well, somebody called me and said they know one of the execs uh, for Amazon, and he and his wife made a banana cake together. <laughs> so you you, you have, <laughs> and I just thought that was so funny, Amazon. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so they, yeah, when you have the higher ups at Amazon employing your recipes, that's great. But now you contend, yeah. and correct me if I'm wrong, you say the bread, uh, the the banana bread is actually more banana cake. Is that correct? I never called it banana bread. It's always been banana cake. Anything that's got a, a cup and a quarter of sugar in it, it's not a, it's not a <laughs> it's bread. Not <laughs> that is not a bread. It's definitely, in fact, yesterday, it's so funny, last night we had friends over and we ate on my front porch. I have a big Victorian house here at the Jersey Shore that I own with my kids. It's the Goldberg family home. And a lot of the stuff that you see was filmed here, actually filmed here. But my friend is gluten-free, so I had to, like, <laughs> really jump through hoops to make a meal that she could eat. Yes. I made her a gluten-free banana cake, which actually turned out really well. The chocolate chips and, and walnuts, I made that for her. Is that Linda <laughs> Schwartz? Is that Linda Schwartz? No, no, okay. this is a, a 
another friend of mine, uh, Florida friends. And okay. Family. All right. Not part of the Goldberg girls. <laughs> you know, it, one thing is really good. Nobody wants to go in your house. So they'll sit outside, which means that my house looks like a <laughs> house. <laughs> Beverly. Beverly. We can't say that on broadcast radio. <laughs> Sorry about that. No, that's great. I loved it. That we wouldn't want anything less. Uh-uh. That's awesome. That's great. Uh, Beverly. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody one time asked Adam, they said, why do you have your mother cursing so much? So he said, have you met my mother? <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Uh, which, which beach town do you go to? Because if, uh, if you're in a certain couple of towns, I have a recommendation for you. Better. Okay, perfect. We okay. My parents, my parents bought this house in 1966, and I inherited it in 1981 along with my three children. Uh, actually, I didn't inherit it. My husband married it because my father didn't believe in giving to women. He was <laughs> oh, my, oh, my God. God. So, so he, did, he gave it to your husband? Seriously? Yeah, yeah right? <laughs> oh, my God. And my three sons because the males inherit, okay? Wow. All right, well. So you're really close to Linwood down there. So I want you to check out. There's a guy. Uh, he goes by the Pizza Jew, uh, and he has a pizza place called Bakeria 1010. It is the best pizza down the Jersey Shore, hands down. You need to check it out. So instead of going to Sack of Suds or whatever you were talking about, go to Bakeria 1010. I'm writing it down right now. But you know what? Um, we've been bought at getting uh, pizza. I'm not a big um I'm really not a big pizza eater. Barry would eat it every day if you give it to him. But, uh, I'm not. And we've been going to Saltwater in Margate. They have a really good uh, white pizza with prosciutto ham on it. That's really good. Just if you're on Instagram, follow the Pizza Jew, uh, and you'll see what I'm talking about because it's not just regular pizza. And, and uh, I, I'm, I wouldn't steer you in the wrong di- direction. Uh, okay, is he like on New Road or something? That's where they all are in Linwood. He's actually he's in the the um, the bottom of like an office building, believe it or not. And there's like a commissary down there. Okay, yeah. I'm gonna call when I get off the phone with you. I'm gonna call Linda and ask her. <laughs> yeah, and make sure Linda. Yeah, cool. yeah, I think Linda will. Kind of, I think she's kind of set already on a sack <laughs> All right. Well, maybe tomorrow. You don't want to cause a rift, um, Beverly. I want to. Uh, one of the things I love about the Goldbergs is is something that uh, Adam writes in and and has been a part of the show is that when referencing people from his childhood, he refers to them by their full names. There's Dave Kim. There's Ruben yeah. Amaro Jr. Uh, and I and I love how. Bradley Cooper will show up from time to time. Have you ever had any um, encounters with Bradley over the years? He was growing up near where Adam grew up as well. No, you want to hear some? This is really kind of funny because Bradley Cooper went to um, uh, went to school. I think it was Germantown Academy. Yeah, it is, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, with uh, Michael Rubenstone, who is a friend of Adam's, and uh, actually Adam did an episode about uh, called "The Other Smother." Because when they were kids, Bessie Rubenstone and I used to like be in competition. Who yes. has the more talented son? <laughs> yes, yes. It's a great episode. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, yeah, Betsy called me afterwards and, and she said, oh, I'm prettier than the actress who plays me. I said, it was the personality <laughs> he was trying to capture. Well, okay? l- let me ask you something with that, Beverly, because it d- does appear in the show periodically that uh, the JTP yeah. and other people will mention that Barry or, or Adam, you're hot, they would say they would say you're hot mom. Were, were you yeah. uh, were you considered the hot mom? 
I I didn't know I was the hot <laughs> one. Did I know it was just the mom? Right? I, yeah, it's I, in the I, show I, all the time. They say, "Here comes your hot mom," or that who's the hot mom? Right. right. Well, you know, it's funny because Wendy looks so much like me. As I, uh, you know, but Barry always says to me, "You weren't as thin as her." I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to ask you because I, I have a list of things that that pertain to the show, and the legend of lore of the show is so great. You can 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 you uh, verify or deny Murray? In fact, did walk around in his underwear all the time. <laughs> well, here's the genesis of that, and I will tell you. Uh, you know, Adam changed some stuff around, and Murray did work in his father's furniture store, but he was a doctor. Right. He went to medical school, and he had to tell his father, "Sorry, I'm becoming a doctor." He had a family practice at Oconset Olney, and he was really loved. Everybody loved him. And he, before that, he worked at Rolling Hill Hospital. He was an anesthesiologist. And when he would come home from work, he'd have his green scrubs on. And I said, you can't come in the house wearing that stuff, germs, everything. So he would strip down, okay? <laughs> then he gave up the anesthesia and had family practice. And he was so used to stripping down, he stripped down at the door. <laughs> okay. And, and and more than one of Adam's friends or your, your son's friends would see uh, him or walking around the house in his underwear oh, yeah. and T-shirt. Dad. I mean, Chad lived at our house. You have to understand the Krems were like maybe 50 feet away right across the street. And they had four boys and we had three boys and everybody, even the dogs ran back and forth. And I used to call uh, Jenna, you know, like uh, like every three months and say, I think all my umbrellas are at your house. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, and the Krems are a, a big part of the show as well. It's cool to hear that that was the case now. One of my favorite episodes involves um, Pops driving the car into a burger joint. Oh, yeah. did, did. That, that actually happened? He did. Um, he, uh, he, we took the car away from him. <laughs> but my father-in-law, Ben, uh, went off the highway. He was the one that went off the highway on 95 in Florida. You know, and after yeah. he passed away, we found in the trunk of a car all these slips that he had settled uh, for accidents that he had had. So oh, my Adam, God. And never told Adam, you guys about it? Yeah. Adam kind of combined both stories because both both uh, Pops and Pop-Pop both went off the highway. <laughs> oh it's, it's a miracle. I thought it was an exit and it wasn't an exit. <laughs> Uh, now, Beverly, there's there's one episode, and we, we spoke to Adam about it. It was from, uh, you know, several, several seasons ago, and it was um, where he was getting the photo taken <laughs> of him in that white outfit, and at the end of the show, they showed the picture of it. It was legit. It was real. You picked out that outfit? Well, you know, you have to understand this one. First of all, he wore the outfit, the first outfit that he uh, he wore twice. So both his brothers bar mitzvahs. Adam is seven and nine years younger. Okay, uh -huh. they make him a little closer in age on the show. Right. So when Eric got bar mitzvahed, uh, and he was thirteen, Adam was four. So he was four years old when I put him in that outfit. Bought it over at Lord and Taylor's in second, and that was like the look. Yeah. At that time. Right. Okay. Then he was six years old and he had outgrown the outfit. But one of my friends across the street, Barbara um, uh, Elkins. Uh, who lived across the street as in Elkins Park at Elkins. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, she uh, married George, and uh, who lived over at Justice Farms with their family house. At any rate, they live up in Lake Winnipesaukee, and they're next door to Biden. I mean, not Biden, um, Romney. Yeah. Wow, so there's some so, money there. Yeah, yeah. So she lent me her son's outfit, you know, <laughs> and I put him in that outfit. 
he was older, he was already six, and he said, I'm not getting in that, you know. <laughs> yeah. When he was four, he didn't say anything, and he was cute, and he was a little bit, that's the picture when he was six years old. He wasn't 10. Okay. I would never have done that when he was 10. Okay, <laughs> right, yeah. Well, he, he, it's embarrassing. he was on the air talking to us about it, We and he and he and and we could sense that he was still completely mortified, but in, but in a loving way. So uh, that, you that, have to understand something. Adam is six years old. He had this video camera, and he would go down the shore here, walk up to the boardwalk. We're like his house on the boardwalk. And stand there and stop people and say, would you do an interview with me? I'm doing a documentary for CNN. What? <laughs> <laughs> a documentary for CNN. So he was a little precocious and he would interview people. And they would call. I said, what did you just do? He said, oh, I was interviewing them. So at six years old, when I put that outfit on him, he went, oh, God, no. Yeah. <laughs> hey, with the, with the, the, the work with the cameras and so on. Did you think it was a phase? Did you think this is something he'll get tired of? Or did you guys know this is clearly his calling? Uh, I kind of knew. Mary was like, what is he going to do for a career? What's he going to do? But he was eight years old, and he said to me, I do not want to be a doctor like the rest of them. We had we had 12 doctors in the family. Yeah. And, uh, he said, no way. My father, Pops, was a doctor. I mean, George was, like, blown away when I told him my father was a famous shrink in the city. Yeah. <laughs> said, ah! yeah. Oh, yeah. He headed up the uh, criminally insane unit at Byberry. Whoa. Wow. Well, that's wild. Yeah. yeah it, that's uh... wild. Yeah, he did. And uh, he had been in family practice, and when he was 40, he was brilliant. He went back and uh, got a... Um, uh, a degree, you know, in, in psychiatry, got a residency and so forth in psychiatry. And, you know, Adam is so much like my father, which is maybe why he's the character. He's like the little engine that could, you know, I want to be this. I want to do this. I want to do this and just work towards your goal. And, uh, you know, it's uh, it's crazy. Well, I, mean, I watched it. I watched it, you know, all unfold in front of me. And I thought, you know, I always thought he had something special, but I didn't realize till he actually started seriously writing at about twelve or thirteen uh, how how good he was. I it, mean, it's it's phenomenal, know, and the, the fact that he you know stuck with it, and he's 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 obviously got the gift. And, he, and how much is he connected to to schooled? Is is that is that under his control, or is is he well, removed from uh, both now? You know, last summer I had both Barry and Adam came here to visit. I can't believe it was just a year ago. And uh, and Adam hadn't been here at the house in a long time. And he came with the kids. It's when he first sort of stepped down from, you know, the shows. Yeah. And they called him about school. They needed him. And, and uh, you know, I heard him mumbling something about doing it again. And his wife was, like, giving him the look, you know, like, I'm <laughs> the family again. <laughs> Well, of of the way the go ahead. He was working like twenty two hour days. You know, she said to him, "The kids are getting older, and if you want to spend time with them, and so forth." So, um, at any rate, uh, it was funny because Barry, they were coming, and Barry was running around with my husband Stan's labeler, putting his name on everything, so Adam didn't take it, like the hockey stick and the bike and all this kind of. Stop dropping the S word, body mouth. Sorry. So he was running around with the labeler, and I said, "You're 50 years old, and you're worried your brother's going to drive on you and drive your bike or ride your bike." I guess, I guess it it never changes. But I mean, that's 
Okay. That's yeah. but that's why it's so it's so cool, and that's why people connect to it. Um, and I, I, so I want to ask you. So the book is out. It's called the Goldberg's Cookbook. It's available, I assume, uh, through Amazon. We know it's been um, given a thumbs up. And uh, you, as you said, the book comes out and COVID hits, and you're not able to promote it. But our is, no, it, I was supposed to do book signings at Barnes and Noble in Philadelphia, right? And everything got bumped aside. I did do some PR for it on Instagram and all this stuff. I had to learn how to use Instagram. I had never uh, used it before, and you can only hold your iPad up in one direction and all that. You know, I somebody, my friend Linda just said to me, "Are they going to do a Zoom with you today?" I said, "I hope not. I don't look so great." <laughs> I love this. Yeah, I but, am wearing pants. I am wearing pants and stuff. I oh. was in shorts most of the summer, but now it's turned a little cool down here. And to tell you the truth, uh, we're staying here through probably November only because I'm doing some construction work here on the half. I'm finally, after all these years, updating it into the new millennium. Nice. <laughs> and hey, uh, yeah, Beverly. By the way, uh, with you know with the cookbook and everything, what what is your your screen name on Instagram again? I think it's under Goldilocks four hundred five. What was it, Nick? What was the other name? It was something Parm, wasn't it? Was it Shrimp Parm? Oh, shrimp. Uh, yeah, on your Twitter account, oh, Beverly. It was Twitter. Yeah, you you have a website that's attached to it. Is it Shrimp Parm Book? Oh, Adam wrote that. <laughs> oh, okay. Time, wait a minute. Every time he comes, he gets he runs away with my phone, and he does uh, all kinds of stuff. So if I refer to myself, it comes up. Obnoxious mother, or something like that. Oh, oh that's always, funny. Like fooling around on my phone. Oh, that's After great. After he leaves, I never know, and then I'll like tap something to call one of my kids, and it'll come up whatever Adam has written. So he wrote that. Even oh, at this point, even at this age, he's doing that kind of stuff, and it shows you that things don't change. One episode, and and not to keep fanboying on the episodes, but there's guys. <laughs> when I visit Adam in California, I bring toys for my grandchildren and him. I bring him and him. <laughs> <laughs> there's one episode, and they use the actual recording where you left about seventy messages on his answering machine. Um, oh, demanding that he call, uh, that, you know, that he calls back, and and uh, and and again, well, the, the wait a minute, yeah. Tomorrow is my birthday. That's right, ah. my birthday. And if those kids don't call me, if the only <laughs> messages I get are all those people on Facebook and on Twitter and stuff, I am really going to be angry. So I'm putting this out there. If any of my kids, like Barry, Barry will call. He's always the first one that yeah. calls. But um, Eric's mad at me right now. He's Why? Why is Eric mad at you? Oh, you know, I want to come visit. And he said, no way. You're around people. I'm not. We're like in isolation here. I, You know that since March, we've been out to a restaurant twice. Okay. And that was just recently. And we ate outside. I mean, I've been cooking every single night. I'm so sick of my cooking by now. <laughs> yeah, so, but, you're, but you're healthy. So so that's you're doing I the right thing. He put 10 pounds on. He said, what is with these four-course dinners? He said, one thing, it's enough. <laughs> it's by the way, yeah. Yeah, yeah my, my cookbook did really well, and I'm excited about that. And I'm looking forward to the new show. I'm interested to see what they do. And, you know, I send now guilt letters to Chris Bishop. <laughs> That's excellent. It's just like he's one of the teachers at, at uh, the school that you would harangue. And uh, yes. and you're you're getting it done. And I'll tell you what, oh, I that is true. Well, I was there every single day practically. I should have gotten the job, <laughs> you know, uh, because you know my feeling was, um, you know, he was a pen charter. We paid a lot of bucks for it. And yeah. 
you know, and I was an ex-teacher. I taught third grade. He had that awful teacher in third grade that was miserable. You know the story. I told you guys the story with him. And uh, he still remembers it. I still remember it. I swear he uh, can't tell time because she harassed him. And he's like psychological with that. Everything he can't has- tell time? He can tell time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Beverly, we have to have you on again. Yeah, yeah. When when all this craziness goes away, you have to come by our studio sometime where we can sit uh-huh. down and... You know, you can make us something to eat. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put the order in for the banana cake and shrimp well, parm. Guys, yeah, you're so polite. You didn't ask how old I am. <laughs> my, my friend no. here last night, the guy just told me I look 20 years younger. Mm. I said, oh, I love those compliments. Well, listen, we know, we we know you are the hot mom of Jenkintown, so uh, we're, you know, we're, we're color us impressed. And and by the way, what what I, is what is the title I'll of the? I'll tell you who I look like. When my kids were young and we would go to Florida, everybody would stop me. They thought I looked like Elizabeth Montgomery on Bewitched. Oh, that, she was stunning. That's damn good. Yeah. Yeah. And I did. I did look like it. I say, I'm not her. I'm not her. Please, can we have an autograph? I'm not her. So, <laughs> that's that's a good problem that. to have. Yeah. Not bad at all. Yeah. Better than uh, looking like Darren. Uh, Beverly, yeah. so what? What, if, what is the title of the cookbook if, if people do want to get out and get it? Okay, it's the Goldberg Family Cookbook. Okay. And uh, I wrote the foreword on it. I actually, I worked on the cookbook for one entire year. Okay. And then, uh, of course, they did it at the publishers, got somebody to try all the recipes and take pictures and all that stuff. So I have a co-writer there that did it. Madam wrote the uh, the end uh, piece okay. uh, about our family. And there are some pictures. There's a picture of me on the back cover that, I'll tell you a secret. Adam said he photoshopped because I look fat. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> oh, that's I said, awesome. What do it? He said, I made your face. I took away that double chin a little bit. <laughs> oh, my God. So, yeah, that's, that's, that's what great. kids are for, right? You got to love yeah, that, yeah. son. You got to love him. Okay. Excellent. So, All right. Um, you know, I'm hoping they do good stuff with the show this year. And if not, I'm on Chris's case right away. Yeah. All right. All right. We will count on you to get Please it back do. up to standards. And happy uh, early birthday. Yeah. yeah happy birthday. birthday to you, Beverly. And it's it's been uh, a pleasure speaking with you. I am 77 tomorrow. I oh. Wow. oh, my God. It's just like, and Wendy's, is two, her birthday's two days after. Of course, yeah. Okay. Uh, she was actually, she's the same age as Barry. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, she was born a week before I had Barry. So she could have been my daughter, absolutely. And, uh, and now she's I'm playing hoping, you. Um, and my final word, guys, I really hope that uh, Chris and Alex listen to Adam and take some of his story ideas. Because he his mind is like nobody else's. And he's got the funniest stories about our family. Um, and he still has a ton of them. And I was kind of bummed when he left, but I understand that he wanted a life apart from that. And he's developing fabulous new shows for uh, Disney. Uh, he sold a couple. He doesn't want to be a showrunner anymore, but, you know, he's involved in everything that he does. No, know? I hear you, and, and I, I definitely agree. It needs it needs the right touch. So yep. I, 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 we, we support your campaigning. Yes, I, I am campaigning for that. I mean, Chris would hire me in a minute to give story ideas, but I'm not because I'm a lot cheaper than that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Well, Beverly, it's great to meet you. Thanks for coming on this morning, and hopefully we're talking again soon. Yes, I, and I hope when all this is over, guys, stay safe. Both of you, n- nobody's been sick. You've been pretty We've good. We've been good. Yep, Everyone's yep, good. Yeah. Good. Yep. All right. You okay. stay safe, too, Beverly. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much. Beverly okay. Goldberg, guys. Yay! 
Oh, my God. And her, by the way, the website is shrimpparmchef.com. <laughs> and the location is, and Adam, I guess, wrote this on her on her Twitter account, Cuddle Fort. <laughs> She's at the Cuddle Fort. Oh, my she God, I love her. She is yeah. great. I love her. She's yeah. And it, she she dropped the S-bomb twice. Yeah. <laughs> we had to dump out on her. So. Well, do you remember the episode with the swear jar? Yeah. Because she, she dro- the F word is her word of choice. Oh, my God. And then uh, they have they had one where they she was just going, you know, right and left. <laughs> I love it. And uh, it's it's terrific. Excellent. I don't know why we've waited so long to have her on. Yeah. It was excellent. All right. We need to take a break. So we're going to do that. Come back in a second. When we return, we'll dive into the Bizarre Files. So make sure you're with us. It's not like we need to say this, but we're going to do it anyway. 2020 pretty much sucked big, dirty, hairy moose balls. But if you really think about it, there were some good things. Like when you and the MMR family pulled together for Preston and Steve's Camp Out for Hunger, helping feed so many of our neighbors in need. Then there was the MMR Saturday Night Concert Series to help remind us how much we love live music. You came out and safely donated over 600 pints of blood. And you joined us as we presented the live-in at the drive-in concert series with the Struts, Bert Kreischer, and others. All in all, Philadelphians did what we always do, kept our heads on straight and worked through it to see the light at the end of the tunnel that's not an oncoming train. Thank you for hanging through 2020 with us. And here's to a better 2021 from 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. I bleed for President Steve. The blood drive that is correct. It is upon us. We are having it. It's a different different way, different vibe, different locations. We still need your help. It's on a Friday instead of a Saturday. So we understand it's a bit of an inconvenience. But listen, Red Cross needs your help. We're going to make sure all safety guidelines are taken care of. Go to WMMR.com. Please sign up for this. So we would love to see you next Friday for that. Go get the details. Get signed up. Okay. Uh, something I noticed yesterday. What the hell? I'm saying. Uh, no, it's this, time for the noticer. The Friday edition. My wife actually noticed this. Uh, so it the was. Hell? Yeah. Well, Rochelle noticed it um, like a week or so ago. All right. What'd you notice? In USA Today was uh, trying to find, they, they have their, like, a, a reader's poll. And they were looking for the best hotel pools in the nation. The best hotel pools in the nation. And we found out that one of the pools that we had visited on vacation was on this list. And yesterday, the polls back in, it's the number one. Is this the pool Anthony Michael Hall was going crazy in? <laughs> no. But it looks a it lot, looks like, a lot that. like that. That looked like that was at a Ramada. It, re- it looks like one of those pools. You know when you pull into a hotel motel and they got the pool right in the parking lot? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah, what it looks like. like. Yeah. No, but the, the number one uh, the number one hotel pool in the nation, according to USA Today, was one that we visited uh, last year when we went to Hawaii. Was that last year? I think it was last year. Oh, God, it's so it, hard it to tell. Have, at this point, time means nothing. Yeah, right. I believe it was. Um, and it was uh, in... Hey, everybody. Preston's here. It was on the island of Kauai, and it was at the uh, Kaloa Landing Resort in a town called uh, Poipu. And it is outstanding. And I remember while we were there, like, turning to my family and going, 
it's not just me. I mean, this is <laughs> this is pretty damn amazing, right? And so everybody agreed. And it wasn't like I picked out this hotel because it Up had this pool. world-renowned pool. Right, right. It's a Marriott property, and I'm I'm an, a Marriott Records club, so I just looked at went. I only looked at Marriott properties. Yeah. And I'm like, that one looks great. Let's go there. Wow. And turns out, best pool in the country. Wow. Now, I am happy to also announce that the number two pool in the nation, according to USA Today, is here in Philadelphia. What? Really? Yes. So we I go all the way shocked. from Poo Poo, Hawaii. Poi Poo. Poi Poo. Close. To here. To here. number two. It's in, like, the city proper? It is. Yeah, it makes sense, too. The Four Seasons Four Hotel seasons. in mm-hmm. Philadelphia. We yeah. saw it. That's the number two pool in the country. Now, I didn't go with you guys on that tour. Tell me about it. It was warm. Uh, it was hot in there. <laughs> it's an infinity. Well, of course, they keep it a little bit more uh, tropical, uh, but it it's, has an infinity pool look to it, Preston. So when you walk in, it's not especially deep, but it's very... Um, modern looking. That's what and, I'm looking at. And basically. so when you're swimming in the pool, it is the Philadelphia skyline through these gigantic windows. Like the tops of the buildings. You know what I mean? Like you're, you're, you're up at the okay. top. Yeah. That's looking, our transmitter right there. I'm looking, yeah, I'm looking at a photo of this and it looks like it's got at least a 20 foot tall ceiling. It's one of the most beautiful rooms, you know, for a pool to be in. And, and, and that's the whole draw of it. Right outside of the window is Liberty One. So that's how high, I mean, like the peak of Liberty One. So you can see you're at the top. So the view's got to be phenomenal. Yeah. And I guess that, that's, that's what it. That's it. That's the whole it's, it's, it's not, again, like a, not a tremendously big pool or a tremendously deep pool, but it's gorgeous. It's very spa-like. It, that's you very wa- much like that. You walk in, there's lounges. It's off of the gym. Did um, you know also, by so the way, peaceful. as you walk down, the, there are a couple of halls there, Preston, where they've had some expert come in from somewhere, uh, I forget what, Japan or something, and they've placed healing crystals in the walls mm-hmm. as you walk down to the pool that are sort of uh, in, to enhance the experience. Okay. But it's I can see that. That's gorgeous. I nice. mean, literally, my friends and I were sitting on a rooftop this past Saturday staring at that pool just going, ah, nice. wouldn't that be nice? Like, nice. it is part of our When you open your mouth now. wide, do they uh, lantern bug fly? <laughs> <laughs> Close. They don't have as many as I do. When did they open uh, the Four Seasons? Reopen, you mean? Yeah. Uh, like, just a few weeks ago. So you no, can, no, no, no. I meant oh, open, open. Oh, um. It was this year, right? It's It's been maybe less than a year, maybe just over a year that it's been open. So a quick question with that. So with, um, ho- there are, hotels are open in the city, are they not? Yes. Yes. So uh, one who is staying at the Four Seasons currently, mm-hmm. would they be able to access the pool? Well, I did just see a uh, our friend Alicia Vitarelli did yeah. a staycation. At yeah. the Four Seasons, and she was in the pool with her family. Okay. So I yeah. believe so. There's probably like you can book times, right? To go is in. what they do. So you kind of have an hour or so with your family. I would think so. We were just at uh, the Icona in Avalon, and the pool was open. Yeah. you just had to, you know, you you had to wear a mask if you were walking around in, in common areas, and when you were in the pool, just had to keep the distance. So, um, but so that's cool that Philly number two on this list. We go. I mean, that's Hawaii. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Philly. And I'm telling you, man, that pool, I just... So what makes it so good? uh, I saw the picture. It looked pretty stellar. Well, it's huge, number one. It's like three different levels of of pool that all flows into one another via slides and tunnels and stuff like that. And these gigantic infinity pools, it's dotted with hot tubs all over the place. Uh, It's it's used... They use... uh, um, 
lava rock all over. Doesn't that burn you up? No, yeah. it wasn't hot. It was. Oh, cold. I'm sorry. Of course. And, Why would they do that? Uh, waterfalls and and just all the flora. All you know, you have all those hibiscus. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, flowers and they, they. I just I didn't want to move. I just. They were playing this very stereotypical Hawaiian mm-hmm. beautiful music <laughs> with yeah with the this stuff all Is the time having a good time and I just didn't want to leave I just wanted to stay right there by this pool all it's the time yeah that's drinking the... my fruity tooty cocktails <laughs> oh, God I'm, I love I'm it really a sucker for any pool whatsoever I mean I've talked about the pool that you see when you're going over the Walt Whitman Bridge there's a swim club right there right on the other side in New Jersey. I'm like, oh, it just looks so good. But a pool like that, I would have to. Have you ever thought of uncovering your cesspool? No, but you would. I would have to swim end to end. Like I, that, to me, to be able to swim without having to turn around or flip turn or anything like that. Oh, I would love that so much. Mm. Uh, by the way, four of them I think were in Hawaii for the top ten. Well, they they kind of have the edge. Yeah, yeah, they do. So uh, I'll, I'll run down the and list. Especially when you're doing a place resort like or a place that is known for tourism, you better have a competitive ass pool. So the Kaloa Landing Resort uh, is number. Number one, Four Seasons in Philadelphia, number two. That's so cool. Number three, the One Hotel South Beach, Miami. Uh, number four was the Four Seasons Orlando Walt Disney World. Orlando's killing it. Uh, number five, uh, the Sheraton Waikiki. Uh, number six is the Four Seasons Hotel Seattle. Uh, number seven, the Broadmoor in Colorado Springs. I've looked at the Broadmoor oh. about visiting there before. I didn't know about their pool. Uh, the Hilton uh, Waikoloa uh, Village in Waikoloa, Hawaii. Do you like pools with the uh, beach walk-in? Yeah. Where, yeah, yeah, that's cool. Where it's a shallow... Right, right, thing, right. A great shallow grade that goes in. Yeah, Those you are can, cool. Because you can take a chair out there and sit in the water. And, and sit in it if you yeah. want to. Uh, I, try, I try it in other pools and you end up drowning. The Aulani uh, Disney Resort and Spa in um, Kapolei, Hawaii... Uh, and then number 10 is the Fairmount Scottsdale Princess in Scottsdale, what's Arizona. The, what's that resort down in Jamaica or whatever that you see? It looks like a sort of like a Mayan. Uh, oh, I don't know. The, the resort itself looks like a Mayan oh, temple. Wait. You, you're talking, you're talking about, about the Bahamas? Atlantis? Is it the Bahamas? Yeah, the Atlantis. Atlantis. Oh. That's it. Yeah, yeah. It has that elaborate. That looks pretty cool. cool. Yeah. yeah. We stayed at the Moon Palace in Cancun, and that one had a really long pool and you know uh, but i don't think i think that there were breaks in the pool that you couldn't actually go all the way through without do, do they have agitated members of the breakfast club in the pool screaming no. <laughs> i don't think so um all right so uh anyhow philadelphia nice yeah. job yeah, yeah. second best hotel yeah. pool eat in other states in the nation i noticed something else that came out of hawaii believe oh. it or not so these kind of strings together the hawaiian edition that's right mm-hmm. uh and steve you sent me this article actually i noticed it via you <laughs> a helicopter passed through a rare full circle rainbow while flying above a volcano in Hawaii. First off, I didn't know you could achieve a full circle volcano. And then when I... A full mean, circle rainbow. Yeah. And then when I saw it, it's the most amazing thing. Uh, helicopter passengers were left in awe at the phenomenon as the rainbow appears to be going in a full circle in the sky. Uh, photographer Anna Kim uh, took the footage while on a helicopter ride in Maui. Uh, while in the sky above the island volcano uh, Haleakala... The flight ended, the flight led straight towards the uh, unusual weather phenomenon. Uh, as the camera looks over the side of the helicopter, the rainbow 
loops underneath appearing to go in a circle and not the usual semicircle shape. Oh! Yeah. <laughs> that dude... He, he would have died now, yeah, but he, he would have died yeah. seeing that. Absolutely. Whoa! Oh my God! Oh my God! Uh, <laughs> oh my God! Woo! Passengers were stunned. Double rainbow. Uh, to see the rainbow, and there appeared to be fainter, small, a small double one as well. Double rainbow. Oh. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So <laughs> double rainbow. Oh my god! I never heard of a of a three sixty rainbow. No, before. but the image. Nice to get Okay, yeah. yeah. It's it it is unbelievable. Now I've seen a moon bow. Yeah, around the moon, and that's a full circle. Uh, those are pretty cool. They happen rarely. You've never seen that case. Nah. You see the look on your is face. It, and why is it? Look at it, guys. Here's a picture of it up in the studio here, and you can find it online. Maybe we can post it. But that's that's a full circle yeah. rainbow. That's I mean, amazing. It looks, I wonder what causes that. It looks like like Double the Avengers rainbow. or something, and it you're does. going through a portal. Yeah. Um. All right. No. No. A moonbow. What? Uh. What is a? Is it colored? Uh, is it? It's like a whitish. Uh, okay. It's, it looks like this gigantic ring in the in the sky. It's got to be the right conditions for it to happen. Would you say it's like a sup dog? Uh. What's up, dog? <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, if you ever get a chance to see it, it's pretty neat. I've All seen right. it on a handful of occasions. Yeah. So, uh, anyhow, that's something that was noticed. What else did we notice here? Um, how about this? Ah. Oh. making a selection. What yeah. will it be? I have a number of things that I noticed. You know, I noticed this, uh, last week, and I sent you guys an article about it, but a Los Angeles company has created a phone booth-sized machine to beam live holograms yeah. into your living room. And what, it's only like $50,000. It's a little bit more than that. It's $60,000. Jeez. Um, it's cool, though. This is very much out of, like, Star Wars. Or do you remember Logan's run? With the, uh, the you know, yeah. Help Me Obi-Wan yes, Kenobi yeah. type of thing. Uh, the device made by a company called Portal, P-O-R-T-L, Incorporated, uh, let's users talk in real time with a life-size hologram of another person. It looks real. It looks amazing. It looks sensational. And then to the person who's using it, they're seeing the people who are looking at their hologram. That is correct. Yeah. So the machines can also be equipped with technology to enable interaction with recorded holograms of historical figures or relatives who have passed away as well. Okay. I mean, that, honestly... I mean, it, it's, it, it's... 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 It's amazing. There's yeah. so much science fiction that's being realized mm-hmm. here. And a lot of that science fiction, by the way, ends horribly. But right. uh, um, to get something like to, to have a, an, a moving life-size image of a loved one uh, would be kind of wild. Um, all right. So do you guys FaceTime one a lot? One passed. No. Do you have FaceTime a lot? I, I don't. Okay. I, I do. don't. I, I, so you FaceTime probably with your mom a lot yep. and your sister. All right. So I FaceTime with my wife quite often, uh, usually every day. And I love it. It's great. But the only problem is you're never actually looking each other in the eye. Do you notice that? I make it a point to look at the camera from time to time. Right. But if you're looking at the camera, then you're not looking at her. And at least she's looking at you in the eye. I know, but But, I do it just to give a little bit of that feeling for the other person of getting eye contact. But it depends on how far away or how close the phone is to you. If the phone is a little further away... Right. It looks like you're making eye contact. Which you're, which yeah. you're, we're talking about is, and they they have things that are that where the camera for the screen is actually in the screen at 
right. what your eye level would be at, right. or that the, the it follows your eye. Yeah, but because you, you do, it's a little off. If yeah. you pull it a little further away, it, it will appear as if you're making eye contact. Okay, so you can do that. Anyhow, uh, each portal device is seven feet tall, five feet wide, <laughs> two feet deep. It can be plugged into a standard wall outlet. Anyone with a camera and a white background can send a hologram to the machine in what the chief executive David Nussbaum calls holoportation. Uh, Nussbaum, who previously worked, Holla! I knew that was coming. <laughs> previously worked at a company that developed a hologram of Ronald Reagan uh, for the former president's library and digitally resurrected rapper Tupac Shakur as well. He's the guy who did that. I'm President Ronald Reagan, and you live in a dump. Uh, he can actually see it. Uh, but uh, maybe he hangs out with Tupac. That's right. All right so, together. So the hologram Yo, is home slice. Yeah, the hologram's actually like life size dish. It's not smaller. It's life size. Seven feet tall, five feet wide, two feet deep. Reagan was seven feet tall. Yeah, I didn't know know that. That. Oh. no, but it's it's big enough to fit a six foot person. Yeah, okay. In there. So yeah. So they um, like when you see the technology employed when they do have had Tupac on stage, as President yeah. saying, and, and those sort of things. Um, it looks pretty good in this sort of really controlled environment. You get a, a, a it, we're looking at what they're saying is a picture of this guy, a holographic picture of this guy, and it does look completely real. When we the last time we went to Disney, there was a uh, I wouldn't call it a ride, but a, but a show of sorts, and it had to do with Pirates of the Caribbean. And you go into this room, and there's all this activity that's taking place right. in this room. It's a very theatrical setup, and then at some point. Near the, the 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 far part of the room, on top of this rock, freaking Johnny Depp walks out as Jack Sparrow and Steve. I mean, for a, a while, I had to sit there and convince myself that it that it a it was him, the actor, it was the actual actor. I've been from Shanghai to Timbuktu, <laughs> but I never saw anything like my ex wife taking a dump in bed, <laughs> which she did, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, despite what she's been saying in court. But. Yo, little, ho, ho. But for a little while, I had to convince myself that he wasn't actually in the room with it us. It looked that good. And I think it was a type of hologram that they had set up. It looked three-dimensional. Yeah. It wasn't projected onto a screen, it didn't seem like. It was amazing. Right. What what woman do you, image do you call up first? F- first? For your first hologram. Mm-hmm. Norma Stitz. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she could fit in there. Yeah, yeah. she could. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, because but it's like mo- if the holodeck was real. Right. You, know? yeah. you remember the movie Brainstorm? Yeah. The Christopher Walken? Yeah. There's a guy. So basically it's that. It's that. And we've talked about this for years. It's, it, we knew it's, it's been in the works. There's a guy who literally creates a loop. Some, some guys at the, oh, yeah. at the lab where they create this thing, they have sex and they're wearing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he watches the orgasm like 50 times in the row. And when they find him, he's just like a complete mess in the, huh. he, he had too much pleasure. That was Natalie Wood's last movie. Natalie Wood's last movie, yeah. Yeah. All right, so anyhow, uh, the guy who who had uh, resurrected Ronald Reagan and Tupac uh, to to be in this said, we are able to connect military families that haven't seen each other in months. That's awesome. People from opposite coasts. Or anyone who is social distancing to fight the coronavirus. So the 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 the, um, the the list price right now is at sixty, but they expect it to drop. How yes. dramatically do they expect it so to drop? So it starts at sixty thousand. The cost of no spam expects to drop over the next three to five years. The company also plans a smaller tabletop device with a lower price tag early next year. So, so that like twenty five thousand. So that would be like the yeah. uh, help me Obi Wan Kenobi size, you know, That'd like be a little st- small thing. I just don't understand what they're projecting it onto. That I mean, is there's it, a series is it, of, of of mirrors, and it and it creates and it looks three D. Yeah. Yes, it creates that, and and you could, 
if the thing was set up, you could walk around the image. Okay. Uh, the device uh, can be equipped with artificial intelligence technology uh, from the Los Angeles-based company StoryFile to produce hologram recordings that can be archived. Uh, adding, Is there a pizza oven in it? Adding that to the current device brings the cost to at least $85,000. Uh, the companies are promoting to museums, which could let visitors question a hologram of a historical figure and families to, I don't know. to record <laughs> information for future generations. Yeah, they just take all those Reagan clips. I think one of the kids was named Willis. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Steve, <laughs> if you're asking for, like, home renovations, right. you can say, tear down. I tear down that wall right. and put up some nice brick face. Now follow me into the rumpus room. Uh, people can feel like they're having a conversation with a recorded hologram. It's pretty amazing. Uh, so, um, I, I don't know when you will be able to purchase these, but seeing a video of it online, I was blown away. It's pretty incredible. It's very cool. Yeah. All right, what else we have here? Uh, More from the noticer. Mm-hmm. A lot to notice today. He's noticing like a mofo. How about... Okay, here's one that so I noticed. you two for two, noticer. Here's uh, one that I noticed about uh, Tiger King. Tiger King. I haven't talked about that in a long time. It's been a while. Well, now those movies are in production, right? I yeah. think they've, they've gone into production. Uh, Jack Lewis, Don Lewis, he was also known as... Uh, vanished on the morning of August 18, 1997, the day before his scheduled trip to Costa Rica. The body of the Florida uh, millionaire was never found, and he was declared legally dead in April of 2002. This was Carol Baskin's husband. That is correct, and that has since been reported. It has since been reported that two experts confirmed Don's will was forged. Yeah. Conveniently leaving behind most of his $5 million estate. There, And this looks to have a, a lot of credibility behind this forgery claim. So what does that do to everything? Yeah. Yep, because exactly. they turned over uh, Tiger King's zoo to Carol Baskin. That mm-hmm. is correct. Yes. Uh, so to Carol Baskin, uh, you know, he left all that. Legal ramifications uh, cannot be imposed because it is beyond the statute of limitations so uh. that has expired. Uh, now, Lewis's family has hired an attorney to revisit the investigation with the family also offering a reward of hundred grand in exchange for information to help solve the case. Internet sleuths from all corners of the uh, Internet are working to solve the two-decade-old mystery, and a spokesman uh, for uh, now repping Don's family claims a Facebook collective has discovered a new lead that supports the theory of Joe Exotic that Don Lewis is buried under the septic system <laughs> in the animal sanctuary. Man. Um, I, I, I Listen, I don't wish anyone any harm or anything of that nature, but I hope they find him under the septic system. That'd be wild. Uh, according to TMZ, spokesman Jack Smith claims the online research team has obtained the actual receipts and permit paperwork for the septic tank's installation. Carol has previously acknowledged two septic tanks on the property, one of which was installed before Don's appearance and one long after. Do you know it's become a source of income for her? She's doing cameo videos. Yeah. Is she? Yeah, how much is it? How much is she charging? I think she's charging like 150 Okay, that's yeah, not that yeah, yeah. Uh, But if this is true, it would indicate that Carol was fudging her timeline. Uh, we're going to find out soon enough because the group claims that it will turn over the findings of the police in an effort to finally crack the case open. So what does this do, again, in, in the broad scheme of things, 
A forgery means none of what she's owned or none of what she's had has been hers. Yeah. And, I don't know. I, I mean, that's... You're going to need a whole other series. By the way, the statute of limitations, there's there's no statute. It doesn't run out on murder, ever. No, it right? doesn't run out on murder. It, it could run out on forgery. Yeah, true, true. Um, it's weird how these things are reconciled. You know, there used, uh, used to be a ridiculous statute of limitations for a lot of rape yeah. uh, cases. Yes. And, and they, they wisely uh, yeah. did away with a lot of yeah. that, That's weird, though, because if she's still reaping the benefits from said forgery, then, like, there should be no statute of limitations. Yeah. Right? Like, I know. I know. I don't know how these things are. I mean, it's it's weird when you stop and think a lot of times you'll go to, to jail longer for check forgery than you will for homicide. Yeah. It's bizarre <laughs> yeah. how they work that out. All right. One last story because we got guests to get to in just a moment. Uh, but there's another uh, tech thing that I noticed. Uh, a, I love the tech. Thank you, Noticer. A Google app can now teach your child math. Google Lens, and tell me, tell me what you think about this. Google Lens is a high-tech app that launched back in 2017, uses artificial intelligence to detect and interpret objects around the user. Google recently announced it is adding a homework function to the app, which is only available on Android. They write on the app uh, that the new tool is designed for students, families, and teachers who have navigated learning from home with grace and resilience. It works using technology from the mobile learn app uh, called Socratic, which Google acquired last year. Once the homework filter is available, it'll be able to highlight text on a page which users can then tap for more information. For example, so so I guess you I guess you use the camera feature and put it on a math equation and you do tap on it and it will show a step-by-step guide on how to solve it as well as the answer. Yeah. So, I mean, you can also, listen, you can, it's not as easy as that. It sounds like as simple as just, you know, putting right. your camera on them. But you can just type in equations into Google and it'll give you the answer anyway. So, so what is the benefit well, of this Socratic app? I guess to help people at home who are becoming teachers. Right. Uh, and students who need help. So I guess it will show you. want to cheat. And right. it doesn't just give you the answer. Right. It, it shows it, you the, the process. The how to do the that. work. And, and so. When show, show your work. work. Yeah. Well, that's important when you're doing homework and um, you have to hand in your work. I push the enter button. And yeah. <laughs> that's my work. Me too. Yeah. Like. So when, with the kids' virtual learning, like, for me, the most important thing is, is, is them making sure that they're getting decent, like, math guidance. Yes. Because that's the one where you, you really need to find, all right, well, I don't I don't know how we came to this conclusion. I need there's to know. A formula. I need to know step by step. And I'm not understanding. Like, let's say there's four steps and you're like, I just don't understand how we got to step three yeah. in order to get to this answer. You know, if this can help that, then that's great. Because math for me as a parent has gone well beyond oh my, my uh, comprehension. Imagine just you know, no, no, it's somebody asked you to multiply fractions or something like that. Now I would tell my kids that if I had kids, I I'd say that there is no such thing as math. Right? Yeah, is, it, it's, it's a lie. They're yeah. lies. Wait a minute, you can you can multiply fractions? Good I for can. You. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it depends. I mean, but you do how you have to find the common denominator and then. <laughs> yeah. See, I don't remember any of that stuff at all. None of it. It's, it has no bearing. If only there was board. a handheld device. That right. Could do whatever. <laughs> right exactly. You will not have that for the rest of your life available, Steve. <laughs> all right. So this is a this is a new app that's uh, that's going to be available. All right. And that's all that I have time to notice. Because nice notice, sir. I thank you very, very much. We're going to break and come back in a second after all this noticing. Stay with us. Want to see something funny? Uh, or maybe really messed up? Well, watch The Daily Rush at PrestonandSteve.com. 
It's a sight to behold. Or something like that. From 93.3 WMMR. I would say that outside of our studio, the place where we have met the most famous people has been at M. Night Shyamalan's <laughs> Halloween party. Yeah. <laughs> it's always a star-studded event, and uh, we met this gentleman there a few years ago, although I was hammered out of my gourd, which is what you do at that party. Seriously. Because night is pushing the shots on you while you're there. So they it's actually part of the encourage home. it. Yes, and... and God bless him. But uh, we're excited to have him on this morning. He's calling him from London and uh, is here to talk about a charity organization that is right here in Philadelphia. It's a very, very cool thing. It's called Give and Go Athletics, and we're going to ask him more about it. Please welcome James McAvoy. Hey! The program. Hey, James, how you doing, man? I'm doing real good, guys. Thanks for having me on. No, Hey, no problem, man. And you, you really have embraced uh, Philadelphia, have you not? Yeah, you know, I, I've... I've got such a lot of good friends there. I've had great work there, and I, I've got a home there. Uh, I regard it as a second home. My partner is from uh, Delco, and, um, and you know, we try to get back as much as we can. So, no, it's very much a second home for me. You just said Delco. Delco. You said Delco, and you made our producer. I'm was, the unofficial mayor of Delco. He was just throwing his fist up in the air. It, it, it was his greatest realization that James McAvoy's a Delco guy. I mean, two days in a row, I was wearing Delco T-shirts. So, you know. I've got, I've actually got a really cool little Delco baseball cap which I wear, and people are like, "What's Delco?" And I'm like, "Oh, it's a little place in uh, Pennsylvania, just outside Philly." And they're like. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. You keep it enigmatic. We like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but listen, we'll talk a little bit about your, uh, you know, some professional things. But let's talk about uh, Give and Go Athletics. We just, I was just watching uh, you on with uh, with Jimmy Fallon not that long ago uh, talking about this. So this is this is something you really like to spread the word on. Yeah, we uh, we were looking for ways to sort of support the community during such a tough time um, during the lockdown, and um, we're looking to do that in you know different places, but in, definitely in places that we regard as our home, places that are surrounded by people that we love, care about, our families and friends, you know. Uh, and we heard about giving go athletics to a very good friend of ours called Ricky Stubb, who's a director who actually also runs an amazing organisation called Neighbourhood Film that works with homeless people and trains them up in the film business, but. Um, he told us about Give and Go Athletics. Basically, it was run by these guys, uh, Andre and Caleb, two incredible um, men um, that grew up in the same part of North Philly, but on opposite sides of the gang line. So they didn't really meet, um, even though they lived literally streets apart from each other. They both go off to college, become collegiate athletes, um, and they study behavioral health uh, therapy. Um, when they come back to Philly, they meet for the first time and find that they've, you know, they live streets apart. They were on different sides of the gang line, but the, uh, they've both studied in the same kind of behavioral therapy and things. When they come back to Philly, they, it's around about the same time that Pennsylvania sort of stopped or North Philly anyway, stopped all, um, extracurricular sporting activities in high schools and lower schools. And, um, and of course that's a, that's a massive problem. It's a massive issue and it leaves uh, a huge gap that needs to be filled by, parents or aunties and uncles or after-school organizations, and they're just not there. So um, in step, Caleb and Andre, these two incredible people, and they provided all these after-school sporting activities and events, but at the same time, they deliver trauma-based therapy, which is massively in need for a lot of the children, not all, but a lot of the children that take part in these events and that go to schools in that particular area of North Philly that 
that was getting no help uh, or no funding for those vital activities that, you know, expand minds, keep you out of the house, maybe keep you out of a dangerous situation at home, all those kind of things. And these guys deliver not just um, sporting uh, therapy and food for the body, but also food for the soul and, and trauma-based therapy as well. They're an incredible bunch of people. And if can I can I plug their website? Please, yes, absolutely. They're an incredible bunch uh, bunch of people. It's not just Caleb and Andre. It has grown a little bit, um, but it, it does cost money, and we're funding it. We're helping to fund it, not funding it. So we are helping to fund it, but. Anything you can give is fantastic. If you can become a monthly donor, it's even better. But you want to go to givinggoathletics.org, and the first thing you'll see is a thing that says get involved. Uh, and you just hit that, and it shows you how to give a one-off donation or become a monthly donor and all that. And if you can give, fantastic. We realize it's tough times at the moment, so if you can't give, just go and take a look at the thing because they're special, special people, you know. These grassroots programs, these these things are the things that get done. There are so many people who tell you, whether they be politicians or whatever, that they're looking out for you and they want to, you know, blah, blah. And they and it, it never seems to trickle down. This, this is what motivated Knight Shyamalan to start his foundation. Put it in the hands of the people who can really activate and get things done. And I think now because of isolation and... And, and kids not being able to um, socialize and do those, as you said, very important, essential things. This is something that is, is desperately needed. So it, it couldn't come at a better time. No, you're, you're so right. You're so right. And also, you know, those, you know, and not, not every teacher is that special teacher. But when you get those special leaders and those special mentors and those special people that resonate with you, they can change your entire life, you know what I mean? And look, Caleb and Andre aren't going to be that person for every kid, but they're going to be that person to a lot of those kids, you know? Yeah, and, and that, that's that's all part of the deal. I mean, you know, you, Preston talks yeah. about, he, you know, from, from a, a music program in school, a lot of times music yeah. programs are yeah. cut, and, and how essential that is. These, these things, they allow you to start to build those foundational things that turn you into... You know, hopefully happy, well-socialized adults. Yeah. And when you extract that, it has an impact. Yeah, I came from, I came from, I don't know what you guys call it. We call it a council estate. I think you guys call it a project back in Scotland. And it wasn't a particularly great area. I was, I think I was a good kid, but I didn't really have amazing prospects. But I had two incredible music teachers who went out of their way to provide out of the kindness of their own heart and their own pockets at times, extracurricular uh, music activity for me and anybody that wanted to come. And it changed my life. Mm. And not just, like, I don't play music now. I haven't picked up a bass guitar since I was about 18 years old. But they opened my eyes. They made me realize that it was okay to be myself, to not have to conform to some tough, uh, sort of council estate-born attitude and 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 do all the things that go along with that, do you know what I mean? They taught me that I could be myself, that I could express myself, and that it was okay to be sensitive and artistic. If it wasn't for them, I wouldn't be an actor, but if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't be as well-adjusted as human being. Yeah. And I feel that Caleb and Andre are filling that gap that is that is, that is massive and uh, needs to be filled in North Philly. Um, hey, I have a question. You know, you mentioned, James, uh, you know, music being a, a part of your uh, your teenage or formative years. Uh, did that, did you segue, did you drop the music and move to acting in, in like one, one move or did it come a little bit later on? It was pretty much in one move. I was about 16 years old. Mm. I, I had no drama training or acting training, but um, I, 
I somehow managed to get an audition for a movie because a, a director came into our school, gave us a chat on what it was like to be in Macbeth. We were reading Macbeth in English at the time. And um, and he was an actor, so he played Lady Macbeth in an all-male production uh, <laughs> back in the 70s, I think. That's how and, they used uh, to do it, yeah. Yeah, and I basically just, yeah. and I said to him, uh, listen, that was great. Thank you very much. If you're making another movie, can I come and be your tea boy for like a week? Make, you know, to run coffee and stuff like that. Yeah. And anyway, he called back like five or six months later and, uh, and he actually offered me an audition. I got the part. And then from there, I didn't really do much acting after that. But when I was 18 and I was leaving high school, I auditioned for drama school for acting school and um, luckily got in. I don't think I picked up a musical instrument for three years after that wow. <laughs> because um, acting school was just a little bit uh, like you go in at eight in the morning and you come out at 10 o'clock at night and you it's probably the most professional environment I've ever experienced <laughs> in the industry. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so I, that was sort of the end of, of my musical education uh, at 18. Did uh, did any of your friends, any of your, your tough neighborhood friends, uh, bust your balls a little bit about uh, wanting to delve into to acting? And if so, did they ever come back and say, "I'm sorry about that"? <laughs> no. Do you know what? Do you know what? No, not at all. Nobody ever gave me any <laughs> shit for for wanting to be an actor. That's the weird thing, though. You can sometimes live. Maybe you come from a neighborhood that you think is tough, or maybe you you think people are going to give you a hard time. And yes, by the way, that often can happen. You can get a hard time. Mm -hmm. But I think the fear and the oppression or the inhibition um, that we feel sometimes comes from ourselves as well. You know what I mean? Uh, it may not be. It may be that your neighbor who you thought was going to beat you up because you wanted to be an actor and he, they thought it was silly or something mm -hmm. actually goes, hey, man, that's cool well done you you know what I mean? oh james <laughs> oh yeah by the way the uh the s-bomb and the f-bomb we can't say on american radio yes. so i'm so sorry that's okay <laughs> too. Oh, i wish we could it'd be great <laughs> no but it, but but it, it does and you, you're you're actually talking about something that is sort of pertains to to uh to everything that we've been talking about up to now which is that point in which you realize that there are opportunities for you and when the the switch is flicked and you're like oh my god this could be something for me and this is an avenue I had not thought about. You talk about where you came from, where you were, where you were uh, living. It's it's that's dude, I everything. Think, I think. I think. Look, we don't have we don't always have the money to get out of our limited borders. Do you know what I mean? We don't yeah. have we don't always have the money to physically take ourselves beyond our immediate horizons, and that can be limiting. And sometimes the confines of our, of our immediate horizons are terrible and not helpful, not educational and not good for cultivating a good human being, right? But you meet incredible people, you meet incredible mentors, teachers, and this is what education does. It helps you see beyond your physical barriers and it helps you see, all right, I can't get out of this situation right now, but I can see beyond it and I can learn about stuff beyond it. I can project, I can imagine, and I can become a bigger soul even if I can't physically go to a better place or get to a better work environment or anything like that straight away, you know? If without education, we can't move out of our confines. We can't move out of our station on that ladder. And if we don't educate and if we don't nurture and we don't take care of these young people with people like Caleb and Andre, you're stuck. And that means there's no social climbing. There's no social lowering. Do you know what I mean? It, we it, just it, all it, stay where we are. It's being exposed to things. And as Stanley Kubrick always said that if you if you could you know if you could get a kid and find out what really motivates them and excites them, it's like a nuclear bomb and, and sets their life off in, in you know in all sorts of different directions. I I, I, I wonder. Yeah. 
with you, where was that moment? So you get into acting. Do you have a, a an absolute crystalline moment in mind when you said, this is it? I, I love this. I love this. Yeah. Uh, no, not really. Not with acting. It was more, it was with music, strangely, um, with these music teachers. It was, um, I remember... I liked Friends. I don't even know if Friends was on. Was it on at that point? I think it was. Yeah. I liked Friends. And Chandler wore waistcoats. And I thought, I want to wear a waistcoat. Like, <laughs> you guys call it like a vest. Wow. You guys call it like a vest. Uh-huh. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I remember hanging out in the music department with a different kind of group of friends and these teachers and them all sort of not giving me any... Um, not giving me any hassle or giving me a hard time because I'm wearing a waistcoat. And I thought... I can be me here. They also then let us perform and we put on concerts and all that kind of stuff. And that's the moment that I realized I love this. Uh, and for me, whether it's acting or whether it was, it's the same kind of thing. It's about performance. It's about communicating with an audience. All right, it's through, it's through drama and it's through acting instead of music. But it was probably when I was at high school with those amazing music teachers and a group of people that were interested in you experimenting and finding out who you were mm. and not being, not being so afraid to try things out that you just stayed this one little thing right. that everybody tried to conform to and just did what the whole group did and what the gang did. Uh, it was being with that group of people and those two incredible teachers that really made me think, right, this is for me. I want to do something in performance. As, as a father with with teenagers myself, it's, it's so important, and, I, and I'm watching my kids go through this, of finding your community, finding your group, the people that, um, that encourage you uh, and that you're not afraid to be yourself around. Uh, it, it's everything. It's so important. It sets your life on the right course. And like these guys at Give and Go Athletics, you know, you, mm. it may be there. It may be right there. It may be somewhere else. But you've got yeah. to try these things out to find out where they are. Yeah, I think if there's people holding you back, if there's people telling you how you need to be instead of helping you find out what you want to be, then, you know, you've got to try and step away. It's easier said than done. Mm-hmm. Of course it is. Mm-hmm. But um, you've got to try and step away and find those people who let you grow and who want you to grow and help you grow. Yeah. You know? yeah. James, I, I, because of M. Night Shyamalan, we've all been lucky enough to, to meet you and spend a little bit of time with you. And, and I think we all just walked away uh, genuinely impressed at what a nice and genuinely good person you are. Um, and, Thanks, and and I think also it's it's a, sometimes shocking to us as lay people to see somebody as successful as you are be as nice as you are. Are you ever surprised at your own success or, or for lack of a better term, fame? Uh, darling, of course not. Um, <laughs> it was meant to be. It was meant to it be. Complete sense to me. Yeah, no, look, I'm, I'm very lucky. I came out of acting school. I love my time at acting school, but I came out of there, you know, very, uh, very certain <laughs> you can be very certain or just certain mm-hmm. certain that i would be okay i'd do okay maybe i'd do okay maybe i'd get some theater work here and there but i was going to have to have another thing to fall back on and i thought that was probably going to be teaching um and uh, a friend of mine shauna mcdonald who runs a, a youth theater in edinburgh as well as being a successful actress in her own right um her and i had an idea that we were going to you know maybe start a youth theater somewhere in edinburgh um and then it just started to happen for me. But I was I was not certain it was going to work out for me. I thought I was by no means the start of my my class, the start of my year. Um, and but it's just different. It's just the industry needs different. It 
I don't know. It just works out different for different people. A lot of luck, a lot of hard work, a lot of being in the right place at the right time, all that kind of stuff. Um, and I think that's particularly true of this industry, but I think it's true of most industries and most um, walks of life, uh, even if that particular industry isn't as oversubscribed as acting is. Right. But yeah. um, it's about hard work. It is about endeavour. It is about a positive attitude. But it is also just you've got to get lucky. Yeah. And you've yeah. got to be in the right place at the right time and meet the right people and stuff. So I've been exceptionally lucky. I am I'm now used to it. But there, for years, it felt so strange to me that anybody wanted to know anything about me or watch my movies or the fact that I was in movies, you know. I also just thought, all right, I'll just become one of those actors. I'm happy about this, by the way. If I can pay my bills as an actor, that is... That was my, that was my goal. That was my, my, my deep, most heartfelt desire was... Um, just to be able to pay my bills and own somewhere that I could call my own and feel safe inside through acting. Yeah. Um, so the, the fact that I've gone way beyond that is is... A massive blessing, and um, I really do thank anybody who's ever <laughs> who's assisted. Yeah, I mean, honestly, now you can pay other people's That's bills. Why I'm here. <laughs> uh, uh, James, because of your partner and uh, your um, association with Philadelphia and M Night Shyamalan, I'm wondering if you if you follow Philadelphia sports, if you're now uh, a fan of, let's say, the Eagles, the Flyers, who are in the playoffs right now, Sixers, Phillies, all that stuff. Do you know what? I have not seen a single sporting event live in Philly. Really? And that is, it is one of, yeah, it's one of my big regrets. And also with COVID at the moment, I've not, and I did a play at the end of last year coming in this year. So I've not actually been to Philly since September, man. Oh, um, I know. Well, I've got, I've got family here. I've got kids here. So I, I, I can't really afford to go back to Philly and then quarantine for two weeks and then right. come back here and then quarantine for two weeks as well. So I basically had to stay here. Um, but I'm desperate, desperate, desperate. I particularly want to go to an Eagles game because I've never been to a game of American football and I find the um, the idea quite exciting. I don't enjoy watching it on TV because there's so many commercials. Yeah. So I think watching it I think watching it live might be pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. But I also quite like ice hockey as well, so I'm, I'm down to come and see the Flyers. Cool. I wanted to ask you about with, with Night Shyamalan and with directors that you work with and, and, and in particular um, Night um, you, you, I think you have to for that performance for for a, a, a split and, and glass for what you had to do for the essentially playing the horde and all the the characters and personalities associated with that. You've got to, I think, got to go out on a sort of an emotional tightrope with that, and you have to feel very comfortable with with the director. Describe your your relationship with Knight. Yeah, no, um, I came in quite late in the day for Split. Um, so it was, it would have been real tough if we didn't click, uh, quickly. And we did. We just clicked real quick, just on FaceTime, having rehearsals, um, then. And then about a week and a half after I got the part, I was in Philly rehearsing with him face to face. Wow. It came really quickly. I know. Um, there were a couple of characters that were trickier for us to find. Hedwig was one of the trickiest, strangely. Um, and, uh, and I'd say, like, most of the characterization I got just from the script and then bringing my own stuff to it. Um, but with Hedwig, I was finding it quite difficult. And weirdly, Knight just said, give him a lisp. And I was like, eh? I, was like, I don't know about this. Is it going to be exploitative of, like, somebody with a speech impediment? I don't know. And uh, But the minute I, I gave Hedwig a lisp, he sort of the whole character fell into place. Um, and then I started to discover all the stuff where he was like, 
because he said he, Kanye's his favourite and all that kind of stuff, I thought, right, okay, he's got to be heavy into hip-hop and he's got to, he's going to be like one of those nine-year-old kids who wants to be like a bad boy 19-year-old kid, you know what I mean? He wants to hang out with the bigger boys yeah. and he thinks he's he thinks he's street, he thinks he's tough, <laughs> but he's absolutely not. I think that was um, that was one of the funnest uh, discoveries that day with Knight. But, um, but yeah, look, he's a great technician. He writes his own material as well, which is the other thing too. Um I think when a director writes their own material, you've got a mainline avenue into their uh, their thought process and what they truly want. Sometimes a director finds it difficult to say to you, this is how I'd like it to be, this is how I'd like it to look, this is how I'd like it to sound. But when the director's actually written it, you're getting into their imagination through a form of art anyway. Like, just the, the script itself is a is a form of narrative art yeah and um and so you it's a creative form of that art so you're already in touch with their creative process before you're even accepting direction from them or listening to them or trying to decipher what it is they're actually going on about because sometimes they're not he's very good at telling you what he's going on about by the way but it's even better when when they've written the script because you can you can see what they truly wanted even subconsciously sometimes because it's literally down in front of you in black and white uh james speaking of hedwig which the character was was awesome there's a there's a scene where he dances did you watch videos of kids trying to dance uh, to put that together did you just make that up on the spot uh i can't remember if we made it up on the spot or if we rehearsed it i can't really remember but i know we didn't do many takes of it um i can't remember if we rehearsed it or not i if we did rehearse it, it wasn't. It came quick, and if I think maybe we rehearsed it on camera okay. or something like that, uh, mm-hmm. and then Knight would look at it and go like, "I like that bit. Do that bit, or egg that bit up, or that bit's a bit weird. Egg that bit down." <laughs> like, um, and then there was a weird spider thing that I did. And if you look really closely, I think you can see that I get shot and I've got blood coming out of my neck at some point as well, which I was really into. Mm-hmm. Um, but people <laughs> miss that. How dare they? How dare they miss <laughs> You got all that trouble. Detailed performance. I know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it was, uh, that was a lot of fun, that bit. No, but I didn't look at it, it, uh, any kids' videos, I don't think. Okay, because you, like, yeah. you looked like a kid who was trying to be a badass dancer. It was great. Yeah. Let you me ask you. There was actually... There's actually a really good um, music video by a band called Jungle, which is a sort of oh, yeah. electronic yeah. London collective. Get busy and, uh, something. Get busy earning. Earning. Busy earning. Is, I don't know if it's busy earning. I think it might be Julia. Busy earning's a different video. Okay. But, uh, which is also a great video, by the way. But I think it's Julia where they've got this little kid in a purple tracksuit who must, I think, is about four or five. Doing the best breakdancing, <laughs> and um, that actually that was actually a little bit of inspiration. Okay, <laughs> so so I have to imagine because obviously you're you're in the, the Marvel universe, you've done a lot of genre stuff. Uh, are are you actively seeking out genre stuff because you're a fan, or is the genre stuff finding you? Uh, it's a little bit of both, really. Um, yeah, a little bit of both. I mean, when X Men came along for me, I. Uh, I hadn't worked in about a year. Um, I just had taken some time out. My kid had just been born. It was filming in London. It was good money, and it was a franchise. Plus, I loved X-Men as a kid. So, it, And also, I'm a massive fan of Patrick Stewart. So I was like, this makes total sense. So it came to me, but I was also like tailor-made to love it anyway. Um, it would be the kind of thing I'd be seeking out. So I got very, very lucky with that. And, um, other than that, the uh, the genre stuff that comes to me, yes, I, I have an attraction to that stuff, but 
uh, I, you turn a lot down because it's got to be good enough. Do you know what I mean? I can't just do it because I think, hey, vampires are cool. Maybe this movie. <laughs> yeah. Or, hey, yeah. Space is awesome. <laughs> Although the 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 total dweeb in me is like is mental mad, kind of instinctually pushing me to do it. But if the, if the script's not right or if the part's not right, then you can't just launch yourself. Yeah, it's, there. It's probably, uh, yeah. and, I, and I'm lucky. That's yeah. probably a good way to approach it. Yeah, I think um, I think your portrayal of uh, Charles Xavier is great, especially considering the fact that uh, Patrick Stewart had doing had done it so many times. You you made it your own, and you did your own yeah. thing. And listen, I, I've been known to uh, sidetrack interviews from time to time, so this uh, just doesn't really mean anything. <laughs> but I, I'm pretty sure it's uh, first class. You use an exclamation that I had never heard before, and I use probably at least on a, we- a weekly basis. Uh, wacky bananas. I had never heard wacky bananas before, and I I say that all the time now. I say wacky bananas. Yeah, in the movie you say what? wacky bananas. Yeah, it's wacky bananas, man. Yeah. In, in what movie? In what I, I'm pretty sure. It, listen, because they're all set like back in the day, but I'm pretty sure it is first class, and I'm pretty sure it's when uh, you're in the bar, uh, uh, you know, macking on some some ladies. Oh yeah. Is that, is, is that, wacky wacky bananas. Is, is that perhaps on your family crest? <laughs> wacky banana. Oh, my God. I need to go check that. All right, all right. I'm going to go check it out. All right. So I think, you know what? I think I was, I have a vague memory of trying to come up with just weird things that sounded like they were in the 60s yeah. that the people might say. But I was coming up with, um, I was coming up with my own creations. I think I tried to get the term baby sham nightmare in there <laughs> but it got cut out as well and they were the director was like what does that mean and i was like oh it's something that you used to say in the 60s and it was just me making it up just made it up it's just nonsense that's excellent so of all those movies all the x-men movies total james my favorite is, is days of future past um and uh you're in that one uh, do you have a favorite even if you're not in it is there are any x-men movies uh where you rank above the others I loved First Class for its kitschness, and it really did try to, I think they tried to reboot a lot of what X-Men was doing um, by giving it a different vibe, a different tone, tried to make it feel more like a spy movie, tried to make it feel very sort of kitsch, and I think more funny and more comic and more, um, just a bit more capery or something like that. Yeah, it's, it's great, uh, it's and also, great. Yeah, and also it was a buddy movie, do you know what I mean? It was, it was very much, as much as it was about everybody, it was really about these two guys uh, forming a friendship which I don't think any of the other X-Men movies have sort of, uh, sort of formed themselves around a structure quite like that at that point then we went into Days of Future Past which was actually I felt like going back to the more classic kind of X-Men vibe but in saying that it's probably my favourite experience of playing Charles just because I got such a workout as an actor and I got to actually really go some interesting places with um, with Charles, give me two seconds. My landline is ringing. Sure, go ahead. <laughs> Take it down. Oh, we, heard, we, we heard you were in an accident. <laughs> like, no, leave me alone. Leave me alone. Um, just, um, go ahead. Yeah, so Days of the Future Past is probably my, the, the best one for me. I can't get this shit. <laughs> Please turn off. <laughs> oh uh, that's God. okay. It happens to the best of us. Uh, I have to just t- tell you before we, we were talking about you earlier this morning, about two weeks ago, I saw The Last King of Scotland, which I hadn't seen Oof. for in a long while. That movie holds up. That is a that is, I think to me, that's when you first really ended up on, on my radar. Uh, and you and Forrest Whitaker have such a, an amazing chemistry in that movie. Do you have any recollections of that that film? Any memories? 
No, I was high as a kite and I forgot. No, no uh, <laughs> it, was, it was all chemically induced, was it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was not. Um, yeah, I mean, that was an amazing experience. I think I was 24 or something. And just to get to go to Uganda for three months and, and hang out with somebody like him and learn from somebody like him, not only is he a great actor, but a great actor playing a, a truly demanding, exciting, dynamic, Oscar-winning role, Oscar-winning performance. That was um, that was you know a formative part of my career to be exposed to that and be around that was was exceptional, and then also you know to have to kind of lead the narrative of the film, yeah, um, and have that responsibility on your shoulders as an actor um, was just an amazing amazing learning experience. <clears throat> but then for the film to actually go on and do well and lots of people see it and all that kind of stuff, it was it was I was really lucky because yeah. I think I played lots of smaller parts up till then in movies and. And um, I played leads in TV, but I'd never really played leads in movies. I'd done like Narnia and all that kind of stuff, which was more sort of uh, character roles. But to play a sort of a sort of Jewish lead um, in a movie like that was was so, just incredible. And also to get to do it as a young Scottish person playing a Scottish person, because there's just not there's not a hell of a lot of work out there for uh, Scottish actors if you can't pretend to be from somewhere else. <laughs> so. Um, so wanted to have one of the first things that really sort of got me out there and basically, and make a bit of a splash across the pond in America, but actually being Scottish and you guys didn't all go, ah, we can't understand the funny sense of that. <laughs> <laughs> and just ignore it. That was, I felt really, really fortunate and, and just, I don't know, felt good yeah, about that. It's an amazing film. Uh, listen, we do have to wrap things up, James. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to mention once again, and the main reason uh, for the call was to, uh, talk about the organization GiveAndGoAthletics.org. Uh, it's right here in Philadelphia. It's helping people in Philadelphia, kids who uh, need some guidance, who need a community, and also those who might need some therapeutic help along the way. So it's a really great program. And I'll hit the, the website again. It's called GiveAndGoAthletics.org. And it's really cool that you're... Uh, you know, th- that you're promoting this, uh, something right here in, in your second home. So we do appreciate the, that. Oh, well, thank you very much. But listen, they're also just there if you want a good time playing sport as well. They yeah. will do all that stuff and they can help you out if you're in a tough time. But um, but if you just want to play sports after school and your school or your community don't provide that, that's also what they're doing too. They are an incredible organization. Go seek them out, guys. One request, if you don't mind, if you could take a picture of you wearing your Delco hat. <laughs> yeah, I'll send you a picture of me it's, and my Delco hat. And, or, yeah, absolutely. That'd be wonderful. Then we'll, we'll post it on, on social media. and Because uh, and, uh, people, for Casey alone, our producer, that's <laughs> yeah. such a... Cool. I need so to see that on Instagram like <laughs> immediately. All right, listen, James, you're the best. Thank you so much, and hopefully we'll see you in Philadelphia sometime soon, okay? All right, you guys. Thanks a million. Take care. Anytime. James McAvoy! Yeah! Wow. Oh, wow. What a, what a, something we already knew. Super nice guy. Super man. nice guy. And yet again, a better phone connection from England. <laughs> yeah. And his cell phone. Yeah. Because that was the landline ring. What yeah. in the F? <laughs> I know. And by the way, dude, he, he should, it, it was because of when they released the movie, but split by far, far that year, the best performance by any male actor, in my humble opinion. Yeah. And but but they released it at uh, past the window, which I understand why they did that because it was a huge success. Yeah, but he should be an Oscar winner and probably will be one yeah. day. I would imagine. Uh, wow, that was awesome! All right, we got to take a break, so make sure you stay with us. Don't miss any of it. We'll be right back. 
Get social with Preston and Steve and WMMR. Facebook, Twitter, you know, the usual places. Acme is continuing their commitment to getting through this new normal together. And that means everyone's health, well-being, safety, and satisfaction, yours and their employees, continues to be their number one goal. They're keeping your essentials in stock. And that includes your New Year, New You foods. Keep an eye out for Acme's large selection of USDA-certified O-Organics and Open Nature products featured exclusively in Acme Isles. Find great food you can naturally feel good about at Acme. Fresh foods, local flavors. The most hated jeweler in America makes it so easy to get engaged. Meet the beautiful, classy, and brilliant Krista. She's Stephen's most loved engagement ring and will dazzle. She takes the stress and guesswork out of finding the perfect ring. A bright white, high-quality, round, brilliant diamond in a classic solitaire setting. Meet Krista today, starting at under $700. Online at IHateStevenSinger.com or at the other corner of 8th and Walnut by appointment only. Free shipping and interest-free financing. It's so easy. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Now, WMMR presents Preston and Steve's Bizarre Final. Finding a message in a bottle on the beach is one thing, but uh, this guy found a brain washed up on a sh- on shore, wrapped in foil. What? When he held it up to his ear, could he hear the water? The discovery happened on the shores of Lake Michigan Tuesday morning in Wisconsin when a beachcomber out for his daily stroll came across a square package of aluminum foil oh, held together by a pink rubber band. Jimmy Senda says curiosity got the best of him, so he opened up the package and discovered the gruesome contents. At first, Jimmy says his own brain didn't even register what he had just found. And then after a few moments, he realized he wasn't holding a chicken breast. At first, that's what he thought it was, but rather someone or something's noodle. Uh, Jimmy called the police to investigate, and the Racine County Medical Examiner tells TMZ the brain is not human. It looks very small. Uh, there, uh, It says it appears to be from a cat. Mm. You borrow uh, my brain for five seconds and just be like, dude, can't handle it. Unplug mm. this bastard. Yeah. <laughs> Unplug it, freaking brain. Wrap it in foil. Yeah, wrap it out of foil. It must be from a freaking sea cat. Yeah, so. I mean, this is still creepy. <laughs> yes. Cat or not. Absolutely. Disgusting. Uh, I mean, come on. It's a freaking brain in a freaking tinfoil pouch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Silver Surfer gone on a rolling ocean of cat brains. <laughs> Freaking silver crazy. Surfer on a rolling ocean of cat brains. Wow. <laughs> Hanging ten on a surfboard as they ride over a bunch of cat brains. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, yeah. They, they Maybe that was somebody's lunch. Found a brain. Here's a follow-up story. A dentist in Alaska has been sentenced to more than a decade behind bars after he was found guilty of operating on a patient while on a hoverboard. Oh, that was no. one of the things he did. Oh, you guys remember the story? I do. Yeah, Seth Lookhart freaking hoverboard. was sentenced to 12 years in prison on Monday, nine months after he was convicted of dozens of charges that included medical fraud, reckless endangerment, and unlawful dental acts. I forget, did he in fact have an incident where he fell off the hoverboard? No, no. He, he was able to do it then. Yeah, he was able uh, to do it. I envy but that. It, it puts the patient in the patient at risk. At risk. Yeah, was it a mercury uh, hoverboard by it any was chance? It a mercury hoverboard. On a, uh, on a mercury surfboard. Right, man. That's, uh, that's how I do my dentistry. <laughs> Freaking dentistry. <laughs> Or when I'm removing cat brains. 
Uh, well, you need to be medically uh, Absolutely. trained if you're moving, removing uh, cat brains. Additionally, look hard. Warlock's blood. Uh, additionally, look hard. Will not be allowed to practice medicine during his ten-year probation following his eventual release from prison. During the sentencing, Judge Pri- Michael Prison Man Wolverton said that Lookhart's actions, including sedating patients for uh, extended periods of time, darn near killed some people. He said. Uh, he said. Uh, now, according to uh, the dentist himself, he said in a prepared apology in court. While I do not doubt that I was able to render care and alleviate the pain to many people who were in need. Uh, in dire need, I also know that I could have and should have maintained better discipline and focus while serving the patient base I came to love. He, he also had uh, purchased, or he, he had originally had purchased Alaska Dental Arts in 2015, changed the name to Claire Check Dental, and his office manager, Shauna Cranford, uh, billed Medicaid for unnecessary IV sedation procedures. Well, that's and the freaking problem. Fraudulently billed near $2 million. And that's why he's going to jail. Lockhart's trial included testimony from several of his former patients, including a woman who had a tooth pulled while the dentist was standing on a hoverboard. Lockhart was caught in a cell phone in cell phone video uh, pulling the unconscious woman's tooth before riding the hoverboard into the hallway Jeez. and raising his hands over his head. So, uh, yeah, clearly it was the bilking uh, of, uh, what did you say, Medicaid? Uh, yes, but yeah. there were there were several other incidents yeah. of him doing shoddy dental work too. Mm-hmm. On top of that, speaking of that, this is not part of the bizarre file, um, but there's a there's a TikTok challenge where kids file their own teeth down. Oh yes, my um, gosh. no, yeah. yes. Oh my god, uh, to to flatten them if they yeah. have crooked teeth uh-huh. uh, or their their uneven teeth. To yes, Kathy, oh same thing. All I right. made that same face while I was reading. Actually, I was going like this. <laughs> Oh, I was like, eh, eh. I was it's like, like someone gets hit in the nuts and you hunch over. Yeah, I like anything my, with the teeth. I put my lips over my teeth like this, like. They've been taking a nail file and filing their teeth. That is not a good thing to do. While dentists can do that professionally for the right scenario, they're freaking dentists. Yes, exactly, and uh, that can actually, if you do enough damage, you can kill the tooth. You yes. can get it in there and eventually cause. So many problems that it can it can kill the tooth. It's moronic. TikTok. Yeah. Yay, another one. All right. And then finally, we'll end with this one. It's a messed up story. I usually don't end on messed up stories, but I can't not give you pass this one to you. A uh, man is facing charges after police found a woman's remains inside her boyfriend's bags in Illinois. Uh, those remains, police say, were transferred, uh, transferred from uh, Louisville. Uh, Melvin Martin Jr. went to visit his family in Illinois with multiple bags. Police said that the uh, the family became suspicious of the bags and had noticed a smell. When Martin left the house on Tuesday, family members reportedly opened one of the bags. Police said uh, that they, the parts they found in the bag were that of his girlfriend who had been chopped up. They found a head, organs, and the bottom half of her body. The torso was missing. So he packs up the parts of his girlfriend and takes them to his family? Exactly. It. Martin had carried those bags via a Greyhound bus when he took that he took from Louisville. Uh, police, well, you said you wanted to meet her. Uh, the Louisville piece, uh, police had been contacted and said that that led them to a house. Oh, my and God. And they later determined that the homicide had occurred there. Was his plan to get rid of the parts there? I don't think so. Police said the woman had been dead for at least 30 days before her transport. Oh, my God. And had been previously reported missing. They believe her death had started as a domestic assault. Martin was arrested. Eventually gave a full statement to police admitting that the torso was buried in a park near where the two lived in Louisville. When asked about why he kept the parts of her body, 
He told police he still wanted to be with her, at least part of her. Oh, my God. Right? You're going to make me cry. I know. Sorry about that. Uh, No good to see you again. Not. No sad, bro. No sad, bro. On Friday. Have you met my girlfriend? She's in those nine bags. Mm. All right. And uh, we're going to take a break. Come back in a second, and we'll see how you do with the lesson question. Stay there. Monday nights. Metallica family, are you with us? It's not just Monday. It's Metallica Monday. Join MMR's Jackie Bam Bam for massive amounts of Metallica every Monday night starting at 9. From the monster hits to deeper album cuts spanning a Hall of Fame career. This is Robert, Kirk, Lars, and James from Metallica. We're covering all the bases from one of rock's biggest bands. Set a reminder on your phone. Tell Siri to clear your calendar and have the MMR app at the ready for Metallica Mondays, 9 p.m. With Jackie Bam Bam right here on 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. So you guys ready to get started? Yes, let's, let's do it. Contestant number one this morning. We uh, we loved all the performance. His was great. He is a singer and songwriter and a multi-instrumentalist. And he calls himself a funky white boy from South Jersey. He even has a funky nickname. Uh, this is David St. James, also known as Duct Tape. Yeah. This morning. Hey, Duct Tape, how you doing, bud? I've never been better. How are you guys this morning? Gadzooks. Gadzooks here. We're doing great. We're actually, we we have the ability to see you on video uh, as we are here in the studio. And I love the fact you're you're wearing a cowboy hat this morning. <laughs> You've even got colored lights in the background. You're doing you're doing a great visual thing. So you ready to do some rocking? I certainly am, Preston. I was born ready. Outstanding. <laughs> All right. And uh, so last time... Uh, you played Wild Horses for us. And listen, if you want to play the same song again, that's fine. Or if you want to change it up a little bit, that is, is great as well. What do you have in mind for us this morning, David? Well, thanks for asking, Preston. This time, just like last time, I played every single instrument myself. Now, I just did a simple drum track, a simple bass track, and a simple clean guitar track. I did that last night. Okay. Um, I'm doing a uh, a song that Shine Down recently had a smash hit with the Leonard Skinner classic called Simple Man. Ah, uh, great song. So I'll be ready to start right now. If you All right. Are. You know what? Head on over, David, and let's get duct tape on the mic. Casey, I want you to bring him up on the board. Please, so we can hear him, and we're going to switch over to gotcha. Facebook Live. Well, if we can cut a little talking down, I got a little, little smidge over a minute. So you hear and, the delay? Uh, yeah, the quality's be ready better though. Start right now, if you are. That was him talking to us just a moment ago. So uh, we send him over, and then we'll hear the performance. It's like time traveling. I know it's weird, isn't it's it? So cool. <laughs> all right. So. I wonder what it looked like ten seconds ago. All right, here we go. He's getting something. Yeah, let me uh, get you off speaker there. Hang on. Much better audio. He's having some issues, a little technical thing. We can't see him fiddling with it. He's eating a hoagie. Mama told me when I was young, sit beside me, my only son. You can do this if you try. Simple, be a simple 
That's Dave on guitar as well, performing live for us. Dave, yeah, that sounded fantastic, man. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you so much for the opportunity. No matter what happens, you have this is probably the best best thing that's ever happened to me in my entire life. <laughs> oh, Dude, you, you've I love you so much. Your performance this morning uh, really made uh, what is a crappy brandy day. We're looking out the window and I'm hearing you sing, and I'm like, ah, that's okay. I'm all right now. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah, most definitely. Wow. Okay. Thank you. So much better. With this uh, Facebook Live performance, Listen, we, you know we're we're innovating entertainment. We're changing the entire industry. Is that what we're doing? And that's what happens God. when you're going through a discovery process. I love us. It, that's really, so awesome. there's no reason not to love us, <laughs> Kathy. You don't I you don't you just love us? All right, let's do another one. All right, that's that's our first one. We yeah. have eight of them all together. Uh, this next young lady wowed us uh, singing in her home, and she uh, did a little acapella version of House of the Rising Sun. She's only 19 years old, college student, studying to be a teacher, and pursuing a music career, and singing and writing her very own songs since she was really young. This is the first time she's ever done anything like this. From Norristown, Pennsylvania, let's hear it for Giovanna. Yeah. Giovanna. Yeah. Hi, Giovanna. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good. If I recall, when we spoke to you the other day, uh, you said that uh, stage fright was a big thing that you had to overcome, correct? <laughs> yeah. Are you getting better day by day of, uh, you know, not having the anxiety? Yeah, I am, but I'm definitely nervous right now. <laughs> well, uh, let me tell you something. You, 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 you kind of blew us out of our socks with your, you have a very powerful, soulful voice. The yeah. song you chose was was uh, just out of the blue, and we all like smiled when you said what you were going to sing House of the Rising Sun, so you have no reason to be uh, to be nervous. No. Uh, uh, and as you heard, the audio quality should skip up dramatically. So. Yeah. yeah. Now, are you going to do another a cappella piece for us, or do you have an accompaniment, and what is it going to be? I'm going to be doing House of the Rising Sun, just the next part of it, and I have company for it this time. Okay, okay. you have an accompaniment. All right, so... Mm -hmm. Let's get you over onto Facebook Live, and uh, okay. we'll, we'll check it out, okay? Okay. So All right, whenever so, I'm ready. Yep, whenever you're ready. You just go ahead. Don't mind us. We'll, I'm uh, going to be doing House of the Rising Sun, just it, the next part of it. So you can hear her talk. Yeah, much better. Much better. Which is a few seconds later, and so now she's going to go over and...
Wow. Killer voice. Soulful and and you know what I appreciated, Giovanna, is is you have the ability to do runs up and down the scales like that and you don't abuse it. You, you when people <laughs> do that too much, it can take away. It's yeah. showing off your yeah. chops. Yeah. But it's it's muddling up the music. So I, I like what you chose and, and did with your voice. Thank you. Thank you very much. Great work, Giovanna. Yeah. Good luck to you. Have a great weekend. Wow. All right. So Excellent. Soulful Young Lady. And we go from Soulful Young Lady to so, oh, number one to Soulful Young Lady. Number two. She blows away, too. Uh, she did. And she is, Monday, she she came, uh, called in and sang and played an original piece on the piano that she had written during the quarantine. It's like a fresh, new, original piece. It was a great song. Uh, she is a college freshman, majoring in music and technology. And she's a field hockey player. So she's you know, a little bit of a jock, too, yeah. which is cool. And she is from uh, Medford, New Jersey. Please welcome Kira to Isolation Idol. Hi there, Kira. How are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? We're doing wonderful. So uh, since you were on, on Monday, have you gotten a little response from people who heard you on the show? Um, yeah. Um, a good amount of family and friends listened to it, and I was hearing lots of nice things from them. That was very kind. That's excellent. <laughs> so last time, as I had mentioned in the, the setup here, you had uh, performed an original song uh, that you written during quarantine, and we only got to hear a little bit of it, 30 seconds or so. Uh, are you going to play another original piece? Are you going to play that or something else? What do, you, what do you have in mind as far as the performance this morning goes? Um, I'm actually going to play the same song, but most of the parts that you didn't get to hear yet. Okay. I, yeah, we liked it. Yeah, absolutely. Nice. <laughs> All right, you feel yeah. good? You feel good, Kira? Warmed up and ready to go? Yeah. All right, we're going to bring you up on Facebook Live. You can start whenever you like. We'll keep talking in the meantime because there's this delay. In fact, you'll probably hear her in the background talking to us, saying what she already said. <laughs> I must admit I've been selfish before. I didn't understand that I was understood. We're all losing something, sacrificing our comfort. performance. Thank you. And a beautiful I'm song. Get myself situated there. Good luck to you and have a great yeah. weekend, Kira, okay? Thank you so much. We will go to our next contestant and he definitely wowed us just yesterday, I believe it was, yeah, on his guitar. 
Uh, he played the guitar solo from Get the Funk Out by Extreme. Very hard technical piece to play. Uh, he's from a cover band called Jumper. And uh, his daughter jumped in to help with this uh, tech for the performance. I'm sure she's going to be his producer this morning. Uh, please welcome from Horsham, Pennsylvania, playing the electric guitar. It is John. Hey, John. How you doing, bud? Do it. Can you hear me? Uh, yes. We, we, so far, we'll see how the rest of this goes, but we were really impressed. You're the only instrumentalist, so, just solely instrumentalist in this whole contest. Everybody else, you know, either is singing or singing and playing. So how do you feel about that? Well, um, you don't want to hear me sing. Okay. <laughs> so you feel good. He feels confident. I mean, dude, you were up against a didgeridoo. Yeah. And that was pretty amazing. And you beat that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's good. All right, so John, are you going to be playing the same song or something else today? No, I'm going to do the beginning of Hopper Teacher right into the solo, and then I'm going to do a little uh, thing at the end. All right. Okay, and a little thing at the end. Yeah. All right. Uh, and this compass on the stock. Let's have you uh, get, go ahead and start whenever you're ready. <laughs> okay. The uh, the walking harmonics at the end there, man. That was really cool. Oh, thank you, guys. Listen, I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to play. It was a lot of fun. No problem. All right, and, John. And thank you, daughter, for hooking yeah, us up. Yeah, yeah, definitely thank her for us. All right, a shredder, John. Outstanding work. All right, his band is called Jumper. Make sure that you uh, you go see them when things are back up and running again. Um, all right, so our lone instrumentalist leads us to our next singer, uh, who is, uh, we'll see if she sings and plays at the same time. She's a Delco gal, was a contestant on The Voice, moved to Nashville to pursue her career as a singer and songwriter. And uh, she actually goes back with us. We've had her yeah, on the show before. Yeah. Wanted to enter the contest. Please welcome our good friend, Audra, this morning. Hey. Good morning. How, How are you guys? We're doing good, Audra. How are you? 
I'm great. Thank you so much. This is so awesome. I'm so glad to talk to you guys. I have a great idea for a song for you because uh, you know you're living in Nashville. You're right there with the uh, with the the record company uh, executives. Um, a song titled "No Sad Bro, It's Friday." Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you think that's got potential? It's a catchphrase of ours, and it has legs. Trust yeah, us. No yeah. sad bro. It's Friday. I love it. Okay. Well, what are you going to be performing this morning, Audra? I'm going to do Lean On Me by uh, Bill Withers, if that's, that's all right. Beautiful the late, song. The late great just yeah. recently passed, so we would love to hear yeah. it. Okay. Whenever you're ready, we're ready. Go ahead, Audra. Company, uh, executive, all right. um, a song titled No Sad Bro, It's Friday. <laughs> See, there's me telling that joke again. That was funny. <laughs> Even again. Isn't that great? <laughs> I love it. There's this delay on Facebook Live if you're just tuning in for this. And so this is how we do it. We have to set it up and then they move over and then we'll get the performance. So here's Audra McLaughlin about to perform. Amazing. Yes, uh, yes. For a second there, I thought it was Kathy singing. It was just that one. No, it was yeah. Kathy in the background. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was talking to someone. <laughs> <laughs> Which shoes should I get? All right. I, I don't have much to say other than that was amazing. Yeah. But we, we, oh, thank no, you guys so much. Wow. She's awesome. Oh, she's Everyone's been awesome. She's amazing. All right. Our next contestant uh, is frontman for the band Bangarang. Uh, writes and plays original music, uh, quarantine with his wife and one-year-old daughter, and uh, a really long-haired dachshund chihuahua named Fletcher. <laughs> so that's who's housing together. That all uh, works. He performed a great version of Something by the Beatles uh, when he came uh, to us on Wednesday. Uh, from Yardley, PA, please welcome Phil to yeah! the program. Hey, this morning. hey, Phil. Good morning, everyone. Good hey, morning. nice to have you on again, man. How are you? Ah, it's so good to be back. Excellent. I was happy just to be a part of it, so to be here is even better. Wonderful. Did you get some uh, good feedback from friends on your performance? I did. You know, like when you play a Beatles song, like you said, it's always going to be, did you live up to it? And I'm I'm proud to say that at least my friends told me I did. Excellent. Well, sometimes your friends will lie to make you happy, but that's okay. (laughs) Yes. Uh, I would expect nothing less. I thought it was great. So are we doing another cover, an original song, another Beatles song? What do you got in mind for today? 
Yeah, so I'm going to go back to the Beatles. Well, this is a song that I sing to my daughter, you know, every night before I put her to bed. If you, can, you know, people that are on the Facebook Live, you'll see I stole from her nursery. There's the lyrics to this song, so it kind of means a lot to me. So oh, thank I figured God. I would go back to the well and play Beatles Jam. Uh, for a second, I was worried you're going to do. Why don't we do it in the road? Because and if you're singing that to your daughter, just it wouldn't. Yeah, 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 it wouldn't. Oh King. man, I think I have to change the song. Guys. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, <laughs> all right, we'll bring the audio up and. And we back a little bit. Here Golden here. slumbers, guys. Golden slumbers. Oh. Yeah! Yes! There we go. Oh, damn it, I just hung up on him. Uh, that's okay. We would have screwed oh, it up anyway. Job. No, I pulled up the next caller. I hit the wrong damn button. Uh, that's Phil, all right. Marissa will get him. Please get him back on the line because that was fantastic. I love it, man. Oh, my God. Preston, it's now Tuesday. You put us back in time. Did I do no. that and I hit the wrong oh, button? Unbelievable. I got to do Wednesday Kathy, all over? Yeah, Kathy's fine. Phil, are you there? I'm here, yeah. Outstanding Thanks. performance, my man. That was great work. I, I kind of, sort of learned that song on the ukulele, and then I tried to sing it, and then I stopped trying to learn it. because. <laughs> man, I, I wish I would have had some accompaniment here. You could have chimed in. Oh, it, it sounded something like this. Tackling Paul McCartney is a tall order. It's hard. It's yeah. hard. Yeah, but, uh, uh, that's my favorite singer of all time, so, you know, I, I just... You know, close my eyes and, and go to town. I hope it, hope it uh, sounded good for you guys. It sounded excellent, Phil. Good luck to you, my man, all right? Thank you very much. All right, thank you. It's Phil, everybody. Wow. Yeah. All right, we have two performers left to go. Let's get to them. Our next performer sent us a really impressive picture of him with a keytar. A badass keytar that he no longer has, we heard. And he sang and played Jailhouse Rock, which is really cool. One of the, one of the other people to kind of go old school music-wise. Uh, and he plays in a cover band called Kono Nation. Hope I got that right. Yeah. And uh, Lines and Laces, an original van with his girlfriend, who he is quarantined with. So they're making beautiful music together right now. From Maniac, please give it up for Michael. Yeah. Hey, hey Michael. Hi. How you doing, bud? I'm good. How you guys doing? We're doing wonderful. Last time you played, I believe, did you play guitar and sing? Yeah. And are, do you, are you going to be uh, performing as well or just singing? I'm going to do a guitar and singing again. Guitar and singing. Okay. And what are we going to hear from you this time, Michael? I'm going to do two verses of Fat Bottom Girls. Fat <gasps> Bottom Girls. Standing. And yeah. Freddie Mercury, man. That's another another one of those great singers that, uh, uh, that uh, we have one of our performers going after. Uh, excellent, Michael. Well, when you're ready, hopefully uh, we can make this thing work. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. All right. Go to it. Yeah. Okay. He can All begin right. whenever. So I'll bring him down in here. Put this on hold. Here comes a performance. This is Michael in Maniunk with his queen performance. And there it is. Yeah. 
Nice. <laughs> Michael, nice work, my man. Thanks, guys. Have a, have a nice day. Stay safe. Stay well, clean. You too. Well you done, man. Nice. Well done. Take on a uh, Freddie Mercury vocal is uh, no small challenge. No kidding. He put some power behind yeah. it. Yeah. All right. Let's get our last contestant. Uh, she checked with in with us on Monday. In fact, she was our first she contestant. Started everything. Very, very first she was the very first one. Sang from her uh, sunroom. Uh, mom of two. Yeah, in fact, she was walking around the house the whole time. Yeah, we were getting motion sickness. When she was singing, we were watching her in the monitor here. Uh, she's a mom of two boys. She's married to a Philly police officer. She sang Creep from Radiohead on Monday, and she's checking in from Holland, Pennsylvania. Once again, we welcome Nicole to the yeah. show. Yeah. Hello, Nicole. How are you? We're doing wonderful. We're having a really good time today. You, is it, what did you learn uh, from listening uh, to people sing and uh, perform about uh, the material you're going to do? You're going to do the same song or something different? They all sound incredible. I'm definitely going to switch it up. I'm going to do, today I'm going to do um, The Freshman by The Verb Pipe. Uh, wow. That's a great song. What an interesting choice. Yes. Okay. I love it when they when they pick something unique. You don't expect. You know what I mean? Like yes. a lot of times you'll hear, you know, me and Bobby McGee. You yeah. know, here, let me show you that I can do my Janice Joplin. Right. But who would have thunk this? Uh, it's a good choice. All right. Excellent. We are looking forward to this, Nicole. Head over. Uh, you, we're going to bring you down on the phone line. Make sure that you... Uh, have it on mute, and uh, and let's hear you sing, okay? Okay. Right, good luck, Nicole. All right, we'll bring it up. We'll hear her talking about whatever we were talking about. When I was young, I knew everything. She a punk who rarely ever took advice. Now I'm guilt-stricken, sobbing with my head on the floor. Stop a baby's breath and a shoe full of rice and can't be held responsible she was touching her face and i won't be held responsible she fell in love in the first place for the life of me i cannot remember what made us think that we were wise and we never compromised have expected to hear that song performed like that. Blown out because it's more of a, of a quiet yeah, song. That also, was excellent. A- acapella, okay? Like totally it's the, the absence on, of instruments, right? Uh, absence of instruments and like totally uh, on key. Like everybody else had a- an instrument to play along with right? and she just did it like completely naked. I know what yeah, you're saying. Yeah. She was completely nude when she did it. Yep. Nicole, you can put your clothes back on. <laughs> Uh, no, that was, that was wonderful. Excellent, excellent work. By the way, Nicole, uh, your, your husband, a police officer in Philadelphia, what, uh, what area of the city does he work in? He's in the 7th now. He was in the, um, 35th for a really long time, and now he's actually been in the 7th for about six, seven years. Okay, well, give him our best, and, uh, and we, uh, we wish you luck with this, uh, with this contest, and, uh, tell your friends, everybody to get out and vote for you, and, uh, we'll see what ends up, uh, taking place on Monday, okay? And really quick, I just wanted to thank you guys for um, giving everybody something positive to focus on during such a crazy time. Oh, oh you're awesome. That's very sweet. Thank you. Thank you appreciate it. Good luck to you, Nicole. Yeah. Let's hear it from Nicole. Yeah. All right. 
right, well, there you go. Performances are done. Voting is enabled. We leave it up to you, America. Isolation Idol. We're going to take a break. Stay with us. We'll be back in a moment. What's new? Glad you asked. Low Cut Connie. Avatar. New music. More of everything that rocks. On 93.3 WMMR. Before I uh, reveal some of this uh, audio from the past, uh, there's, there's a, an email I want to read. I love this. Okay, so I got this from a listener in Illinois. He lives in Sugar Grove, Illinois. His name is John Burkos. And he said, hey, Preston Gadzook, so funny story for you and the gang. My wife and I run a horse stable just outside of Chicago, and we just had one of the mares give birth to a baby filly. Uh, We kind of had a little contest between everyone at the barn to submit a name. And since it was this particular mare's second baby, we were going to have the name start with the letter B since last year's baby started with the letter A. And so far, uh, the leading name is Bella. I wasn't planning or participating in the name challenge until they asked me to, and I couldn't think of anything. And then I made the mistake of blurting out Bajmir. <laughs> and everybody's like, oh, well, that's an interesting name. Oh, no. uh, what does it mean? No. And I refused to explain. I just said, I, I think I heard it on the radio a while back or something like that. But they're actually considering Bajmir. Why? Because it's unique and different. Oh and he God. says, I should have just gone along with Bella. No, you shouldn't have. Yes. No. It's brilliant. Bajmir is great because it does sound very exotic. That must yeah. be, maybe Bajmir. that's a Hindu name or something, yeah. Bajmir. But uh, we all know it's Rim Job. job. <laughs> Backwards. Yes, I'm Rim sorry. Job. Rim Job. <laughs> Bajmir is Rim Job. Backwards. That's how we got Rim that. Job. That recording of me saying that. Rim Job. Uh, so please, with, with, if you have any influence at all, John, make sure that that filly is named Bajmir. Okay? And uh, is it just a regular at a regular horse? Uh, facility? Are they raising horses for racing? Yeah, they, they run a horse stable, so okay. I, I don't know. Could you, you imagine know. a Triple Crown winner? Bajmir. It would fit right in with oh all the other weird god. names of horses, man. Yeah. Oh, my God. Rim job. Rim job. Rim job. <laughs> Rim job. I, uh, Lang. All right. So, the other day, I was in my basement. I was looking around for some stuff, and I came across in the unfinished side where we keep all just storage things that we're just keeping. And I came across, by the way, Steve, I came across cases of uh, air checks. And air checks, by the way, is a term that we use in the industry for when you record your show, just portions of it uh, to listen to and critique and maybe use as a demo if you want to get another job or something like that. It's a standard procedure in, in, uh, in radio and broadcasting to have an air check. So, And by the way, I have hundreds from the Preston, Maryland, and Steve days. Really? And, and the early, oh, and, that's and the awesome. early days of the Preston and Steve show. I'll, I'll, I'll share a picture later on of how many cassettes there are. It's ridiculous. So I don't have a cassette player at home, uh, and I was sifting through this uh, the, the, the cassettes that I found, and I, I did indeed. Just out of curiosity, I started looking around and seeing if I could find some really old ones of myself, and sure enough, I did. In fact, I found... My demo, and this had to have been probably, well, the music should be able to tell by what, what songs were new at that time, and we'll check, because I do, there's a, I do a count, I did a countdown show, it was when I was doing nights at this radio station in Jefferson City, Missouri, so what we called Y107, and it was a, what, what's, the term is a CHR, contemporary hit radio, top 40 radio, essentially. Your 
first on-air gig? No, second on-air second gig. Second on-air gig. And so my first on-air gig, I actually have audio of. That is completely different. That was from when I was doing, like, the fishing reports <laughs> and the high school uh, high school lunches. And right, Salem, like that. right? That was in Salem, the tiny, itty-bitty little town. I'll play some of that all later right, on. Right, right. But this is, this is Kenny Knight and my most Kenny Knightiest. And, and this was when I was starting in CHR, and I felt the need to really sell it hard. And explain what CHR again is for people. Contemporary Hit Radio, Top yeah. 40 Radio. And where did the name Kenny Knight come from? Uh, it, so I, I, It I was got, given to you, wasn't it? Well, kind of, sort of. Yeah. I, um, I, I started uh, doing weekend work and... And uh, my uh, my boss at the time, uh, <laughs> actually Jackson, that's this guy that would talk like this. <laughs> What's up, Kenny? Yeah. Uh, Where'd you get that hat, Kenny? Uh, yeah, so it was uh, Bobby Jackson, Bobby Action Jackson. Oh, my God. And he, uh, he's like looking at me. He's like, well, we, you know, I don't like the name Preston. We, you know, uh, you need to come up with something <laughs> I don't like your else. name. Yeah. He was like, he was that kind of guy, yeah, yeah, too. Yeah. So I came up with a list of names, and I just, Kenny and I just fell in there. I don't know where I got it from. Okay. All right. Maybe I might have gotten the Kenny from Kenny G. And then Knight was, there was a, a jock in St. Louis named Chris Knight that I always liked. And so I think I put those two together. And he's like, oh, we've never had Kenny before. Let's see, you're, you're Kenny Knight. I'm like, okay. See, this guy sounds like a prize. And I didn't care. I just wanted to get on the radio. Of course. You, you can call me whatever. You can call me Nutsack. Nutsack. And I'd be on the radio. Kenny Nutsack with you. Um, all right. So. Music was, is like the wrinkles in your nuts. I was listening to this yesterday. <sighs> you know. This is your demo we're going to oh, hear? Jesus. I was a screamer, man. Okay. <laughs> Should I just play it? Yes. Okay. So here we go. This is, you've heard, you've heard of Kenny Knight and you've heard my broadcasting can you play a, a clip of me in broadcasting school, yeah, Steve? Yeah, so here's, here's... This is me before. Right. Uh, this is me That's before. the latest news. Let's get on to the latest rock. <laughs> this cat really knows how to play guitar. Right. Those are the best-tasting little morsels I have ever had in my life. I am feeling good, and I hope you are, too. Okay. So, you ready? Yeah. yeah. This is me once. I've, I've gotten a gig. I've been established. I'm the night jock, man. Yeah, man. All right, here we go. Kenny Knight. Kenny Knight plays the hit seven hits in a row on All Hit Y107. All Hit Y107 with the hits you want to hear. Kenny Knight slamming seven strong songs in a row. Oh she doesn't God. even sound like no. you. I was like, who is this guy? Yeah. <laughs> it's not that bad yet. No, it's, it's the, the quality. Listen, right, me... he is doing exactly what you would do in that format Let's... at that time, but... Let's... Sounds nothing like you. Let's keep going. Mind you, to listen for the touchstone this hour. If you're the seventh caller, oh, you could win a pair of tickets to see Warren, Trickster, and Firehouse in concert at the Lake Expo Music Park in Osage Beach. Osage Beach, that's right. That's uh, Lake of the Ozarks, where they film Ozark. Some bad touchstones to win this hour from Y107. All hit Y107. If you want to be pumping it up and living large, it's your next bash. Living large. Yeah. yeah. When we were living large. Back in the days of New Jack. City and everything. <laughs> so at that time, would you would you write down your? Because um, you have to be I, very efficient in that format. You yeah, have to be. That's what I was just going to say. We're, this is all live, right? Oh yeah, yeah you're yeah, not yeah. stuttering. You're not saying um. Like I, so far, I'm impressed. Oh well, I'm not making mistakes. This is this is my demo. I mean, yeah. I, I oh, took this was your, okay. Yeah, okay. I took oh, breaks. Okay. I took breaks that, that were good. That, yeah, yeah. that, that I wasn't making it, mistakes in. But of course, <laughs> I was talking like this. <laughs> I was screaming my head off in every break. 
right, here we go. You better hire your favorite Y107 disc jockey to be in the hits to you. If you'd like more information on that, just call 893 regular business hours, and we'll set you up. Here's a new one from Whitney Houston. My name is not Susan on all hit Y107. Find out. Find out when my name is not Susan yeah. came when out. When you, my name is not Susan. I'm <laughs> Susan. Kenny and I with you. I'll bet this is 1991, how, probably. Is, how long have you been? So 92, maybe. One year? One year? Two years in radio? Three years? If it was 92, I started my first day on the radio was January 2nd, 1990. Huh. Uh, that's when my first official paid day as a disc jockey was. Were you a part-timer or, or full-time? I, I started uh, full-time. So wow. 1991 is when uh, the single... Uh, Okay. That came out. So I was a year in. All right. Were you popular on that station? I have no idea. You don't remember. Okay. Don't you just don't want to ask. You because, never want to ask. Well, I don't... I, I Listen, I get it. I understand the whole voice thing and the... But, like, I don't think it's bad. <laughs> no, it's not. It's, that, that's, that's what those stations... That's what what they want. That's what they sound like. And Kathy also, as he said, it's a demo. He's putting the best foot forward yeah. because you're not gonna you're not gonna include your worst. It's right. just so pukey, Kathy. It's, it's very pukey. pukey yeah. That's what I meant yeah. by yeah, exactly. Yeah, baby, Kenny and the PM, and I'm taking you votes for the top ten of the night. Twenty five digits for the dial in eight nine three forty one sixty one. Just hitting four four two zero. I'll bet I hit the post on this. Listen, okay. hitting the post is when you walk right up to the lyrics. It's there, critical. Here we go. Digits for the dial in eight nine three forty one sixty one. Just hitting four. 420107 Columbia or toll free at 1 800 289 Y107. Oh, hit one. Oh, yeah. Nailed it. Did you have the countdown clock in front of you? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Wait, what were the tickets that you were giving away in that first break? Was Lord that Trickster and Firehouse. <laughs> I don't even know Trickster. I went to that show. I, I know Trickster. Yeah. I met Janie Lane from what? Warrant. Uh, I met the guys in. Firehouse. I may have, so Trickster, I think, had a song called Give It To Me Good. I'm not 100% sure, uh, but I think I mentioned it several times during this air check. <laughs> now, you remember Warrant, right, yeah. Jerry? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and all that stuff. And they were the headliners. Rocking and rolling oh, and whatnot. Not. Yeah, they, they were the big. And then Firehouse had Love of a Lifetime and, and yeah, so... Uh, let's see where else we got. 107. Oh, wait, wait. Wait oh, a second. We're bringing it down. You're breaking it down. We're wow. bringing it down it to... It must have been a, a national tragedy. No, it's got to be a ballad. Oh, most okay. likely. Got to bring, right. right. bring the energy down. 107. I'll hit Y107. Make sure you keep it locked in to the Fresh FM for your chance to play high-low cash. Because you could win a share of thousands of dollars that we are giving away from Y107. I'm just, I'm fascinated. And, and listen, we were listening to stuff on this show of us just 2015 and how much my voice seemed higher. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, all those stations, all those CHR stations, and some still do it. They love that sound of the back. They love that big, ballsy, oh, spectral wall of sound. Yeah, we had reverb on the yeah, on yeah. The, the mix. Processing, yeah. Yep. Uh, no, but I mean, just like full on. You could hear yourself, your echo. When you're, oh, my. <laughs> you're on the mic. It was ridiculous. Hey, testing. One, two, three. Yeah. Echo. From Y107. Oh, Ken Y107, Missouri's number one hit music station. And a good evening to you, Kenny Knight. Oh, the... Wait a minute. Oh. Here, did you hear how far down I went on station? Yeah. Right. Missouri's number one hit music station. And a good evening to you, Kenny are you doing this? Are you doing this kind of thing? I, I had a little short. Feels so good music to get you up in the morning, get you on your day. He's <laughs> number one hit music station. And a good evening to you, Kenny Knight and the PM. want to remind you, we'll be listening for the Touchstone this hour to be the seventh caller and win a pair of tickets to see Warrant, Trickster, and Firehouse in concert. It's coming up. That was, you know, that was Whip Appeal from Babyface. I remember that song. <laughs> you know, though, to Kathy's point, you are, uh, you are uh, very 
very efficient, hitting all the right things. That's what you would be expected to do. Oh, yeah. And you were the overnight? No, that was nights. Nights. I was I was the flamethrowing night guy yeah, at that point. Nights. I worked I worked every <laughs> every shift on the clock and I, I think I started I started in overnights and then I did uh we had late nights as well. There was like a ten to two shift. Do you know I've I've only done mornings? Okay. Yeah. No, I've worked yeah. I worked every I've worked every bit of that clock, man. Here we go. Oh. Why would the seven yell? Who is this? Angie, where are you calling from? Columbia. Angie, you're going to go see Warren Trickster in Firehouse. You're calling number seven. <laughs> and she's religious, too. What's your favorite radio station, Angie? Okay, Y107. Okay, Y107, sending out congrats to Doug Smith. That's Amy Grant. Why, why was she religious, too? Uh, just, I was making a veiled reference that she was like, oh my God, you know, oh, oh my Godding. So I don't know, Nick, I just was looking for things to say. <laughs> She's yeah, listening too. so closely. Yeah. You're screwing my jive up. Yeah. Hey, Y107 sending out congrats to Doug Smith, the break time in Fulton. Now the money man caught him listening to Y107 at work and paid out big moolah. You could be Nick. Moolah. You, moolah. You, you do have a little bit of this, uh, this, uh, oh, yeah. this is going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, only every now and then. Right, not, yeah. a, not every time, but I would throw that in there. Just listen to Y107 work and win cash. Here's the latest from Amy Grant on Y107. Missouri's most listened to countdown. Oh, here we go. Okay, so this is this is the top ten at nine. This is the big countdown part of the evening. It's a, uh, the big dog came up with this, right? The standard. It's a standard. Yeah, yeah. It's a, you know, standard thing was to do a a, a, a list. End of the sorts. day countdown with the biggest hits of the day. So here's uh, here's me cranking it up. Uh, you know, you, you got to get everybody yeah. hyped up for the for the the countdown. Missouri's most listened to countdown. The top ten at nine. KTXY Jefferson City Columbia Lake of the Ozarks. All hit Y one oh seven. Don't you know it? Don't you know it? All hit Y one. You hear what I did? I faded up the mic. Yeah. Yeah. Don't you know it? Yeah, I'd be like, you know. You bring the fader up and down, it would do an effect like this. So, all right, anyhow, here we go. Hit Y107. Don't you know it? Don't you know it? Oh, hit Y107 time. What'd you get for the top 10 and I ready to pump it up your nighttime hit music slave? You're doing it right with Kenny Knight. Are you doing it right with Kenny Knight? That's your doing it right. We'll be doing it right with Kenny Knight. I like that. You had to rhyme every now and then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, and I need help. Guest DJs, call me. 893-4161 from Jeff City if you're in Columbia. Down me at 442-0107. You can call toll free at 1-800-289-Y107. I want some some hot guest DJs this evening. We got chances for you to win tonight. All kinds of hot hit music. The top ten most requested songs of the night. Our guest DJ already on the telephone. Yo, baby, what is happening? Yo, baby. Yo, Bo-O-O. bo So the, the demo was, what was the, the main demo? Um, girl, was it, yeah, it was a... Younger girls, or what was the main? Oh yeah, it was female. Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. That was the that was the target demographic right. was uh, was uh, eighteen to twenty four year old females. Okay, okay. you referenced um, uh, Columbia a couple times. That's where University of Missouri is, right? Yeah, Columbia, Missouri. It was like um, maybe a forty minute drive uh, yeah, right. for, from Jeff City. So it was a uh, you know we we would cater to the the to the college crowd as Hyper well. Hyper focus, so, yeah. That's what um, you do, and it was great, man. Because I go to Columbia all the time. Did not want to stay in Jefferson City. <laughs> If I may ask, because you're you're on a show that's appealing to that demo, I mean, and you were single at the time, were you taking uh, liberties? I took advantage, <laughs> but at, the, at this time, I had a girlfriend, oh, and, right. and and but it's important. I'm glad you asked that because hey, hey, she smells like burned rubber. Bands. No, <laughs> <laughs> rubber. Band. 
after that snatchy old snatch. It smells like NASCAR every night. Gotta tell you, unpleasant in every way you can possibly imagine. This is Bell Biv DeVoe. <laughs> We probably would have been playing BBD back then. No, uh, at the time I was dating a girl named Anna. Anna was uh, uh, this awesome gal, Filipino, really fun. She ended up having a radio career too. In fact, she works in radio in uh, Seattle now. Really? Um, yeah. So, but I'm glad you asked about the, the the girlfriend thing because this first phone caller on the phone that I take here is actually Anna, my girlfriend at the time's roommate. That I had called up and said, hey, I need some... Can you do this for me? Oh, in, that happens a in lot. In Top 40 Radio specifically, yeah. you do canned phone calls. You you ask people that you know to pretend to, to react to something or they'll... And then you record if it. If this is tearing your world down, this is this has been a staple for since radio was radio. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So so I'd call her up and say, hey, can you intro this song? And she would record it. And then I would do the phone thing live <laughs> and then I'd hit that we had real to real machine yeah. in the studio and you would hit play when you hey who's this on my phones bang and then you'd hit it <laughs> and then the, the the bit would play so this is it. Hey Kenny we're Jim and this is Mary in Columbia I got the number 10 song Love is a Wonderful Thing by Michael Bolton. Jamming on Y107. We are jamming. Number 10. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Y107 jamming to the top 10 and 9. We're chatting night on the... Let's think of their jamming in there. Do you know who you sound like? Who? Matt Ritter. Matt Ritter? Play that. Can you... Hang on. You just have that tonal quality. Oh, yeah. Y107 jamming to the top 10 and 9. We're chatting night on the Fresh FM. I I know you're talking about. So we got somebody on the phone tonight that's feeling kind of psycho. Hey, say hi. Hello, boy. This is Mother Bates. I was told to call in to be on this show tonight. I'd like to introduce number four. The Shiny Happy People by R.E.M. By the way, that was our assistant program director. (laughs) Was that an ongoing character, Mother Bates? That was Steve the Colonel Austin. Our our assistant program director, Dude, can, can and he, he used he used to, yeah he used to do this this uh, Mrs. Bates uh, Psycho uh, from the movie Psycho okay. uh, impression that I thought was really funny. He used I to crack Mrs. me up. Bates. Oh yeah, he used to say he used to walk you know he he would say it and I would laugh and and uh, and so it was kind of our thing. So I probably said, hey dude, why don't you do why don't we do this? I think this will be yeah. really funny. <laughs> The Shiny Happy People by R.E.M. On this radio station, Y107. Norman, come here, put me by the window, boy. What's up? All hit one. Oh, and so that's it for the for the air check. And then, then you have me doing production. All right. So if you did production, you would add some of this onto your demo as well. Sure, so sure. me doing a promo. <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll we'll stop this madness. And I have some other clips I can play. Okay. All hit Y107. Here's another way. That's Mr. Announcer, Preston Voice. To win That's cash me. from the Fresh FM. Beginning Monday, listen for your chance to play high-low. It's easy to win. Just tell us the exact amount in dollars and cents in the Y107 high-low jackpot, and you win it in cash. Well, you now, know, by the way, Casey and, and everybody here in radio, that was, uh, that was me, you know, slicing and dicing, literally taking mm-hmm. a... Razor blade to a reel, reel tape. You yeah. take the tape off of the blade. You put it on the editing deck. You cut it yeah, with a razor blade. You take it to you had marked it with a what they call a china marker. Yeah, yeah. And then you find another spot, and then you cut that, and then you take two pieces, take a little piece of tape, and you put it on there, and you tape it together. And, and I know it well because so all, sound all, effects, music, all that stuff. You and, did it too. And you had to do you had to jump from deck to deck to add layers yep, on. Yep. And as, every time you did it, you would add hiss. Yeah. And so yes. that's why the processing had to be done in such a way to suppress that hiss. And if you messed up, 
You had to start all over over again. No undo. Nope. No stored in the cloud. Right. That was it. You also, you could either slice right down the middle or you could do like slice it on an angle, right? Like yeah, basically a back slice or a front slice. Right? Yeah, I always did the the, the slice, angle, the, the, yeah. the angle. Yeah, which would make for a cleaner edit. So, uh, so that's my production. But as I seasoned <laughs> and got a little bit less pukey, here's me in St. Louis as Kenny Knight. You want to hear a little bit oh, of this? Yeah. So, so, I just grabbed some random stuff. I just right. grabbed the first air check I saw, popped it in, and and grabbed a couple. These aren't these aren't demo breaks. This is just me less pukey. A little less music, yeah, yeah. so I think so. Here we go. Hello, boy, the planet's hottest music stone, Temple Pilots of the Interstate. Love of the song is 550. You got Ken. So that's me puking all no, over Stone Temple Pilots. Puke, man. All over an alternative rock band. That's right, man. That's right. <laughs> that smells like teen spirit. It that's sure does. Seattle hey, I have a girlfriend that smells like burned rubber. Have I told you about her yet? <laughs> Love of the song is 5.50. You got Kenny Knight and another 30 minutes continuous queue on the way. A party is beginning. It's forming as we speak and it's happening at Baja Beach Club. Miss Kim Furlow is on the scene. What's up, girl? Yeah, it is. It's a party. It's- okay. <laughs> What's up, girl? What's up, girl? <laughs> And was she, was she, uh, was she, so this is at the height, what, what year are we talking about? This would have been 95. Well, we're having a fun time down here. <laughs> Everyone has seen there's a free drink thing going on, and there's all sorts of uh, nachos and various items if you're hungry. Now, to give you some perspective, so that's 95. Uh, a year later, probably less than, this may have been the summer of 95, a year later, I was working at uh, WDRE. Where I had completely changed my tone. It was, it was a complete shift. Yeah. And, and who instigated it? Was that Jim McGuinn? The, Jim McGuinn, the our program, program director, director of WDRE. Right. He was programming a radio station in St. Louis called The Point. Uh, and we knew each other because I was in music programming. I was a music director as well. And so Jim and I got to be acquaintances. We played golf together and yep. stuff like that. We, I, I met, I saw him at, at uh, uh, record industry functions. And um, so we, we got to be friends. And, and then he got the job at DRE. And I guess he heard something in that crack <laughs> that he thought might wow. fit. A good PD has that kind of ear, though. And, right? and so he said, do me a favor. Go into a production studio. Tone it down a bit. Yeah. And give me what you think you would be on an, alter- so stupid. <laughs> on an alternative rock station. And I did. And he liked it. And my life in Philly began. Every Everything wow. everything dramatically shifted. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. You know, and uh, well, that's wild. Hey, let's have another clip from Kenny Knight. <laughs> yeah, here we go. Here. Not as music. It's time to play the dollar bill payoff game. Oh, I'm bringing it down again. Well, there's a little bit of this back load out. Here's a, uh, here, here's a, here's a ballad. Not as music. It's time to play the dollar bill payoff game. If you have a dollar bill that has 104 in order in the serial number, you'd be the 14th color on the queue lines. I'm going to give you $100 in cash. Good luck to you from Q104. Is that Mariah Carey? No, it's Boys Men. Boys Boys Men. Men. These guys are great. (laughs) Um, How would you prove that they had a 104 in their cereal? To redeem their money, they'd have to bring the The the, the bill. It's all about the honor system, buddy. Uh, No, they'd have to bring the bill to the the station (laughs) to redeem that. Hang on, here we go. Hi, Q104. Hi. Hi there. Oh, wait. So you can hear I'm playing this off a reel-to-reel, the phone caller. And at the beginning of it, I had not queued it up well enough. And you heard it go, well, because the the tape has to speed up. If you you would start something in mid-sentence, it would be like, it would be like that. So I didn't queue it up properly, and you can hear that. So listen here. 
Hi, Q104. Hi. Hi there. Right. 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 How are you doing? I'm fabulous. How are you? Good. Isn't it beautiful outside? It's absolutely gorgeous. So why are we working? Uh, because we have to pay bills. Yeah, Too much month at the end of the money. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Too much month at the end of the money. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's crazy. Working, as they say, but right, working harder, hardly working. It's crazy. <laughs> Who am I talking to? This is Peggy. Peggy. Well, first I have to let you know that you are my 14th caller. Ooh. And I need to find out if you have a dollar bill with 104 in order in the serial oh number. God. I have nine of them. You, know, you sound a little bit like intern Ben. Uh, as you can imagine. <laughs> as you can imagine. As you can imagine. As you can imagine. Or uh, is this better. the way you're talking? The banter? The Kenny yeah, banter? The Kenny banter, yes. I was a puker. Yes. What can I tell Even you? Even when you were talking. Hey, <laughs> is this Q104 you said? Yeah. So the, my first job with Bill Weston was at a station called Q104. Q104. Yeah, here's your real number. I have nine of them. <laughs> well, do me a favor. Peggy, pick one and read the uh, the number for me, please. It's A5104-728-0008. Yeah! in cash for you. Oh, there's people in the studio with they you. Just, they would hang around and wait for oh, somebody okay. to win. Cool. And then they'd get really excited. Wait, hold on. Back up a minute. Steve, uh, you worked with Bill Weston before? Yeah, well, actually, Bill... Bill uh, I didn't know that. Actually, it was yeah. technically... Bill was or, Bill was a PD who replaced... Um, the, the, the This is a station in New York in Manhattan, Q104. It's a, it's a really rigid classic rock station. So Bill had come to be the PD. They, a new company had bought out that station... And I had been doing the the morning show there with a uh, woman named Donna Donna, who's uh, amazing. And um, uh, and so the uh, they asked me to come back and try out with this morning show that they had replaced us with that wasn't working. And uh, that's the first time I I met Bill. And so I you know, we, there was oh. I wouldn't say worked, but that was the first time I encountered okay. Bill Weston. Yeah. That was my favorite break so far, just because of the banter and the, the back and forth and you kind of flirting with the listener a little bit. I enjoyed that. Oh, I have more. Okay. All right, here we go. That's great. Now we can take off for the rest of the day. Yes, we can. I'll give you half of it. Oh. <laughs> Are you married? I am, unfortunately. Oh, Sorry. Yeah. A woman that throws money at my feet is exactly what I'm looking for. Uh, well, that's okay. I can dream, Peggy. We have $100 in cash for you. Go out and spend it on yourself, okay? Thank you. No problem. Tell everybody what station in the city sets you up with cash. Q104. Q104. This might sound like a personal question, but what do your privates smell? <laughs> I've had some bad experiences in the past, and I'm just checking, girlfriend. It was around this time I would have been smelling burnt rubber, by the way. Uh, I believe so. All right, we a couple more breaks, and then I have a bonus in here, okay? Oh, boy. All right. That is not radio-related. Here we go. Today's best music, Q104, straight up 4 o'clock. It's getting night. Congratulations, Peggy Lang. Of Winsville, set her up with one hundred dollars in cash. Q one hundred four dollar bill payoff. We've got more dollar bill payoffs to go, so keep it right here. Q one hundred four, I do miss jingles. Jingles were fun because what you would do, you would play, you would play, you'd hear this music bed. Listen, Kenny Knight, congratulations, Peggy. You hear the music underneath, and then when you were done with whatever you're saying, you could punctuate it by hitting. Uh, the jingle and it yeah. bang a Winsville set her up with one hundred dollars in cash. Q one hundred four dollar bill payoff. We've got more dollar bill payoffs to go, so keep it right here. Q one hundred four As you could imagine, it was a big deal if you got a jingle too that sang your, your name. name. It was pretty cool. I did have one. Yeah. Preston, there, there, uh, and I've always admired the the guys, and you're doing a great job. I and mean, this is this is you know I can see where you're we're getting work, but 
um, the the people who do it and do it surgically, you know, or just effortlessly, yeah. are it's it's a it's a talent. I used to nailing the post was kind of my thing. I, yeah, I, yeah. I could do it. I didn't I didn't really think about it. I would just make it happen. Nail the post like I nailed your yeah. girlfriend before. <laughs> <laughs> before it was Q one hundred four. We're looking at it in the studio. A picture of a uh, a promotional picture of me. It was Q one hundred six point five. We switched frequencies at some point. I liked saying Q one hundred six point five. Yeah, better than Q one hundred four because six point five. You could really yeah, hit right. hard. Yeah, right before you'd hit a. Post two one oh six point five and see like there I threw the I threw the emphasis on the yeah. six two one oh six point five now put the Four, emphasis on the six point five you know could so, you have done Q one oh four no point six five I could have like <laughs> shows Q one oh four no point six five all right here's here's my here's my final <laughs> Q break here we go. Today's best music, Q104, with tonight's hottest party, Wednesday night, ladies' night, and confetti. Yours truly hanging with you tonight, the new place. It rages, my friend. Nine to midnight, pick. Rages. <laughs> well, rages. Is the first time, do, is that no, the first I, time I, rage I, was, I, I, right. was? I would use rage regularly. Wait a second. Rages. Remember that. Yeah. Yours truly hanging with you tonight, the new place. It rages, my friend. Nine to midnight, page and shoes. Make sure you join me. I got my new Kenny 90s. I'm going to give it away, too. Kenny 90s. The Kenny 90s. Actually, the that's, 90s. A, that's a great promotional idea. It was a, it was a long, it was a night shirt. <laughs> And it had me. It was my face on a, uh, oh on like God. a like a, a crescent moon. With you a, still with have the, any with the starry sky? Rochelle might have a Kenny Knighty somewhere. Yeah, she might have one somewhere. Did you uh, do you intro the hoodie there, or you just I let it go I into the hoodie? Let me say, Chris Hootie and Blowfish from Crash Review. It's only want to be with you on Q104. Nailed it. God, you're good at the post. You are good. <laughs> Nailed it. Uh, and I remember, and the nightclub I mentioned in there, Confetti, I remember that place, Total Meat Market. Yeah, yeah. And it had been, oh, oh God, it had been named like three other, it had gone through different, it was a Brio right. at one point, and it was Confetti, and it was Senior Frogs. And, 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 and it was you know, a double deuce, right? It was kind of like <laughs> yeah. the double deuce of your time, but, oh, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> I used to do those late night till close appearances all the time. Well, you you know, you're, you're obviously good at this, you know, at this aspect. I'm sure you're uh, happy to be free of that kind of delivery. Now, before we're doing my radio history here, before I was Kenny Knight, my very first job was in the middle of nowhere at a station called KSMO, Salem, Missouri. That's what SMO stood for, Salem, Missouri. It was uh, uh, AM 1340, I think, or 1380. I can't remember. One, one step above a walkie-talkie, but it's probably super powerful, right? <laughs> well, the uh, I think it was a 1,000-watt AM station. Okay. It was tiny. Uh, and and the, the town was, I mean, r- as rural as you could get. To, I just wanted to work. Yeah, yeah. And it was the right decision because right. I landed here eventually, so I made the right choice along the way. But at this radio station... I did everything from school lunches to the ag reports, the agriculture reports. Do you have any recordings of you doing the school lunch? Fishing reports, the uh, um, uh, the uh, funeral announcements. Uh, wow. No, I don't have that, Steve, but I do have a show that we did called Open Market. Oh, oh. Open Market is what would be known as a swap shop. Swap oh, shop yeah. or tradeo or any of those. Yeah, they're, so they're all standards. People call in, they got something to sell, yeah. and uh, or they're looking to buy something, and you facilitate that. Now, the funny part about this is this sounds more like me now <laughs> than it does when I went into Kenny Knight. All right, interesting. Um, Are you, what's your name in this? Uh, Preston. Okay. Yeah, I was using my real name at that time. I don't like that name. And <laughs> uh, We need to teach that something else. Something more How about Preston Knight? 
so, and what's funny, and as we were talking earlier, we did a segment on uh, antiquated uh, hacks, and we were talking about old phone numbers and things like that. You will hear us using just the last four digits of the phone number wow. because the town was so small. Right. Not only did you not need to use the area code, you didn't even need to use the prefix. Did you recognize callers? Yeah. Uh, hey, Lou, is this you? Yeah. Oh, I could tell you their names. There was Ruby. <laughs> it was a regular one. There was, uh, an, she was an old lady who would call up. She was great. Uh, there was Hazel. Uh, there was also uh, a guy named Al who would call in all the time. Now, I don't think I have it. I just took, I just grabbed the beginning of this tape. Right. But I, I'm sure I had the whole hour of this show somewhere. All right. Uh, but I just I grabbed like three minutes. I'll play a little bit of it for you because it's the audio is terrible, terrible, terrible. But just to give you an idea, here we go. Thank you very much. Prices on those, please. I, we got it. We got it. Okay, thank you. That's good. It's 10 to $15 on the quilt tops, $2 a bale for the hay. <laughs> hey, you're selling hay. Selling hay. <laughs> Who's telling? Who's demanding that you give the prices? What jerk is that? And this is um, uh, my, my my partner in crime was a guy named Les. Prices. Uh, Les was super nice guy. His actual real name was Les Dunn. Les. And Dunn. I used to say, "Coming up next, more music and Les Dunn." <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Les is a super nice guy, and uh, and we stay in touch on uh, you know every several years. But hey, prices—that was his thing. Uh, hey, prices. Yeah. No, not his. But here, the air mattress was twenty dollars. <laughs> Twenty or twenty-five. But, uh, yeah, folks, we need prices with it. Make sure you remember to do that. We know some people have a hard time remembering, but hey, make an exception. We'll have to remind them then. And the caller number seven there had to quilt tops, ten to fifteen dollars on those. Les's job was to repeat everything I said. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're just a leech. People use more like a bed more than an actual on the water. And they want twenty dollars for that. Six eight six five. If you're interested, and so he said six, six eight, eight six, six five. five. That's it. Wow. That's the phone number. Les, I'm the star. <laughs> Remember that. I'm the star. And the friend has bales of hay at two dollars a bale. Two three nine six seven two nine. Les, goddamn it! I just said that. I just said that. You're ruining it. That was his job. You're ruining it, man. You're bringing me down. You're dead weight. He's like trying to sell this goddamn air mattress. All right, here's me giving information on a yard sale. Number seven. Yard sale, uh, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. <clears throat> I guess that would be going on today. Yes, it's Wednesday. At 708 <laughs> North Oak, little of everything all this week, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Uh, that'll be Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday. So uh, take your pick. <laughs> And just uh, stop on by. For sale. I don't know. Preston, I'm interested in those paper plates. How much are they going for again? <laughs> you sound paper plates. You sound at the same time defeated and amused. Yeah, You're like, yeah, yeah. All right. This I know. is my job. I know. If this is, uh, is hey. something you want to go out to, by all means. Or no. you can just sit at home and hang yourself. Hey, <laughs> make no bones about it. I was excited to be where I was. Sure. I was on the radio. That was my goal, and I actually was really excited to be there. So, hang on. Full frost-free refrigerator, clean and in perfect working order. $165. Call 729-4023. Kay Hutchins has that. Let's take a look at the area radar forecast this afternoon. Mostly area radar forecast. What was the area radar? Oh, I just ripped it off of the, you know, the, the AP wire that came across. Sunny warmer with a high in the low to mid 60s. Sounds good to me tonight. Increasing cloudiness. Low in the mid 40s. Oh, thank you. And Thursday, partly cloudy. Oh, my boss came in and handed me my paycheck. I say something about that. Hey, 30% chance of showers high in the mid 60s. Currently 55. I just got my paycheck. What is this? Thank you, sir. What is this? It's a paycheck. What's it look like? 
<laughs> okay, I'll take it. He's like, oh, God damn it. We'll take, we will take a phone call, though. Good afternoon. Here's a caller. Uh, yes, I have a good dough for sale. Town and country. It's like new. I'll take $100 for best offer. I'll take $100 for best offer. Oh, my God. Yeah, I called earlier about the paper plates. <laughs> <laughs> Seven five nine four. Right. Okay. Thank, Thank you very you. much. Seven five nine four. That's all you needed. Four digits. Yeah, I have a slightly distressed toothbrush for sale. <laughs> ah, caller number eight has a cook stove. That says it's a town and country type. I want one hundred dollars for best offer on that. And you can call seven two nine seven five nine four seven five ninety four. Yeah, I have a wood blocker. Thanks for Steve Mill, fifteen dollars for pickup load in Salem. Okay, oh all right. Anyhow, so that's yeah, that's that's what I used to do. <laughs> that's a standard. You, I don't do the. Is there a lot of? I don't think there's oh, a don't lot. Think there's any this, of with them the, left with the, with the you internet. Don't need to do that. You don't. You just no. hop on and do or any uh, countless I, amount of apps that provide the same service. To be honest, I'm glad I did every one of those things. And I'll tell you why. Because here I am, a noob who's never been on the radio before, right. and instead of like it is. Nowadays, radio-wise, where you pop on, you do your you do your fifteen seconds, and you get off. I was doing long-form talk yeah. stuff to start with, yeah, and it led it was good training for what we do now. Uh, but now you have podcasting stuff like that, and you can learn at home on a microphone how to how to have a lengthy conversation. It takes a long time to figure out how to do it. Now you you're know? reading emails from people selling paper plates, right? <laughs> exactly. All right. So that's where it began. that was. That was pretty interesting. You I were have there, to say you wanted to be opening for uh, Sammy Hagar as in the image, right? Well, and while I was digging around these tapes, I found an old cassette of the image, my old band. Wow! Uh, in a in a club, what a treasure trove of stuff you found in a club playing somewhere. And uh, I'll play just a little bit for the the audio is terrible, you know, right. like that last uh, piece of audio. But I used to have this Panasonic boombox. That's how I'd record it. I'd oh, yeah. set it up where, where our mixing board was, and I'd put the cassette in, and I'd hit record and play. I hit two buttons <laughs> in order to record. Of course. But it record and play, and I would roll. So, and, and before we play, uh, I decided to uh, to state the date at the beginning of this. So I have me actually speaking before we play, right. and you get to hear a little bit of Danny. Whoop, Danny. Would you give the date to the audience before every concert? <laughs> no. Okay. So anyhow, and I don't even give the year, so I don't know what year this was, but uh, this is a little bit of the image. Here we go. Anyway, what's the date today? Anybody know? Fourth, twenty fourth of March. We're here at Impresarios One in San. My voice is roached. Dan's voice is roached. Um, I'm going to try and play this first song, Middleman. Crank up the Beethoven. I'm going to try and play this song. So I must have been hammered. You're sounding like this. You're sounding like this level. That's the latest news. Yes. Let's yeah, get yeah, on yeah. to the latest It was around rock. that. Yeah. It was probably around that. And we were probably pretty lit. It was probably like the third set. And that's why I'm saying I'm going to try and play this song. Uh, and then you hear the Beethoven. Oh, yeah. That's what we would play before we'd start our set. Oh, okay. Uh, on, the, on the PA. Here's your thing. Uh, so I have a little bit of, of Middleman, which let's is an awesome song from uh, uh, Living Color. Uh, so let's hear a little bit of Eric.
I don't know, maybe you know, a couple hundred people, something okay. like that. that. Not there weren't a couple hundred people there. It could fit a couple hundred people. <laughs> There's probably 20 people there. Okay. Uh, a, uh, but, uh, once I place a hole last night, a 500 capacity. Right, exactly. Uh, Dan was a really good singer. This doesn't... Uh, was this... he attractive? No. Okay. He Did... wasn't He wasn't ugly, uh, but he, he wasn't... Uh, that was his thing. We the... were all kind of average looking, except for Gary. We're looking at a picture. Gary on the far right was our good looking With guy. With the hat on? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and we're then not the attractive. guy next to him, Greg, he got, he got laid like crazy in the band. Uh, but hang on a second. I'll play a song you guys might recognize. So, and I'll play a little bit more, then we'll, then we'll wrap it up. So, this is, I think we're playing a poison song here. Uh, you got to go up one. Uh, oh. oh yeah, okay. at the top there, right at the top of the list of the music, of the hits, of the sounds, of the guy, of the goo. All right, here we go. <laughs> Fallen Angel from Poison. Oh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, that was... Uh, um, you guys <laughs> You're welcome. You guys are pretty tight. I Absolutely. We were pretty good. Yeah. We're, we, we, dude, we gigged a lot. We played two, three times a week. It was... Uh, we, were, we were pretty steady. Do you have any originals? Uh, one or two. Okay. Uh, we did. It wasn't something that we were any good at. It's Hello. hard, man. Original music is difficult. It's... it's for those who can do it are really talented, especially if you write songs that connect. It's, in, it's amazing um, uh, how talented some people are in music writing. Which is a whole other ball of wax. Yeah, so. but you may not even know their, yeah. you know, their, their, their actual bands or their musical careers, but their songwriting is, yep. is obviously key. Mm. All right. Well, Preston, I um, wanted to let you know that uh, when we come out of the next break, we have a little surprise for you. We're going to let you um, intro the next song. Shut up. Coming out of the stop set. No, yep. we're not going. Yep. Is it Hootie? Yes. No, 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 no. It's a surprise for everybody. Ah. Okay. Uh, all right. Yeah. Okay. Let's do right. it. So here's what we're going to do. <laughs> Uh, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back in about five minutes. <laughs> 93.3 WMR. It's everything that rocks. Don't you know, baby? <laughs> Call us on the phone. <laughs> we'll come back in a moment. <laughs> Love MMR? Buy some gear. Check out the rock shop at WMMR.com. Snazzy. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Bizarre. WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre. This has happened again. Police say they're trying to identify the man who jumped into the aquarium at Bass Pro Shops on Thursday and took a swim before climbing out and running out of the store. Man, everyone's doing it. I'm wondering if I'm missing out on something. I want to see a nationwide campaign of people jumping <laughs> into the Bass Pro Shop Aquarium. <laughs> A complaint was filed Friday morning after the business determined that there would be costs associated with emptying and cleaning the 13,000-gallon aquarium, which features a species of fish local to the region. And you throw off the uh, the water, 
yeah, composition. It's, you're, you're screwing things up when you do that. Uh, the video showed the man swimming in the tank, climbing out of it, and then running out of the store. I'm looking at video of it right now. Yeah, that's... <laughs> I didn't see that. What an idiot. Okay. Police say that they have a couple of leads, and they are working on it. But uh, if anybody knows this man or where he might be... You are urged to call the Bossier City Police. <laughs> you know he bragged to someone about doing that. Oh, of course yeah. he did. Absolutely. So somebody's got a somebody's got a snitch on this guy. Yeah. <laughs> For the fish. Three teenagers were walking along a railroad bridge. This is a, this is a terrible story, but pretty wild in uh, the people who did survive. Uh, a train came. They were walking along a railroad bridge. A train came, causing all three of them to instantly react. One of them hung over the side of the bridge. One laid underneath the train as it oh, went by. Man. And unfortunately, a 15-year-old girl was hit and lost her life. Jesus. But the other two survived. survived. It happened Wednesday in South Fayette, Allegheny County. Uh, the <clears throat> the teens were walking on the railroad bridge when a westbound train came along. The 15-year-old girl was hit and killed. A 17-year-old girl reportedly jumped out of the way and then hung on to the side of the bridge. Uh, she was pulled to safety by a nearby construction worker who was doing some paving work. Uh, the girl was hospitalized with a leg injury, and police said the third teen who was on the bridge just simply laid down on the tracks. The train rolled over her. Remarkably, she survived. Oh, my God. No injuries, no nothing. Nothing. Passed right over. Mm. That might be my thing to do. I wonder what the clearance is on your average I would, railroad. I would never have the, the balls to. I would jump off the bridge no yeah. matter how high as opposed to laying down. Mm. Thinking that the train would run over me without hitting me, I couldn't. Uh, there was no way I'd be able to do that. What's the clearance of an average? Don't know. Train? Yeah, I have no idea. We but need to I find s- out in case we're run over by a train. If yeah. I saw it coming, I don't think I would have the ability to lay myself down on the track. Would you stand your ground? No, I jump off the freaking <laughs> the, the 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 bridge. <laughs> yeah, and probably yeah. die. A pooping jogger has been caught in the act while he was captured on security camera out back of another man's shop and then forced to clean up his own mess. That's only right. A video mounted on a wall outside the back of the shop shows a gray dumpster uh, behind the shop and a small gap between a brick wall. And the video shows a man hide between the dumpster and the wall. And then the back door of the shop swings open. A man comes up realizing he has swung the door onto someone. Uh, before he heard him cry out. And when he sees the man there, he yells at him and tells him to clean up his crap, <laughs> which he did. Good. <clears throat> the offender was u- forced to use his bare hands to clean it up uh. and then carry it off with him across the road. Now eat it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Eat it. Now eat it. Excuse me? Eat it. I said eat it. I'm calling the cops. Yeah. All right. All right. Let's right. eat it. Uh, here's a story out of Buffalo, New York. And this is a story of a state Supreme Court justice. A guy named Mark Grisanti and his wife are under police investigation for allegedly assaulting their neighbors during a fight on their street Monday. The fight, which appears to have erupted over after a dispute over a parking spot in front of the Grisanti home, was caught on a surveillance camera mounted on the neighbor's home. The footage shows Grisanti and his wife, Maria, Walk onto the driveway of Gina Mele and her husband. The Meles live across the street. Pushing and shoving ensues before punches are thrown and a string of expletives are unleashed by both parties. Uh, Mele said they started swearing, move this effing truck. Mark and Maria came over. She's talking about the judge and his right. wife. 
came over onto our property in our driveway. My husband came down from the porch. Maria physically pushed my husband. She punched my husband in the face. I came off the porch. I told her not to touch my husband, and then she bit my husband's arm Ow! and would not release. Oh, man. Melee was left a large bruise on her left forearm where she said Maria grabbed her. Melee's husband, Joseph, who was hospitalized after the fight, had a black eye and bite marks on his arm, which he said were also from Maria Gazanti. Have they had encounters before? They have. At one point in the video, Maria can be seen putting uh, being put in a Buffalo police cruiser in handcuffs. Mark Grisanti, the judge, uh, who engaged in a struggle with Joseph Melee, is shirtless and shouting in front of his house. Melee said Mark Grisanti was also placed in a police cruiser, and he said they were very intoxicated. Uh, Mark was trying to fight with my husband, Melee said, swinging at my husband. My husband just kind of held him down, did not hit him at all, and told him to just stop it. Uh, the confrontation with members of the, uh, with the, I'm sorry, there have been run-ins before uh, with the judge and his wife. In 2012, there was a uh, scuffle at a casino in Niagara Falls in which he said that he and his wife were attacked and beaten during a confrontation with members of the Seneca Nation of Indians. Jeez. Uh, Melee said that she and her husband have had disputes with the Grisanti stretching back years. She said Grisanti has at times tried to use his political positions to threaten her and her husband and did so again on Monday. So this is a supreme <laughs> state Supreme Court justice. You should feel confident with his decision. Shirtless and yeah. fighting. I'm going to kill you. All right, one last story. Uh, a man is accused of starting several fires and shooting at deputies during a standoff. The sheriff's office said the standoff lasted more than seven hours. Investigators said they first responded to the home after... Uh, Dwayne Bauman's family reported that he was acting strangely with a gun. So he set fire to a home, two vehicles, a barn, and almost a 100 hay bales. A friend of Bauman said that Bauman was upset over a hog confinement project in the area. Uh, okay, now I understand why he would be driven to do all that because of a hog confinement project. Uh, Tommy Hexter, the suspect's friend, said he has a message to tell the entire world. Let the hogs go. He was willing to burn down his whole house, risk his life, fight the police to free this land from industrial agriculture. <laughs> That seems to be counterintuitive. Authorities took Bauman into custody Wednesday night. He is charged with three counts of second-degree arson and intimidation with a dangerous weapon. Fortunately, no one was hurt in the incident. You wonder at what point the f- switch gets oh. flicked where he's deciding, okay, I need to do this. Nick, pull that. Pull that. Uh, you need to see the mugshot, Steve. You need to go over where Nick is and see the mugshot oh of this guy. That's, that's oh the guy. God. Is that blood? I don't know what he painted himself with, but he's got... Some sort of... No, I don't think it's blood, Casey. He, oh he has bizarre paint all over his body. Well, I would say there's some other issues going on there. Yes. Other than just the hog confinement. Just the hog confinement project. Yeah. All right, and that's what I have in the Bizarre File for you this morning. Because we'll be back in just a sec. Stay there. It wouldn't be the end of the year without a year-end countdown. It says so here in the Radio for Dummies handbook. And who's WMMR to buck tradition? Announcing the top 25 songs of 2020. Go to WMMR.com and vote for your favorite rock songs from this past year, like new music from Foo Fighters, ACDC, and newer bands like Dirty Honey. 
We'll tally up your votes and count them down New Year's Eve at 7 with an encore New Year's Day at 3 p.m. MMR's Top 25 of 2020 Countdown from the station that can totally handle counting backwards. We think 93.3 WMMR, everything that rocks. The trash business is a gold mine. 93.3 WMMR with Brendan Steve's Hollywood Trash. All right, Steve, what do we got story-wise today? Well, Brian Austin Green posting a cryptic message on Instagram saying that even butterflies can get bored sitting on the prettiest flower. Many assume the message was about his troubled marriage to Megan Fox because he then added, especially if that flower is a miserable bitch who's banging Machine Gun Kelly. Mm. Oh, my God. Tara Reid is reportedly being considered for the role of Tiger King's Carol Baskin. I have to admit, I have some strong fears this could really hurt my image, said Carol Baskin. Hey! And finally, the Hollywood Reporter revealing that Justin Bieber wrote the sweetest note for his wife, Haley, to wake up to on Saturday morning, saying how much it meant to him to spoon with her. He says he wanted to tell her that to explain why her butt was wet. No. <laughs> It is time to take a stroll on the grounds of the Just Saying Institute Ah. uh, because I have various stories uh, from that establishment uh, that need to be passed along to you. It's a magnificent establishment. If you ever get a chance to walk around the grounds, the monorail has been uh, decommissioned for a while Uh because of track repairs. But for the most part, it's an incredible (laughs) facility. It's A lot of people have likened it to Epcot. This time of year is just gorgeous. Uh, Boston University scientists built a scanner that can detect someone's biological age by examining the lens of their eye. Now, chronological age is how long you've been alive, while biological age is based on the aging of your actual cells, which can vary due to many life's factors, not just how many years you've actually lived. So, if you were to guess... At your biological age, what do you guys think? Do you think it would come in younger than you actually are now or older than you actually are now? I think it'd be spot on. Yeah? I think, yeah, I I probably feel a little younger than 44, but I'm all right with that. Okay. Definitely younger. Definitely younger. (laughs) All right. I'm thinking younger. At least I feel I've done everything for for a long time to... Keep healthy, but um, it's not hard to assume I'm younger when I'm a thousand years old. Mm. I'd probably be around in the ballpark, I think, of my chronological age. Yeah. I think biologically, I'm probably around 173 years old. Biologically? <laughs> yeah. The lens of the eye contains proteins that accumulate aging related changes throughout your life, and these proteins. <laughs> Uh, provide a permanent record of each other's person's of each person's life history of aging. I would never, you know, this kind of, this is the kind of stuff. I'm like, I, I don't need to know that. You know, I don't need. <laughs> hey, we can tell how long we assume you're going to live. I don't need to know that. No. I'm going to try my best to live as long as I can, and I'll, you know, I'll play the odds. If there's a way that you can sort of maybe reverse it, tailor things, yeah. and they can help you with that. Sure, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But then you see people who are chain smokers who, who uh, yeah. you know, uh, do all the wrong stuff and live to 120. Yeah, a friend of mine's dad's a doctor, and he's always said, L- listen, some of it, some of it is, yeah. is a crapshoot. Yeah. It really is. You can, you can do the most healthy things for your body and still something physically can... He choked to death on a matchbox car. Well, I mean, I'm not talking about uh, an yeah. accident. I'm right, talking yeah. about physically something right. goes wrong. You crap get some shoot. sort of cancer. You get some sort of... A disease you've never heard of yes. or, or something that's within your body. Fufferman's or disease. Or there are people that 
party their asses off, don't take care of themselves, overweight, and they live to be 102. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and I hate those people. I know, I know. So They've enjoyed life every second of us. So your best bet, though, <laughs> is to take care of yourself. Right. Uh, Suffer. In, in case you're not one of those people. Eat salad <clears throat> but they no dressing. <laughs> and suffer. <laughs> right, like Bubba? Yeah. Exactly. Uh, do you still uh, you still give uh, your husband a hard time about what he eats? Uh, hey, how's, oh. your, how's your grass over there? <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, because he yeah. grazes out in the backyard. Uh-huh. No, I mean, <laughs> listen, it's been so long at this yeah. point. I mean, but think of all you saved on mowing, yeah. you know, because he's out there. It's awesome. Uh, so they said that... Um, there, in a statement, our eye scanner can decode this recording of how a person is aging on the molecular level. It's the first non-invasive method for tracking biological age, and researchers say it's important as knowing biological age can help improve medical care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm looking for the eye scanner that can re- that can see the last few things you saw, Preston. The last few, like oh, in science yeah, yeah, fiction, yeah. right? Yes, uh-huh. totally. That would be cool. I think Black Mirror has right, an episode right. that's like that, and they can scroll through. Now, give me that eye scan. All right, this one's weird. I got this from the Just Saying Institute as well. The Just Saying Institute. Uh, women, listen how weird this is. Women exposed to common chemicals in food packaging, cookware, and industrial foams, meaning, okay, so the cookware, like nonstick pans, yes. experience menopause two years earlier. Than they otherwise would. If you so, use nonstick pans, yes. So nonstick pans will make you start getting the uh, effects of menopause sooner. Wow! Yeah, yeah, yeah. So U.S. researchers so, found these items contain high levels of chemicals referred to as PFAS. But then you'll also starve to death because you can't get the muffins out of the tin. Uh, which are used as oil and water repellents and coatings for consumer products. Oh. The chemicals have been found to disrupt the endocrine system, the hormone-producing collection of glands that regulate sexual function. Uh, the data I went to menopause when I was 26. The data shows women with high PFAS uh, levels in their blood samples reach menopause two years earlier than those with lower levels. I'm alarmed by your prefer level. <laughs> earlier menopause has been linked with increased overall mortality, cardiovascular disease, cardiovascular death, low bone mineral uh-huh. density, and Peach. osteoporosis. I mean, such a common thing. Yeah. Nonstick stuff. Do you remember I, I, some of these weird things that people attribute to, uh, you know, food and like so on. Like fluoride and toothpaste? Well, I remember years ago hearing someone saying that the reason that women have bigger breasts now is because of the butter. Yes! They you act, remember hearing there that? Were a few, there were a few studies. It would be, What it had to do with, I think, was the hormones that are put into, into the cattle growth hormones and the way it affects... Early onset puberty for women and that whole thing. So it's okay. not just butter; it's all dairy. It, 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 yeah, basically. Okay. I remember, Ending up with the butter. I remember butter being singled out, and I remember was it they they blossomed earlier or they, they were just blossomed bigger? earlier and got bigger. They were bigger. Mm. Okay. Butter for bigger boobs. So, three Bs with um the three B <laughs> triple B butter. Yeah, BFBB with the um. Uh, menopause, what's the average age around where it starts? Good question. Well, it used to be, like, they, they used to say in your 50s. Like, yeah. when, when you hit 50, that's when you were going to. But, I mean, I think a lot of people go earlier, and then there are people that can go much later, too. So, menopause is essentially, you stop having a period, you stop producing eggs, right? That's essentially what menopause is. You become the devil for about a year. 
So you turned well, you, you evil for a little while? Um, I mean, listen, in my experience, yes. You don't um, stop producing eggs. You have all the eggs that you are born with, That so you run out of eggs. Okay, well, that's what I mean. You're, yeah, you're yeah. done. Yes. Okay, so uh, menopause can happen if... Something oh in your forties fifties but the average age is fifty one huh. in the United States okay all right now if you've had a hysterectomy you can still go through menopause you know what case I believe that you can okay. or 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 maybe you go through, phantom menopause no but maybe you go through it when you had because I have a, a, a cousin of mine she's very young and she had to have one and I remember when she went through it, and I think they told her either she would go through it like now when when they were prepping her, or right. uh, still at the same time, maybe in the fifties or whatever. But she was still supposedly going to get it or go through it. But the standard um, symptoms or the standard uh, things that you would commonly suffer are the hot flashes, right, and moodiness, all of that stuff. Yeah, oh, yeah, like yeah. Hot, yeah. Oh, the hot flashes are. Right. Yeah, I have a, a couple of friends that like. You know, I'm sitting there. I was talking to one of them, and she was like. I, I just can't take this. She's like, look at me. I'm sweating for no reason. I'm just standing here. And yeah. I was like, okay. It's got to suck. Yeah. All right. Here's a couple of things that are pulled up. Nick uh, found this. It says, uh, if a hysterectomy leaves one or both of your ovaries intact, there's a chance that you'll experience the menopause within five years of having the operation. Okay. Although your hormone levels decrease after the, they call it the menopause. They also say that you're more likely to um, erupt into spontaneous Charlestons. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, that yeah, would be which like, is weird. That'd be like is a highlight. Really dense, dense. <laughs> it says your ovaries continue producing testosterone for up to 20 years. Okay. Interesting. But isn't a hysterectomy, you don't have, you don't, aren't they removed? Aren't they gone? I don't know. Wow, we are so <laughs> massively <laughs> medically literate. Yeah. Uh, we know the part crashing. about the Charleston. Yeah, yeah. Right. I noticed that my wife doesn't have a penis and there's a hole down there. I'm so, yeah. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. All right. So I'm pretty good on this stuff. So a hysterectomy can uh, mean a variety of things, but it can, uh, and by the way, I had to look this up. Uh, uh, you didn't just know this. <laughs> no. Smarty pants. Uh, removal of your uterus, cervix, fallopian tubes, ovaries, and the top portion of your vagina. Right. Okay. So the, and there, there, there are, are medical. Total, I'm sorry, Steve. There med- are total ones and, and partial ones. Right. And medical reasons for, for early, uh, for, for all of those, uh, all yeah. those different things. Well, we what talked is- about Angelina Jolie earlier, and yeah. she had a uh, preventative partial hysterectomy. She right. also have a, had a double mastectomy for preventative reasons. She did not have ovarian cancer, nor did she have breast cancer. But and I had, understand that. Yeah, she I, had, Absolutely. When you said she had an 87% risk of having yeah. it. There's also yeah. one called a radical hystero- uh, hysterectomy. Radical. That's rad, man. And then a totally tubular one as well. Right. <laughs> fallopian totally tubular. tubular. <laughs> fallopian tubular. Uh, do you want to talk to a pharmacist? Sure. Okay. <laughs> ask, them if, ask them if they sell Whitman samplers. I'll go to Seth. Hi, Seth. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, when they do a total abdominal hysterectomy, that's when they definitely remove the, uh, the ovaries. Whenever the ovaries are taken out, that's when... Uh, you surgically go through menopause. All right. Surgically go through menopause. Okay. Yep. And that's when the ovaries are officially removed. Okay. Excellent. Yep. You can also, yep, there's also, there's also reasons for getting uh, anti-hormones. Say, for example, you've got a cancer that's hormone positive. You want to stop the hormones. That'll also put you through menopause effectively. Okay. Yeah. Hormones, the introduction of hormones into the body and, and, you know, like for the, while there was androgel and all that stuff, it can throw you, Dr. Mike freaks out when he hears about you know, hormone replacements and all of this sort of stuff. It's a slippery slope. Yeah. You know. All right. Thank you, Seth. Appreciate it, man. Sure. 
I've also got Mary, who is a nurse and can explain some things to us. Hi, Mary. Hello, how are you this morning? Good. So, so it sounds like he answered part of it, but yes, you can have a hysterectomy where just the uterus was removed and then your ovaries are intact, or there are times where they medically want to remove everything. Okay. And if they remove everything, you are going to go into menopause. And I know somebody, she had that hysterectomy young, and I just heard you say Dr. Mike doesn't like hormones, but if you are going to go through menopause too young, too rapidly, that is not good for your health system either. Right, right. She did have a hormone patch for a certain number of years until she would have been more age-appropriate to go Sure. I'm, I'm sure there's, 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 you know, appropriate and proper applications for that. But, wow. Right. Yeah, so I think, and I guess that's that's part of the deal. It's 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 really, yeah. it, there's there's so much to that that world. <laughs> Guys, right. we, are, we are. And the one thing that, that um, the radio announcer didn't mention is that I didn't find out until I hit 50. There is perimenopause. So you're not just dumping in a Yes, P-E-R-I. Okay. So it's the whole phase around menopause where your hormones just go wacky. So unfortunately, in some people, it can last up to 10 years. 10 years of menopause? That's, Kathy, that's what you're of talking about. Perimenopause where your cycle, you know, can't decide if you're going to have a period every month. So you might go, you might go months without one, and then one just shows up. You might go you a year without one. Poor human beings. <laughs> I know. I say, God, we got everything terrible. Uh, I mean, our, our stuff is relatively easy to operate. You know, yeah. we don't even get an owner's manual. No, but uh, I mean, sometimes it has a mind of its own. But yeah. you know, yeah. let me ask you. I wonder how. What is? Do we have? Is there a record for the 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 oldest menstruating woman? Woman? There's got to yeah. be. Oh. Well, I definitely have heard the oldest. People to give birth. Yeah, and you assume that one one is they they would go hand in hand, right? Right. Well, except that most people aren't trying to get pregnant when they're in their or (laughs) sixties. I I, I remember there was I think a woman was sixty six. Yep, you got her. Yes, there was there was one time that was really old and it was a surrogate, so it wasn't. It was not her own. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, thank you for your call. We appreciate it, Mary. Okay. Uh, Yeah, Maria del Carmen Busada de Lara. That's a long name. It sure is. Is the oldest verified mother. She was 66 uh, and 358 days. So she was, wait. Almost 67. Almost 67, yeah. Uh, when she gave birth to twins, she was 130 days older than Adriana Ilisu, or Lisieu, uh, who gave birth in 2005 to a baby girl. In both cases, children were conceived through IVF mm-hmm. with donor eggs. But okay, so it wasn't their own. Oh, egg. all right. So how was what was the oldest? That's giving birth. So natural, unassisted birth. I don't know. There's a 74 year old woman who may be. It's I guess it's in question. Nick found this uh, story. There's a lot of doctors who won't do that. Who won't do IVF if they're at a yeah. certain age, just because. It's then the ch- well, and the ch- the child's not going to have a parent after yeah. you know True. so many years. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, so anyhow, if you use non-stick pans, you might go into menopause early. That's what we've done. The hell? Wow. Just saying this. Come on! Because of PFAS, or whatever those things are called. Uh, here is a study. Data from Norway for, uh, finds that women and men still choose partners as they used to. Norwegian University researchers recently surveyed adults across the world and found that women seem to care more about security in relationships while good looks matter more to men, and that women often prefer men older than themselves, while men often prefer younger women. We're so superficial. We are. 
Uh, when scientists compared this to old data, they found they got similar answers in the late 1980s, despite the major social changes that have occurred since then. So here's some questions. Yeah. What do gay men routinely prefer? Good question. What do or gay women, women routinely prefer? Um, Would those same things hold true? That's very interesting. Uh, I do not know. What do... And obviously all the, the various other... I mean, so so let's take the, the, the more obvious. So, yeah, I wonder if that would... If, if a gay man would look for security... Versus looks. Or is it the other way around? They still are, you know... Like uh, heterosexual men who are looking That's for a head scratcher. attractiveness yeah. uh, to be one of the key factors. Listen, it all depends on who you are. But I yeah. guess there are uh, the studies that lean a little bit towards one direction. Do you find, Kathy, that most women or that women you've encountered, and you do extensive surveys in this field, right. um, <laughs> would that, that most women on the on average would prefer a, an, a, an older man, a more secure man? Mm, no, I don't know that Not I would necessarily older. make that statement. I'm saying yeah. reasonable, like 30 to 40 years old. <laughs> no, but like, I mean, I I do know people that, f- I mean, forever have dated older men. It was right. just what they did. I mean, yeah. since we were young, since we were in college. Kath, you are probably closest in age to your spouse, right? Uh, you and I'm Bub- really young. <laughs> <laughs> so is he. Well, are, were you guys, did you guys graduate the same year? Or is he? A, no, he's no. a year older than yeah, you. Yeah, year okay. old. Okay, okay, that's close. How you and Rochelle? How how far apart? Five years. Uh, Claire mm. and I six. Okay. Nick, I'm the I'm probably the most. Uh, eleven. Ten? Okay, no kidding. Right? Yeah, yeah. She's ten years younger than you. Yeah, but you know it's funny because my wife was older than me, so um, I, mm. I don't really have a preference, uh-huh. you know. And 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 we started dating uh, in our twenties. My wife and I did ex wife and and uh, my girlfriend and I. <laughs> a for us. I mean, you know, it's trite and, and commonplace to say, but age really doesn't matter. It never comes up. The largest spread that I had was 20 years at one point. Older or younger? She was older. She was older, yeah. Okay, yeah. Casey, what's, uh, what's the age? One year, just over just a year. year. Okay, yep. so you guys are right in the ballpark. Uh, the data also showed that friendliness and intelligence were considered the most attractive qualities. What about far. cleanliness? Um, it doesn't <laughs> indicate that, no. no. See? Uh, partners by both men and women. Uh, the lead professor said evolutionary psychology's classic studies of gender differences and partner preferences have shown themselves to be robust over time and place. Here's a new term that I'd never heard. Uh, as a gay man, he says, I say, I'll say we prefer a young, hung stud over a wrinkly winky any <laughs> any day. So a young, hung, hung, young, young hung, hung stud, stud over, over a wrinkly winky. Yeah. Wrinkly winky. That's from uh, right. Dan in Norristown. All right. Thanks, Dan. Wrink, wrinkly winky. Now, That's if one of our lesbian saying. listeners could call in with a take on that or <laughs> t- check in, because I'm just curious. I wonder how those things break down. Well, obviously, all these things are always sort of oh yeah general. Yeah, yeah. You know? That's the thing. Because you may look for someone who's more masculine, more feminine, it, you know, but... but Prefer a certain sex, and you know it's it's all a uh, it's a whole big stew. Yeah, and, and always think outside the box, as they say. My again, my I wasn't my wife's type by a large margin when we first started dating, yeah. and then vice versa. I mean, not, no, I mean, not. I would say it was outlandish. Yeah, there was some attraction, but I was not routinely the type of guy she was going for. Right, right. All right, so let's see what else we have in the institute. 
Institute. If the JI, what is it again? JSI. Rob Dunn and his team of ecologists are professional navel gazers. What? They get turned on on by the uh, navel? Well, their new study details the microbial contents of volunteers' belly buttons. I mean, come on. But wait till you hear. This is crazy. No, this is going to be disgusting. Man. The whole thing started about two years ago. An undergrad's only in a biology lab ID sampling colleagues' navel bacteria for a holiday card. (sighs) Struck a chord with the North Carolina State University team, which had adopted a new focus on citizen science. And like to do something that allows me to look at navels. And they said, and belly buttons are just ridiculous enough to appeal to almost everyone. Uh, this is according to Rob Dunn. Um, what's more, given the belly button status as one of the body's more rarely scrubbed crannies, it's often researchers, it, it offers researchers a chance to study as close to a pristine microbial landscape as is possible on the modern human. Do you clean out your navel in the morning when you're showering? No. Oh, I do. yes. I do, no. too. Yeah. I knew you guys would. Oh, my God. You I can't believe you what? don't. My finger. There the water. Slow. Bop, bop, boom. Okay, Stop, done. Yeah. yeah. Wait, so my roommate in college was so grossed out by her own belly button that she would like she couldn't touch it like it would almost like uh, you know like nails on a chalkboard for her my buddy was like that as well he couldn't yeah yeah Yeah. time for therapy so weird it's just i guess uh he he felt like it was a um a hole yeah yeah essentially like it was just a a weak part of his body i found some lint yeah that's, that's great yeah uh my little brother couldn't stand it when you would touch his Achilles heel, and oh. that's how my buddy uh, George was with his belly buttons. Like, oh, dude, yeah, don't... I wouldn't want anybody sticking their finger in my belly button. No, no. that's private. Get out of there. It's like, uh, you know. Get uh, out. That's an orifice. Besides Nick, we, we're, most of us don't want people probing our buttholes either. That's right. Thank you, Steve. <laughs> Uh, but no, my belly button does not gross me out, and the fact that I don't scr- get in there and dig around and clean it out does not. Uh, I mean, it's gonna, me it's, either. Well, it's naturally going to clean. I mean, I, yeah, I, I go one extra yard because I like it. I like occasionally, I like to have a little bit of coffee in it. So <laughs> I found that people generally like it when you walk up to them and you push their their uh, belly button, and you say they love that. The researchers handed out swabs of sixty uh, to two sixty volunteers. Uh, back to the lab, the scientists examined the genetic makeup. Now back to the lab of their bacterial loot. From sixty belly buttons, the team found two thousand three hundred and sixty-eight bacterial species, one thousand four hundred and fifty-eight of which may be new to science. So they discovered new species. In the human navel. This is how infrequently they go in there and look around. So we're trying to send a ship to Mars, and we have yet to explore our own navels. Uh, some belly buttons harbored as few as 29 species, and some as many as 107, although most had around 67. 92% of the bacteria types showed up on fewer than 10% of subjects. In fact, most of the time, they only appeared and only a single subject. Listen to this. One science writer apparently harbored a bacterium that had previously been found only in soil from Japan where he had never been. 
Okay. That so uh, the dude was... had stuff you could only find in Japan, <laughs> and he never been there. in his belly button. Isn't that wild? That is crazy. Uh huh. You probably have that in your belly button. I probably you do. Probably do. I got some stuff from India. Some teriyaki. I'll bet I got Antarctica. Sure. Bacteria. Look there. at this. <laughs> All seven continents. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Trip around the world. Belly button. What's this? Bamboo. <laughs> Another more fragrant individual who hadn't A washed. Panda fingernail. Who had washed in several years uh, hosted two species of so-called extromophile bacteria that typically thrive in ice caps and thermal vents. <laughs> what the uh-huh. hell? <laughs> so do they have any suggestion as to how Japanese matter ended up in a dude's navel? No. Uh, the Despite the diversity... Uh, I was with the Japanese hooker, but... Perhaps. Uh, themes emerged even though not a single strain showed up in each subject. Eight species were present on more than 70% of the subjects. And whenever these species appeared, they did so in huge numbers. So, mm. okay. You ever, uh, obviously we've all known people who are Audis, who had the Audi uh, yeah. Yeah, yep. navel. It's an interesting looking thing. I wonder if that has less of an occurrence of this sort of stuff Probably. because it's more exposed and easily cleanable. Here's here's a point somebody uh, uh, makes. It says uh, on the text, it says, "Try being pregnant. Your belly button is so stretched out, you don't need to actively clean it." You ever seen a really? It's just a bump. Pregnant yeah, woman's yeah, belly it. button. Yeah, 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 it comes popping out. It's wild. Same thing happens to me when I haven't gone in a while for my sphincter. Okay, <laughs> oh, yeah, it just yeah. almost completely disappears. Uh, so Dunn said that makes a belly button a lot like rainforest. In that there's so many exotic birds? In any given forest, he explained that the spectrum of flora might vary, but an ecologist can count on a certain few dominant tree types. We're inside Kathy Romano's navel. <laughs> and it's quite impressive. Over there is a beautiful toucan. He said the idea that uh, some aspects of our bodies are like a rainforest to me is quite beautiful. Yeah, of course it is. Because uh, he's a lunatic. But... Predicting which species uh, might like to call the human body home is only the first step. Uh, to make these make the knowledge useful, scientists need to know why these bacteria are showing up. Hmm. Uh, hang on a second. I have a girlfriend here. Meg wants to talk about her boyfriend's belly button. Hi, Meg. <laughs> Good morning. Hi. Good morning. How are you? Good. What do you want to tell us about your boyfriend's belly button? So if there's enough lint in it, I will totally pull it out and blow on it like a wishy, like a dandelion. Every <laughs> oh single God. wish has come true. Every Stop belly it. button wish has come true? I kid you not. <laughs> like what? That's awesome. Uh, I got a brand new motorcycle for my birthday. So Dude, it, that's so. pretty cool. You got a wow. you got a brand new motorcycle. That'd be worth pulling belly yeah, button. Yeah, absolutely. I'd pull ass down yeah. for that. <laughs> <laughs> So you will pull it out and then make a wish and blow it into the wind. Yes. Okay. Yes, exactly. So I have to ask, is there any sort of, because, you know, sometimes people's belly buttons can stink. I, I mean, are, are we dealing with an odor situation? I, I guess not, right? No, definitely not stinky. It's more like uh, when you're when you're doing your laundry and clean out the lint trap. Okay. Okay. <laughs> it's just, interesting. His uh, navel's a lint trap. That always smells kind of nice. I actually. do like that, though. All it can right. set a house on fire. Thank you, man. So be careful. I told you guys about the time that I found a... Seed like yes! thing in my belly button. This is awful. This Do you remember that, Kathy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a creature. No, <laughs> it wasn't a creature. But I looked it up online, and it's a legit 
thing that can happen. It wasn't a freak of nature. No, it was legitimate. And I forgot what it was. Nick, look up belly button seed. Yeah, I, I remember talking about an old style coin belt in my ass, Preston. Here you go. A navel stone. Oh, a navel stone is a hard stone-like object that forms inside your belly button. They're most commonly found in people with deep belly buttons. I do have a deep belly button. Would it share a, like um, characteristics with like a gallstone? And those who don't practice proper hygiene. Oh. <laughs> There They're go, seen Kathy. more often in adults because they can take years to grow big enough. Unwashed legs and filthy navel. To be noticed. <laughs> 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 They'll be on his tombstone. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. It was weird. I was I was picking around in there. Yeah, yeah. Was, you know, every now and then I do take a pick. And, and you heard like a baby crying. Take a look and see if there's anything <laughs> in there. I never do. For as much as I pick my nose. You don't pick your belly button? No, I don't do it. Check, see if there's anything in there. I just did. It was weird. And I felt a weird (laughs) sensation. You felt something pulling back. I'm like, there's something in there. Yeah. And then I had to, I had to, like, work it out. And it was, I'm like, that's a seed. Help us. We've been trapped here. (laughs) This is making me nauseous a little bit. Uh, So. What's what's worse for you, Kathy? So ear ear wax or. No, I think that's. Navel? Okay. Yeah. What would be would it be harder to lick the inside of my ear or the the inside of my belly? No button? belly button. Really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. How about butthole? Just no. Okay. Oh my God. No. Well, honestly, it's it, it, any. It's just a common thing. You ask anybody at work. Would you Would you mind licking my butthole? I'm sure that's being asked every. Oh man. In every business, but I mean that's just simply for a, 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 a scientific test. No, when, somebody recently told me that guys love that. <laughs> No, no, that is incorrect. <laughs> that, listen, there may be some no. that dig that. No, uh, I do not. Yeah, no, we, she goes, we know. Oh, why. they'll go wild. What? No. Who, who she said, said that? I swear who to said God. It? Who? Mm. All right, write it down. Diane, you're one of them. Because I thought it was Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was your mom. <laughs> yeah, you, 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 your mom who won't let you eat gum out of a vending machine yeah. is encouraging you to toss people salad. <laughs> no ice cream for you, but please go to town on some dude's ass. I had to get out of that conversation quick. I was yeah. like, ah, this is, that, no. That's no. funny. I'm dying to know who that is. We need to hear <laughs> I'm not later telling on. you. Uh, hoping to answer the broader questions, Dunn's team is already working on several hundred more navels, soon to be 600. What a, what a life. They'll use those new samples to start testing the correlation of the navel dwellers. <laughs> the navel dwellers. Yeah. Uh, with everything from subjects' places of birth to the makes up, makeups of their immune system in the navel, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I thought that was uh... that's an amazing thing. You've always wondered about. It. Obviously, at one point, it housed the connecting, you know, cord between you and your mother, and it yeah. was a source of life. Yeah, exactly. All right, do I have time for more? From you the JSI? do, sir. All right, Just Saying Institute from the Just Say I, Just Say uh, Just uh, JSI. Hell with it. <laughs> Uh, dozens of intelligent alien races could be living alongside us in the Milky Way. A study has claimed. Steve, we had touched on this last week. Yeah. Now we've. There's always things that are that pop up about the um, estimated likelihood of life, but this one I thought was actually very interesting because this actually represents a closer proximity than others have suggested. Researchers at the University of Nottingham have. Taking a new approach to estimating the number of possible extraterrestrial civilizations using the assumption that intelligent life develops on other planets in a similar way as it does on Earth. So that's number one. They have to yeah. assume that it that intelligent life comes about 
like it did here on Earth. Right. Like, uh, From not, naval seeds. Not considering that there might be other types of intelligent life. So they calculate that our galaxy could harbor at least 36 intelligent alien races capable of sending radio signals into space. But they say the average distance to such civilizations is likely to be 17,000 light years, making detection and communication very difficult with our present technology. Uh, the de- the team developed a new model to estimate the number of intelligent alien races in our galaxy, which they called the astrobiological uh, Copernican limit. Okay. Uh, the model assumes that it takes around 5 billion years for intelligent life to form on other planets, as on Earth, and that these planets orbit a star with a high metal contact ju- content just like the sun. Now, this differs from traditional techniques, which rely on making guesses of values relating to life where opinion varies substantially, now, according to research. All right, so the sun is 93 million miles from here. Correct. Uh, so you're, you're obviously you're talking for, for, for even radio transmissions, as depicted, we, we mentioned many times at the beginning of the movie Contact, where they show how long it takes for radio signals to get uh, to somewhere. I mean, that alone to get a communication from yep. somewhere out in the great void would be, you know, that you want to talk about a, a moment in history that would just reset everything. Yes. Would be unbelievable. But not only the, the vast uh, distances, but also the specific pinpointing of getting right to those right. locations it's well it's astronomical yeah you know that that we would ever uh encounter another one that's an updated version of you guys we talked about that the the power of 10 video yeah and, and there was a newer one that you know just um added some astronomical um anomalies that have, have come into being that you know we've discovered over the last 10 years 20 20 years or so or whatever anyway uh, the vastness of the Milky Way galaxy, it, you just, you can't really even no. fathom it. And the amount of space in between everything is even bigger than the amount of the things. There's so much nothing and, out and, there. And what comprises space, dark right. matter, and all of those other things. And then you and then you add in time into the equation. So what if there's an intelligent being out there, but it existed 4 billion years ago or 5 billion years from now? Yeah. And yet, in all of that, there are dudes that like having their butts legs. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Different strokes, man. I mean... If you want to talk about categorizing and prioritizing, yeah. do you think aliens would be into that too? I, I, <laughs> Why not? Yeah. To be honest, yes. Because uh, ours, ours smell like uh, lilac <laughs> on my home planet. Well, that's delightful. It is really when you just start rooting yeah. around in there. It smells pleasant. It smells <laughs> like a smells like a good spa. Okay. <laughs> I'll toss you out. <laughs> Uh, the new study... And if you crack the cheeks open far wide, far wide, <laughs> a little pez comes out. Oh. What? A little pez. 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 Oh, pez. I heard piss. I thought it was paste. <laughs> paste, paste, pez, whatever. Yeah. It means things don't translate exactly. <laughs> that would be interesting. Wouldn't that be funny oh. if, you know, they look for a commonality of... Um, yeah. Geometric and, and, and uh, you know, symbols for yeah. the elements and so on and so forth. Would, would it be wild if the one thing that connected us through to the first contacted aliens yeah. is salad tossing? Is some kind of fetish? <laughs> yeah, some sort of fetish yeah. is the thing we can connect on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're into that, too. <laughs> it drives oh, us God wild. Damn, it feels good, doesn't it, man? <laughs> tell you what. Some some galorpide sticks her schnozzle into your uh, dang forth. <laughs> Uh, 
I'm shooting gore splat all over the windshield. <laughs> Look at the rudimentary things that would could connect us together. Yeah. You would wonder also oh. what... <laughs> Stop and think. Those are actually legitimate questions. I know this is absurd, but would, would another race advanced... Yeah. Are there things that are, again, basic to humor or basic to... Would they enjoy procreating? Would they enjoy the act of, you know, all those simple, primal things, would they translate? I don't know. The Vulcans weren't into humor. They were not. Humor wasn't their thing. No, but they they protected themselves. Yes. and They They did spawn, though. They did procreate. Yes. Now, whether they enjoyed that or not, I'm not really sure. I don't know. Didn't look uh, like it. No. Uh, The new study, according to uh, author Tom Westby... He said, our new study exempl- uh, simplifies these assumptions using new data, giving us a solid estimate of the number of civilizations in our galaxy. Huh. Uh, they said there should be at least a few dozen active civilizations in our galaxy. You know, I, I this is the core of so much science fiction and, and so much speculation. It's an amazing thing, an amazing possibility. And yet there were aspects of it that terrified Stephen Hawking sure. and other astrophysicists oh, yeah. who say, in fact, I forget who it was. It might have been Stephen Hawking who had issues with putting the invitation on. Yeah, Voyager and on so Voyager on. Voyager saying, we don't know. We don't know who's going to get that first. Listen, we... <laughs> We have communication issues with our own yeah, species, yeah, right? And to to come across one, and to a first determine hostile or yeah, right. or not, sure. How to communicate and all of that following, you know, it's we'll why just, even go through it? We're just fine. <laughs> to show up, we got enough crap life. going on. We got enough going on right now, and and we don't need to add to it. I I agree. As interesting and as outrageous as that would be to to find out. You know, verification that there are there is another uh, intelligent species out there somewhere. It it's still dangerous. Well, you would love uh, you. Everyone would love an encounter as in close encounters of the third kind, where hey, you know, yeah, but, hey, it's great. Now, like, come on board, let's take a ride. Yeah, just but, think about this intelligent species that we have on this planet. We can't even get along. Yeah, yeah. that's what I'm saying. We have <laughs> yeah. communication issues as it is. And we're so. just we're just figuring out what's in our navels. <laughs> yeah. What's your favorite depiction of uh, of an alien uh, encounter oh. or any enca- just civilization encounter, whatever it may be, from movies that we oh, know? Well, of. Steve mentioned it, but contact's pretty damn good because it, it brings in science and science fiction. I like that movie, but I'll tell you what: the, the movie I did not like, but I, I liked how different they made it seem. Was the one that. Um, uh, Amy Adams is in. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. She's a communications expert. Right. Or, or a language expert. Rival. That movie, I didn't like it. I, I was like, mm, it, it was a bit of a head scratcher. But what those creatures were and how they were trying to communicate, I'm like, okay, that's, we're so completely different and so weird that that's kind of, I could see an encounter like that. It was like really- Annihilation is, is right. a similar one, which is troubling. But also, uh, yeah, I, the one... My favorite of all time would be the one in 2001 A Space Odyssey, which is the an encounter that takes place at the end. But, um, yeah, it's, I don't know. I always like them when they're smiling and happy and they don't want to destroy us. Right. I mean, ultimately, Arrival is, is almost, I mean, the aliens are just sort of this vehicle for a much bigger sort of uh, philosophical question. 
Okay. Steve, how could you not mention uh, Mac and Me? Mac and Me? <laughs> that scene in McDonald's alone, where we, <laughs> that little thing, just an amazing, heartwarming creature. Oh, this is a good one. Starman. Uh, with Starman uh, is good. Jeff um, Bridges, right? Right, yes. Yeah, yeah. I, always, I always say Jeff Daniels when I mean Jeff Bridges and vice versa. But, yeah, Starman's a great movie. What about, like, People Gar- are pointing out meatballs, too, Casey. Yeah, not that one. Uh, what about Guardians of the Galaxy? Wait. I like that one. Well, he's abducted. Um, but, yeah, no, listen, I, I just... Uh, are you disqualifying my answer? Well, I don't know. Well, Maybe. I'm, I'm saying what, what representation would be, you know, because usually they have... Human-like characteristics, and they—they they, they kind of. You oh, know, they we are happy life. to be here. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. They speak with the British accent always. Yeah, yeah. Right. right. On our planet. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, let's go. You look like us, like the day the Earth stood still, the original one. Right. Uh, well, anyhow, they're saying there's at least a few dozen active civilizations by the uh, uh, by the scientists in this uh, formula that they've gone with. Um, hang on a second. Let me go to this uh, call. Mike, I didn't see this movie. Hey, Mike, you're on the air. Good morning. What's going on, guys? Yeah, buddy. What'd yeah, you want well, to tell us? A, there's a movie that came out last year. It's called Cosmos. Yeah, It's on Amazon Prime right now. I almost watched and, that last night. I didn't really care for the trailer. You're saying it's worth, oh, a, it's worth a damn? Oh, my God. It is so amazing. It really starts off slow, but then it builds, and it's like a roller coaster. There's these peaks, and then, like, you're like, all right, you're getting brought down again because they're doing more, like, character development. But then all of a sudden, you're like, oh, my God, what's going on here? But it takes place in one night. And it's... It's the, with the three like, astronomers, three, right? Yep. Okay. Yep. There are three, like, amateur astronomers. They all... Did they work in those kinds of fields in their life? But they don't do that in their life. They're just kind of like amateur astronomers. Right, right. And man, it's pretty awesome, man. And... There's two brothers that made this film, and they made it for like $4,000, and it took them five years. They did everything themselves except for the score, and the musical score is actually pretty amazing. But it took them so long to make this movie, and they're actually doing classes now on how to make movies like this for Hmm. almost no I'll I'll have to check it out. All right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like those guys that made the movie. Was it Signal or the the one with uh, Lawrence Fishburne and... um... The the amateur they're they're following this. Um, I don't uh, know. It was it's it's a it's a cheap movie with incredible effects. Huh. And um, God, Nick Lawrence Fishburne. Look, Lawrence Fishburne's right. in it. I think it's Signal or Signals or. They come out a while ago. Yeah, about seven eight years ago, nine years ago. And the one the guy just mentioned was called Cosmos, right? Cosmos. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's uh, free on Amazon Prime if you uh, okay. if you have Prime Video. Um, was it Passengers, Steve? No, Passengers is with uh, Chris Pratt. Uh, he was the a- Signal, there it is. The Signal. Okay. okay. Ba-bam. All right. We'll have to look That's at that. That's a super weird but uh, interesting movie about it, alien encounters. All right. Well, they're, uh, yep, these scientists uh, feel that, that yeah, there's, they're, they're putting it at about 36 or so other uh, races per their, their formula. Mm. All right. These are just things from the Just Saying Institute. Thought yeah. it was time to expand the mind a little bit and to take a stroll above that beautiful campus. We're looking at a picture of the it's monorail. Gorgeous. The monorail is on there, but you're saying it's been decommissioned. It's been or- decommissioned, but okay. if you notice in the picture we're looking at, they clearly had just mulched. Yes. So that's spectacular. Yeah. Beautiful. By the way, it's it's located in uh, beautiful Weston, West Virginia. There really is a West in West Virginia. Oh, nice. Excellent. <laughs> oh, of course, it's real. Uh, it's a real place. I'm yeah. happy to have, know that the town is real. There really is a Paris in France. All right, we are going to take a break. We're going to come back in a moment. I believe, 
I think we have some stuff to give away. We, we might, do? We might play a contest. Yeah. Give some goodies. We'll be right back. The Preston and Steve Show Podcast. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks.